Um, all right. Hello. Hey. It has been this time. It has been a while. Um, it's been like. It's been two weeks. Yeah, it's been about two weeks. We were gonna do this very shortly after Thanksgiving, but then yeah. uh, I apologize. Things came up, and then the week went by, and I watched a lot of stuff in that time. So instead of this being a smaller one, it's going to be a full one because we got three things. JoJo's part four and maybe part five, if you want to talk about part five. Yeah. Um, and then Tales from Earthsea and Earwig and the Witch. Earwig. Earwig. Yeah. Um, did you watch Earwig. anything else? Earwig. <laughs> yeah, because her wig looks like ears. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, um, did you watch anything else besides the the stuff? Nah. Nah. Okay. I watched. I was every single second I was awake. I was watching something. Um, I watched Earwig. I watched Tales from Earthsea twice. I watched it two times. You watched um, it two times. I watched it two times. Um, that's, in, that's interesting. Very happy that I watched it twice. Um, it was necessary in order to garner my opinion. Um, and then, so I, I watched Earwig, Tales twice. I wrote everything down because I watched a lot. Um, bear with me. That's not the right list. Airwig, Tales from Earthsea, JoJo Part 4, JoJo Part 4 live action, the live action movie. That was cool. JoJo Part 4, OVA, Rohan Kashibe, and then oh. I know. And then I watched Part 5, and then I watched what little there is of Part 6 on Netflix right now. Um and and then after all that, I watched Tales from Earthsea again today, and I took very thorough notes. Um, and I'm ready to talk about all of them. I have a lot to say about everything. So this is going to be... This call is like... This is going to be hard mode for me. <laughs> I'm going to... I have I have to make sure I, I say everything the way I want to say it, and I say everything. Sometimes I listen back, and I'm like, fuck, I forgot to say something. So yeah. hopefully I don't do that this time but um yeah so let's get started earwig i you guess want to do first? oh yeah definitely i want to do earwig first <laughs> what did you want to do tales tales from earthsea first was that was that if you had to choose which one to talk about first you would pick tales <laughs> no 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 i'll pick earwig yeah i'm most definitely picking earwig because uh it's it's a bad movie, and we do the bad ones first because they're funny and they're good appetizers into the full course meals that are the later endeavors. Um, so Earwig, Earwig and the Witch, the latest uh, film from Studio Jubilee, uh, creators of Secret World of Arietti. <laughs> um, yeah. It's their 3D one, Goro Miyazaki. It's bad. 
It's it's bad in a different way. Hold on. It's it's bad in a different way than uh, Poppy Hill. This one is just a poorly executed movie on nearly every level. The story sucks. The animation sucks. And I guess those are the two main things. It's, to me, it's like, what was the what's the point of the movie, right? When I watched this movie, when I when I got into this, I was like, the animation doesn't look very good. It looks like a direct to cable like Cartoon Network movie. But yeah. if the story's like half decent, maybe this will be like a five out of ten. So I honestly was going into it like hoping, like, oh, hopefully this will be like some basic shit and it's not going to be that bad. But when I finished it, I did kind of walk away with like, what was the point? You know, it wasn't for me as boring as something like Arietti. Cause with Arietti, I was definitely like, I was like, ah, get on with it. With this one, I was like, huh? It's over. You didn't even say anything. <laughs> like, I, I was very yes, good thing this shit was fucking short. <laughs> I know it, it, if it wanted to fulfill what I think it was trying to fulfill, it needed like an extra 30 minutes, to be honest in my opinion like i none of the plot lines there were like three different things that this movie was trying to talk about it was trying to have like family be like a theme because you were supposed to like grow onto the blue-haired girl and and the mandrake you were supposed to like slowly start liking them as the movie like went on because Though they had all those shot, they had all those like pictures in the in the end credits of like them hanging out as a family. You're supposed to be like, oh, they're they're having fun together, and it's like they were all assholes. Like, I don't know. I thought the mission was to like get out of there, and then she didn't get out of there. She like she stayed, and then her mom came. Then there was the plot line with her mom, which what ha what was that? Why did that even need to be in the movie? Like, did, that didn't go anywhere. That's why I say there should be an extra 30 minutes. Because it's like, when that happened, I'm like, okay, the climax. <laughs> this, is, this is where the last 30 minutes start. And then it ended. I was like, oh, okay, well, thank you, but, huh. <laughs> it, I'm not going to lie, bro. This is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. In my life. <laughs> that, especially knowing, I, I knew that, yeah, I had a feeling. I, I watched the movie and I was like, this is going to be lower than a three for Manny. This has to be. This is the worst movie I've seen in my life. <laughs> this is the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> of, course, of course, it came from fucking Goro. <laughs> Goro. I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, I actually do get uh, it. I understand what he was trying to do, and I understand this one makes sense to me. He tried to tell like three things at the same time and he didn't tell any of them correctly. He he wanted to tell a story about family. He also wanted to tell a story about like like being independent despite being like a kid. Earwig and the Witch like is based on a book and the whole point of the book is that the people that orphan uh the girl are like the bad guys in the book and the plot of the book is that the girl like uh the little girl takes over like the house and she's like, I'm the boss. Like the parents that orphaned me are now like under my control kind of. And 
it's really confusing because this movie has two plot lines that clash with each other. It's trying to say like, oh, everybody's a big happy family and like we're all super nice and we love each other. But it's also trying to say that like, haha, Earwig took over the family and she like, she like everybody listens to her now. And it's like, I, I think it missed the point of the original book. And I think that it's okay to do something different, but what you were trying to do different doesn't stand on its own because you didn't really commit to it. You tried to do the book and you tried to do what you were doing and none, neither one really works. Um, the entire movie, I was thinking the blue haired girl is like a bitch. I was like, she sucks. And then at the end of the movie, they want you to be like, oh, look at all these funny pictures of them like at the beach and hanging out. And then there's like a shot of like the, the mandrake like giving her roses. It's like the fuck, like what do they like each other? Like th that wasn't, I thought that the red hair girl liked the mandrake in the flashback. I don't. <laughs> you can keep talking, bro. I don't have nothing to say, dude. <laughs> it's like it's it's so bad thinking like this movie actually exists. The fact mm -hmm. that this exists like worries me about I... how people think. Either, even if you well, try to tell the story, don't of, be too worried because no one likes this movie. Regardless, like people. They put money into this and said, this is going to go, this is going to go crazy. Yeah. Like, they must have thought this is going to be fire, bro. I, this I honestly don't think be like, There's no way they just make this movie. Goro Miyazaki. I actually like looked up some YouTube videos and like, I actually heard about the production and he, he was pushing to make like a 3d, like, uh, sub like workplace in studio ghibli so he really pushed to get the resources and get the animators to make a 3d film and it took them four years to make this movie i know that's really bad but yeah that makes that's exactly what i mean like it's it's one of those it's, things not, it's not even a 3d thing it's just just the story itself i know the story itself is like really not good forget the 3d mm-hmm like from the video the I watched the the guy made it seem as if like it was more of like a you know like berserk 2016 like it was one of those things where it's like we've already come this far like we can't back out now we have a deadline to meet and we already invested so much money we have to finish it at least because we because we have to it's like it's part of the business I think that's the case with this one I think they just kind of had to finish it I genuinely think that there were supposed to be like 30 more minutes and they just didn't they just they were just like we gotta we gotta end it there <laughs> we can't we can't work on this movie anymore any longer so i was i was angry as fuck in the last episode and i was very aggressive towards goro in regards to this movie this does feel like a sincere attempt at making a movie and i felt like he tried he did fail epically but i feel bad for him because he's an idiot but he he tried, and I think his intentions were, at least with this one, it it seemed sincere. Cause he, uh, I know it's bad. It's still terrible. Not, it's not, not, I'm not feeling bad for this guy. I mean, <laughs> Poppy Hill. Yeah. Poppy Hill, and <laughs> Poppy Hill. Even though that movie, even though that movie's bad to us, 
Mm-hmm. A lot of people like it. I feel like there's no way you come out this movie like enjoying it, right? You that's, won't. I know that's that's the that's the normal consens- consensus I'm seeing online, right? Yeah. But even with those other movies made, even with Earthsea and that yeah. one, there was like just the content of the movie. There's just so much more going yes. on. Yes. Whereas this movie, you just watch this girl clean the fucking just clean that mm-hmm. wish room and like. Yeah. And then it ends and then the mom comes. It's like, they think that you're going to be like, oh my God, the mom came. The mom came back. Like, yeah. The movie has nothing to do with the mom. The story has nothing to do with the Like They did. And then, it was in the flashback. Where she leave? She want, like the witch, the witch society that they're a part of that they never really show um, was being too... Uh, was ruling her life too much and she wanted to defect from like their rule. So she is technically on the run in the beginning of the movie. When the car's like trying to eat her, that's like the witch place, like trying to go after. Um, because she left like the society and like, you know, when, once you join, you can't get out. It's like that kind of thing. So that needs to be explored more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that, the movie literally is, is not about her, though. It's not about her mom. It has, like, nothing to do with her mom. Yeah, I know, but, but like, still, like... I'm saying this as a criticism. I'm, like, I'm I'm on your side. Even the mom... And, it, like, they showed all the... When you go to the Mandrake's room, he's like, yeah, we used to be in this band. Yeah. We used to rock out. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah, then, it's like why? Then the mom just comes back and she, she, I guess she adopts her friend, mm-hmm. like uh, Earwig's friend. How does she even know that that's her friend? And she must. He must have mentioned it, but like he just shows up. He's like, why? How are they together? The Mandrake <laughs> and the blue hair woman. No, the fucking Earwig's friend. Yeah. At the the home and the mom they did this together like how did they get together wait i'm 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 sorry i'm confused earwigs foster the foster home friend the uh-huh. blonde guy yeah he goes up to the door with earwig's oh mom. he went to go visit earwig and her mom just happened to visit at the same time it was like by chance uh, they didn't did they mention that there's no way i think it was implied because her mom it was like christmas i think and then she was coming to like visit for the holidays and he was coming to visit for the holidays as well. And he looks at her like, who are you? And she's like, and she like pats him on the head and then they both go to the door. I think that's what the implication was. That's how I digested the scene at least. The movie still sucks though. I, <laughs> I'm i not um, denying that. I feel like that's just the main thing with this movie. It's just, it's too many things. It's trying to be too many things like once i read like what the book was about i was like and i i literally i understand what they were going for i get what he was trying to do he did it badly but at least i get it you know with with arietti i don't even understand like how how you can make a movie like that boring and poppy hill i don't understand how you can like write a script and then like like not realize the hypocrisy like in in the ending that you that you created despite the message of the movie like i don't know i i don't this is a terrible movie um it has bad animation it 
I feel like we're not going in as much detail, but like I can't be bothered to go in as much detail because who cares? Like who who gives a fuck? <laughs> like what what is there to say that that people don't already know? Nothing happened. Nothing. nothing happened. Things were happening, but it it didn't go anywhere. Nothing went nothing, anywhere. Nothing happened. I was kind of invested in the plot when it was like, ooh, Earwig is trying to, like, you know, become a witch and take over, like, the family and do her own thing outside of other people's thing. Or the plot, like, switched up. Earwig wanted to break out of the house, and then she was like, I want to be a witch. And I was like, why do you want to be a witch? I thought you wanted to break out of the house. And and then she then her goal is like, now I just want to be a witch. And then her goal is, now I want to make Mandrake happy. And it's like, why are you, why is the plot like changing throughout the movie? That, that's the issue with this movie. It's, that's it. It's just trying to be too many things at once. And it's, it's silly. I'm going to peruse my notes because I, I did take a lot. Um, it's got the same soundtrack guy as the, the, from up on Poppy Hill. And I did like the music, not just like the main song. But I did like just the music in general. I thought it was cute. Um, the animation. I guess we can talk about that. The animation is stiff. It looks like plastic. They look like dolls. And yeah. that's not good. You know. Their heads are too big. <laughs> it's like Tokyo Revengers all over again. But it's worse because they're 3D. They look like bobbleheads. Uh, I, I was watching a YouTube video and the YouTube video was like, uh, they look plastic intentionally. And I was like, that's a really lame defense. If this was intentional, that makes it worse. Whoever, all that, the 3D go, thing Goro was trying to do over there. Yeah. They need to shut that shit down. They need to shut that shit down. Yeah. I feel like every single time Studio Ghibli, when, when like Miyazaki or like, Studio Ghibli has shut down multiple times because like Miyazaki's like, oh, I'm done. And then he's like, actually, no, I'm not done. And then he's like, okay, now I'm done. So Studio Ghibli has technically shut down like multiple times. And uh, Goro Miyazaki very clearly doesn't know what direction he wants to take the studio in. You know, when you make a Studio Ghibli movie, regardless of who's directing it, there's an expectation, a base expectation that is going to look beautiful. And this movie doesn't look beautiful at all. Yeah, you know, and uh, there are other 3D movies like from Japan, like the loop. I don't know if you've ever seen like the Lupin, like 3D CGI movie. That shit looks great, you know, and it's because when they stretch their face, when they have like the 3D models, their faces has so much more detail. Like they blush. They have like he has like a beard. He he has like pores that like stretch and stuff. Um it's got like small imperfections like dust there's like no imperfections on these characters they look very basic and you know back in like the 90s when they made fucking toy story that was acceptable the reason why they made toy story is because they knew that when they made 3d models they look like plastic and they look kind of weird so it's like hey why don't we just make the movie about toys since these 3d models at at the time of this technology can't look any better than toys Earwig and the Witch is supposed to look like human beings. Whether it's an anime art style or not, it's supposed to look like a real person. And it doesn't. It looks like a toy. It looks like I'm looking at Woody. But like, 
<laughs> but they're all like humans. Um, yeah. There's so much detail in like a Ghibli movie and there's like no detail in this movie. It's really weird. And it's shot like a Ghibli movie. There are like times where the camera is like static and it's like, look outside, you know, in like any Ghibli movie. And it's like, oh, look at that giant building and look at all these tiny little details and this chimney and the, that people walking. In this movie, they they have scenes like that, but it's so unremarkable because it's in 3D and it looks like an Xbox 360 game. It looks really, <laughs> looks really funny. Um, yeah, it's... I guess I'll just have to look at my, <laughs> my notes. I'm sorry. I find it interesting how fucking the cover, the, the film, is them. Oh, my God. Thank you for bringing that up. What the fuck was that? Why would you do that? Why would you bait me like that? From Up on Poppy Hill did the exact same thing. Why is the cover not in the movie? <laughs> like. The cover is in the movie in Poppy Hill. It is? No, not yeah. the one where she hugs the sailor. The one where I, we were... T- <laughs> It is? Yeah, that's her dad. Her dad? That's her dad. There's a scene where she hugs her dad? Yes. But not it's not a real dad, because her real dad never shows up in the movie. It's when she's like she's like she just put up the flag, she goes and she starts dreaming, she goes downstairs like Mom, Dad. Oh. Interesting. I well, okay, I'm sorry. The whole reason I was saying that last time was because I, I missed it and I didn't think it was like actually in the movie. Well, regardless, this one isn't in the movie, and it was very misleading. I thought there was going to be some band shit. I thought they were going to play music all together, and they don't. The, the 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 trailers and the plot, like in the beginning and the and the poster, imply that it's going to be like a family fun movie about family getting together, and it's not. It tries to be, but it's not. I'll say this: I thought the Mandrake was cool. I thought his design was badass. He looked dope. I liked when he got angry. I was very surprised when he fucking destroyed the blue-haired girl's, like, room. I was like, whoa, dude. <laughs> like, did you... I, I, lo- I was like, why, how can you do that? I thought you guys were friends. It was really weird, their dynamic. Because he was evil. But she, like... But they were, like, friends. But he destroyed her fucking room. And she didn't say shit afterwards. It's like, what the fuck? And then in the end credits, he gives her roses. When in the flashback, I don't know why she puts up with him. I don't know why either. They're even like together. They're not even together. Yeah, and in the flashback, they imply that the red hair girl and him had a thing. So, it's really fucking confusing. It's not even like an abusive like relationship. It's not like I don't know. It it literally doesn't make sense. She she literally just lives in fear of this guy. Yeah. It's it's really weird. And that's why I don't like the ending of the movie where it shows that credit reel of all the happy times that they have together as a family. It's like you all fucking hate each other and you're all bad people. You know, I was thinking of Yubaba. Like Yubaba is like a like like the bad guy, but Yubaba is like kind of I don't know, she has charm to her. You you can you see like Yeah, spirited away. Mm-hmm. I felt like, you know, they would show her with her baby, then there's like the ending where like you know, she was like, buy you, Bob. And she's like, yeah, like, like you, you like you, Baba. I don't like the yeah. blue hair girl. She's, I understand what the, he, he was trying to make a you, Baba kind of character where she's like a bitch, but you kind of like her because she's kind of sweet. Sometimes that, that character, this wasn't that character. Um, the Mandrake was kind of that character, but you know, that wasn't enough to save the movie. 
Yeah, this um, the cover art's a joke. It is a joke. The and movie's it, a joke. And it's it's so different than every other cover as well. Yeah, it implies like this is the new wave of Ghibli, and then it's just not. It's just like your normal Ghibli joint, and then there's like one like band thing. The thing is with the thing is with Ghibli uh, covers. Yeah, I'm listening. You don't. They're very simple, and you can't. You don't really derive any information about the movie from their covers. Mm. This one you do just for it to not mean shit in the movie yeah mm-hmm. i'm just looking at all the covers like fucking like howls is them like whisper the heart like porco yeah. nasuke is just looking out into the, the sunset it's like mm-hmm. you, you don't get no information and i like that yeah but this one is just a, such a bait it's like i know it feels <laughs> it feels so wrong it feels so disgusting to me. I, disingenuous That's that's terrible. I agree. It is it is kind of a bait. And if you it you don't I'm not saying that the poster always needs to be in the movie, but I want the poster to have some significance with the plot. And the poster implies this is about a happy family that likes music. And they're not a happy family. They're the mom doesn't even interact with any of them in like the movie. The movie ends when, when she meets them. Why is the movie about her mom? Her mom's not in the book. That's like a whole original element, you know? <laughs> so it's like that the whole, like that, the music, like the music bit, that is original, like Goro Miyazaki content. <laughs> That's, and it's, it's so obvious that like it's shoehorned in to like this otherwise, you know, okay so story. Imagine being the author of this book. Yeah. And, and getting fucked by Goro. Yeah, I know. So, wow. it's really sad. And this cover's pissing me off, dude. <laughs> yeah. And this cover's right next to the Kiki's cover. The Kiki's cover is so beautiful. And you got this fucking shit right here. <laughs> yeah. Even it's... the Arietti one is cool. Mm-hmm. Wow. This is the worst thing I've ever seen. This is a very I, bad movie. I don't want to talk about this shit anymore, bro. Okay, good, good. You got to move on. You got to move on, RC. <laughs> yeah, let me... Um... Final rating? Oh, yeah. Also, your notes. Um, just glossing through. Don't really think I have much else to say. I think we basically covered everything. Um, dude, that's honestly it. Yeah, like so, bro, if 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 Hayao Miyazaki sat down, watched this movie, and said, "Good job, son," if he said "good job," then he's trash too. I'm sorry, you gotta be real. This movie is dog shit. Nice. Hey, this is a joke. Not even like Poppy Hill and Earthsy, even though they're not. Even though like Earthsy, people don't like Earthsy either. Yeah, Earthsy is not that bad. To me. It's- it's, it's yeah. not that it's, bad. It's bitch. not cut like it's surprising so like, how decent I, that movie is. I can like watch fucking Earth team be like, that was his first movie. That wasn't that bad. He's actually commented on his on his son's movies. Yeah, like, I, I, I seen I seen some of them. Yeah, and if, if, say if I was that, I'd be like, that was your first movie. That wasn't that bad, bro. Poppy Hill, 
a lot of people like it. I guess you did a good job. And then, mm-hmm. like, nine years later, you make Earwake. It's like, bro. Yeah. Well, Miyazaki, he, we actually do know what he thinks about these movies. He, um, he, when he was making Tales from Earthsea, he was, like, getting mad at his son. Um, no, and he was, like, no, I know, I know about that, bro. Yeah. The thing with Earwake, the only comment I can find is, yeah, dude, his use of 3D animation is really nice. Fuck out of here, bro. <laughs> That's I, not... He literally, I feel like they asked him something and he completely dodged the fuck out of that question. Yeah. What do you think about the movie? Oh. I remember what he said. He said, he said like, it seems like he made it like with his heart. I'm paraphrasing, but I believe he was like, he made it with heart. Yeah. Yeah, He made it with heart and like, that's what matters. And he, and then he said, we watched the trailer and the trailer was fun. So that was good. And I agree with that mentality. If you make something with heart, no matter how bad the movie is, just make it with heart. This has a heart. It doesn't have the other pieces. It doesn't have the blood. It doesn't have the brain. But the heart's there. It's nah. trying. <laughs> no, it's, it's not. Okay. Heart is a cop. Is a cop out. That's fair. You can literally say that about anything in life. Anybody? Like, oh, I try to. I put my heart. <laughs> yeah, I put my heart into this homework. <laughs> That's true. That's actually very true. I put true. my heart into this fucking essay. Oh, I feel. I put my heart into it, teacher. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, no, this movie yeah. is trash, and it's not. It's not even. All I his will fault not give him everyone, any points. Everyone for that. in that get. Everyone in that studio should mm-hmm. feel responsible and should be held accountable for this movie. <laughs> So people don't get to make decisions. It's like it's the leader and it's the person steering the ship. And Goro but they, was steering they the ship. To present this movie to him, the the leader, the yeah. Illuminati leader. That right. to present this to him, <laughs> he's like, "This shit fire, bro." It's like, <laughs> I think they presented it to him, and he's like, uh, "We've been working on this for two fucking years. We're not backing out now." I think that's what it was like, you know. Um. And I agree with that mentality. Like, if I turn in an essay and I say, I put my heart into it, I'll say, okay, that's cool. I'm still giving it an F. And that's what I'm doing with Earwig. Earwig is still a 1 out of 10, despite me feeling like he tried. And I just, the reason why I keep saying that is because from up on Poppy Hill, I feel like he looked that shit up on Google and, like, made a movie about that. I don't feel like he did that with this movie. I feel like he like tried. He wanted to say something, and he just said it poorly. From up on Poppy Hill, I feel like it's, he um he literally didn't understand what the point of that movie was, and I guess he didn't understand what the point of this movie was. Like in a way, this one is a much better example of poor execution than uh, from up on Poppy Hill, and it's a one out of ten because it doesn't have the other pieces of the human. Like if we had to compare a film to the human anatomy. Earwig has like a faint beating heart <laughs> and like it has like nothing else. There's like no arms, no legs, no no brain, no head, no mouth. Um while from Up on Poppy Hill, it has like muscle and and tissue and and blood flowing through the body, but it has no soul. <sighs> so so Poppy Hill is his only movie he did that wasn't an adaptation. That, I are you sure? I thought I heard no. that it was based on a book. I don't know. I can't. I can't find a book. Hmm. Well, 
I guess what I said about him like looking it up, I guess that's not true, no. given the fact that it was based on a book. Um, I believe it was, but he also changed things about that movie, and I think that it was the ending that he changed. I think I don't know. Regardless, when you adapt something, whether you're taking it from a book or not, you you can do whatever you want with it, especially when you're at Ghibli, and you know you can just kind of fuck with the plot all you want, and it was still bad, like regardless of whether the premise was basic or not. It's based on a manga. Okay. Okay. And I feel like he should stop adapting movies. Yeah, he probably should. He probably should. He actually, like, he didn't, like, go to school or anything. Like, when he made Tales from Earthsea, he, like, like, uh, Suzuki, the producer at Ghibli, was just like, hey, you want to make a movie? And he's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> it's just like, it's like, dude, like that's, you know how I was saying like, oh, he's just Miyazaki's son and he gets to do whatever he wants because he's Miyazaki's son. It, it, it like, there's factual evidence like prove that. It's like, dude, that's so bad. And Miyazaki like was making fun of him. Like Hayao Miyazaki, like his dad, he was like, are you fucking paying attention? Are you working on your movie, bitch? <laughs> and and um, I, I can't really feel bad for him. Like I said last time, Studio Ghibli's not going to last forever. These are finite resources. If you're going to make something, make something good. Make something that, like, you know, shows you tried at least, you know? In my opinion, if you love movies, like, it's very, it's very difficult to make a bad movie. Because if you love movies, then you'll know what makes a movie good, right? Yeah, I feel like the most you can do is make like a mid movie exactly and that's what yeah. i feel like tales from earthsea is i feel like tales from earthsea was a pleasant surprise after i which one did you watch first i have to ask you that which one did you watch first i watched tales first really i watched earwig first because i thought tales was gonna be oh no i watched earwig i watched Earwig first okay <laughs> Yeah. You forgot about Earwig so hard. <laughs> it's like it faded from your memory. <laughs> I watched Earwig first and mm. Earth Earth say Earth say should have been no. Yeah. Earwig. So what's an earwig for you? Rating. Let's let's finish that and move on to Earthsea. It's a yeah, one no. for me. Is he in a, a point nine? Really? It's the, it's the worst thing I watched. <laughs> Whoa, that's crazy. So you kind of give it a zero. It's like a zero that's closer to a one. <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah, for me, it's a one. Um, I don't do zeros. It'll it'll uh one's like the lowest that'll go. It's it's a terrible movie that's uh on the same level as from Up on Poppy Hill, but it's bad in a different way, and. That's basically the main thing I wanted to say. So, let's move on to... Air Yeti mm -hmm. is the seventh highest ranked Ghibli movie on... <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes. <sighs> Hide and Porco, Whisper, Totoro, Mononoke, Ponyo... Yeah, it's because it's the, it's the newest one. It's the one that came out. You know? Ocean Waves at 89. Nice. Okay. Ocean Waves is higher than Howl's. Damn. That is interesting. 
That's actually very interesting. Tales of Earthsea got a 43%. I feel like... Uh, do you think that's... How do you feel? I, I got to put this in perspective, right? Okay. Fans of the, the books, the six books... Okay. Right? They're obviously not going to like this movie. Right. And I didn't. I never heard of Tales from Earthsea. Me neither. Until the movie. Mm-hmm. But apparently, it's a huge book. Right? It's a very huge yeah. uh, book for... Yeah, I think it has multiple books. I think there's more than one. Yeah, there's six books, but it's like a huge... Um, what's it called? What series. It's a huge series, apparently, for like, book fans. Mm-hmm. So... Apparently, that means a lot of people know about this book and read the books, right? And I guess that's what led them to watch this movie. And I think that's why it has that rating. Because the the lowest is 78. That's my neighbor, Diameter's. It goes from 78 to 43. So I feel like all the fans of the original books came through, watched the movie, and said, this is shitty. (laughs) And, you know... Did you see, did they, uh, did you look something up that said the books were popular? Because I never heard, is that what you're saying? That the books are like, oh, really man, popular YouTube video, there was like, there's the dude was saying the highly successful, highly uh, renowned. Mm, interesting. Okay. I think the book came out, it came out a long time ago too. Um, and, um, sorry for interrupting, but do you not also think that people know Studio Ghibli when this movie came out and they were just seeing a Ghibli movie because it's a Ghibli movie? No, for sure. Okay. People of course, people, like people like us are just going to watch it because it's Ghibli. Yeah. But on top of that, I feel like a ton of fans from the, the books just came and watched this movie and this movie alone. Right. And bombed it. Because I, I don't feel, I don't think it's a 43. I also do not think it's a 43. So I feel like, this is from my, this is me guessing, I feel like that's where it came from. Mm. Like, bombing. It's, it's nowhere near like I can understand I can come it's not bad I also don't it's think it's best bad movie. it's easily his best movie and it's his first one it's like what happened <laughs> what did you what like what happened between then and I, it's so weird I um I will say this if someone tells me they fucking hate this movie I will understand cause it I can see how this is boring to a lot of people I liked it a lot more than I thought I was going to, but I can see why someone would give this a four out of 10. I think if you're a casual, it's going to be hard for you. I think that it might be a little, yeah. And I feel like challenging shit in this movie. There's a, there's a lot of things, but one thing I want to say, um, I feel, yeah, I don't know. I feel like, what 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 works have Hayo done that were like series long instead of like one book? You know, if there's any. Uh, I don't think he's ever adapted a series. I think the only yeah, thing that I don't think the only thing that Hayo has adapted is like singular books. Like yeah, right. Yeah, I feel like adapting a series into a movie. You're asking for trouble. You're asking for it, especially for on your one movie. movie. Yeah, yeah. In a movie that you know there's not gonna be no sequel. Mm-hmm. You're asking. You're asking to get trouble, yeah. especially from the, like from the original fans as well. You know, 
that's that's tough for him. I don't for his first movie for him to just take a series mm-hmm. of six books, put it into two hours. Well, the question ballsy. is, it's ballsy, ballsy, but like, is it so far detached from the source material that like you might as well not even? I think it is. Yeah, and in my opinion, if you're going to adapt something, do your own fucking thing. Like, you don't have to abide by the books. You don't have to do it like a one-to-one all the time. If you want to do your own thing, do your own thing. That's what Miyazaki did with Howl's Moving Castle, and he kind of struck gold. And that's what Goro did with this one. From my understanding, like, when I watch this movie, I'm like, yeah, there's no way the books are like this. But that makes it feel more personal. It makes it feel like it, it came from Goro and not... Be not like, oh, I read a book and I'm just making the book a movie. Um, the the original author, Ursula? she had, huh? Yeah, Ursula. She had, she had comments on the movie. Yeah, what did she say? I heard. I remember she said she didn't like it. I think she said like the father's death was not redeemed. I I remember reading a comment about that. Uh, this YouTuber had all her comments. Uh, I can't find it. Um, There's one video. There's two videos. There was uh, one from Steve M, YouTuber that I like, and then there's another one from Beyond Ghibli, who's pretty great. I didn't watch that one, though. It was too long. I didn't want to watch it. Yeah. Are you looking for it? You can take your time. Yeah. Uh, He's like, oh, that shot's great. It looks wonderful. Back into we can. It's definitely not this video. It might be beyond Ghibli. Let me just check this video, and then we'll just okay. carry on. This, there's a video right here. It says Earthsea. No, never mind. Apparently, there's a live-action Earthsea movie. Yeah, it's like. Oh, Ursula. Uh, I know one thing she said. She said. The, she said the movie was whitewashed. White, Cause the whitewash, because the, yeah, because the they're supposed to be black in the movie, like black or tan, apparently. Okay, interesting. I feel like this the spear. What's what, sparrow hawk? I feel like he's yeah. dark skin. Eve. I think she, he is, but like everyone else. I mean, they don't act. I, I can okay. I can understand that. I guess you're just saying they're supposed to be black. It's very interesting. Look what this guy is saying. He said, "Why?" I mean, they were white in the. Go ahead. Play. She won international acclaim and universal recognition off the books. The publisher Parnassus so, books. That's what we were talking about earlier. Okay. But I um I don't know. I guess whitewashing is just putting white characters in black roles, but does them being black like does that change anything? They're in like nobility, right? I mean yeah. I don't know. Is there are there black and white characters in the story or is everybody black and then you turn everybody white? Is there a point to being for them being black? Like in Dune the white people are like royalty and then the black people like live in the caves. So there's like a point to it. But is there a point to them being black in this one? Does it matter? I don't know, but 
if you know. made if you made a story about black people and someone just adapted it to all white people, that's you wouldn't true. comment. I would comment. <laughs> yeah, that's very interesting. That's an interesting. And you know, Japan's not making an all black Ghibli movie, so yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's really you're that's interesting. It's funny because uh, I guess I never mind. <laughs> Why'd you say never mind? There's a lot. I'll say it. There's a lot of black people in part six. Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Like, that's really cool. Takes, uh, yeah, that's all I'll say. And that's crazy. <laughs> like, it's it's really, it's really cool. So. Uh, oh, wait. Oh, I think I found it. That was originally mostly black or red brown. Hmm. Ultimately, why the criticism of Gedo Senki boils down to one important question. Should Goro Miyazaki have helmed an animated movie with no experience in the field? Dated that with one movie. Whatever. Oh, that was I, from Beyond Ghibli. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I did watch his video. Yeah. But I only watched I the didn't critique sit... part. Mm. What did he say? Okay, the green part. I didn't, um, I didn't watch the entire thing or those parts either. So did yeah. he, what did he say about the movie? I think he was just saying what other, other people's oh, okay. thoughts were. Like he, he brought up Hayo's thoughts. Okay. And Ursula's thoughts. Okay. And was like, this movie was, um, like the reception wasn't good and stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. We can we can actually talk about it now. Okay. Um so I honestly so I watched it twice. I watched it like a week ago and then I watched it today. Um I watched it English dubbed and subbed. Did you watch it just dubbed? Yeah. Okay. It was this is these are very minor things, but the English dub had a lot of like you could hear like their tongues clicking because there's like a lot of saliva in their mouth i i could hear that in the dub and it was very weird i was like you usually don't hear that when they record audio for a tv show or like a movie i kind of like that you kind of like that it added like more authenticity to it yeah like when the bad guy speak he spoke so low yeah to me mm-hmm. i heard it sometimes when like the regular characters would talk i liked it when he said it when he would do that but like sometimes a little girl would talk and it's just like you know she didn't like drink water before she like did her recording. It was it was odd to me. And I felt like her voice actor was like very clearly like bad. Yeah. But yeah, the, bad the, sub, the sub was still good. And uh Willem Dafoe was the bad guy, which I thought was cool. And in the sub, the bad guy is the female voice of the bad guy is a lot more convincing. So when the dude turns into, so when the female turns into a guy, you're like, Oh shit. It's like a reveal in the sub. But I feel like in the dub, I don't know. You tell me, was that like a reveal? Like, Oh shit. He's like an old man. He's not even a girl. The bad guy was a girl. No, the I'm, I'm saying he looked female like initially you didn't cons- you didn't think that at all? Really? They literally like v- they verbalize that in the movie where it's like 
oh, he was an old man the whole time. And it's like, yeah, he was like just the magic that he used, like brought him to this point where his body was so distorted that like he doesn't even I'm surprised he has like long hair. He has like a very. Yeah, I don't know. He sounded he doesn't look like a guy to me. Interesting. Okay. I don't really. I, I'm not even gonna argue that. Like it. It just looks like a. It looks like a girl. And the, if you look at the sub, like it's clearly like a female voice, or like it's it's like trying to emulate that. So. Either way. I. I like this movie. I didn't. I didn't dislike it when I watched it initially. I got like. I got like 20 minutes in right, and I realized this movie is actually like going to challenge me and it's like kind of it's a movie for tryhards not casuals so let me i put down my phone and i didn't take any notes and i just like experienced it and i fucking like loved it by the end of it i was like oh my god this is awesome like i genuinely fucking loved it and then on my second viewing um i kind of i kind of felt like there was more to understand and there was more to interpret. So I like wanted to take notes and like be really thorough this time. And I've come to the conclusion that it's not as deep and as cool as I thought it was the first time, but it's still good. <laughs> so I'm glad I watched it a second time. Cause if I did it, that's a good uh, comment. Yeah. You know how we were talking about spirited away and how like I watched it the third time and I'm like, is this movie like, do these things like matter? I feel like this movie has a lot of stuff like that. And then it's like, oh, that didn't make, that actually didn't make sense. The movie implies that it's like really cool and like, like, you know, oh, just watch it again and it'll all make sense and it'll be dope. And then it, you watch it again and it doesn't make sense. Um, this movie had some things like that. But initially, let me, let me peruse my notes because this, there's a lot to talk about in this one. Um, at least I think there is. Uh, so, movie starts out. I really, I really like how they conveyed the rules of like the world and how the world operated, while simultaneously explaining how the magic worked, and telling you the themes of the movie. And I thought that it was very well written in like that first act where it was introducing everything. I genuinely was like, this is some, this is some like high level writing like this. That was like, that's not easy to do to like do all three of those at the same time. They were like introducing you to the fact that there's multiple kingdoms and like there's a king and, and there's also like famine going on. And, you know, there are also dragons and stuff. And they talk about like how there are drugs and, and how there are sorcerers. And they do that all very well. Some movies, they introduce that stuff poorly, but this movie does it pretty well. And I was very surprised that Goro Miyazaki like executed it in that way. Um, and the movie starts with the dude killing his dad. And you're like, whoa, why'd he do that? Man, that's crazy. That's going to lead into a very interesting story. I wonder why he did that. You never find out. <laughs> what did you think about that? I think that's going to be the biggest uh, point of discussion for this movie. Are they yeah. I don't know. <laughs> okay. 
All right. Is this a... Uh, I, I took a lot of notes. That was like... You're either going to love it or you're going to hate it. That part? No. There is no loving it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that part is like... It seems so important. It did seem so important. And then it feels like it, it's it, all, it, all it resulted into was... Mm -hmm. I have to go answer to my crimes. See you guys later. Yeah. <laughs> it was like... Bro, I don't know. I thought the movie was going to go into, like, oh, Cobb. Cobb was fucking manipulated him, made him kill the king because mm -hmm. him and the king had beef or whatever. Mm. But no, it was just like, I don't know. Yeah. Did he just want the sword? <laughs> like, damn. Cobb? No, fucking. Um, the kid? Yeah, what's his name? Aaron. <laughs> Lebanon. Lebanon's his crew name. Say Lebanon and you can make him do whatever you want. But yeah, that I am um, so interesting. What was the mindset behind 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 him killing his dad? Yeah, I wonder what it was in the book. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the core um like message of the movie is about valuing life and not being afraid of of death or like just not being afraid of the hardships that life has to offer in general and i feel like regardless of the reason why he killed his father it will tie back into that theme that the entire movie is about so yeah. personally and this is i was honestly very anxious for this call because i this is, this is this is another hot take i i think that you don't really need to know why he killed his dad. And I like that they don't tell you why he killed his dad because it makes the ending stronger for me. <laughs> I like it more because I don't think it really matters. I think that I know, I know, I knew you, I knew you weren't gonna, I knew I you weren't gonna like that. This is the same thing you said for Ride from Your Wave. For Ride, from Ride Your Wave? Yeah, you said it doesn't matter. Well, it does matter. He just killed his pops. It does, it does matter. matter. Mm -hmm. huh? And it they matters. do in the way the movies, the movie doesn't go specifically into like why he was like mad at his dad or like, um, you know, why, like what is the specific reason that he killed his dad? But it does give you enough to understand that he was in the wrong. Like he literally says, like, my dad was a good person, and I should not have killed him, and I am bad for doing it. And the movie, the entire time, is about, like, like good and bad. And it, the entire conflict is him trying to understand why he feels the way that he feels. And, and then by the end of the movie, he, like, he's good. I'm, I'm sp explaining it in, like, a shitty way. But this is why I took notes. So let me see if I can try and explain this. <sighs> this is going to be difficult. Um, is there anything else before we get into this one? Because this is this is heavy-handed. Is there anything else you want to talk about before I jump into the sea of of uh, of notes that I got, or do you want me to just plow through? Go ahead. Okay. Uh, I wanna. 
I need to find some answers. Okay. So I'll be listening. All right. Um, bear with me. So I think, like, regardless of the dad thing, like, if we just look at the movie, I mean, it's integral to the plot. But if we look at, like, the other things in the movie that the character does that are bad, um, when he goes to see the girl, when he meets, like, the girl for the first time, and he, like, quote-unquote saves her life, but, like, not really. And he's like, I don't I don't value life. Like, I, I don't care. And then there's, like, that conflict between them where the girl's like, I don't like anybody who doesn't value life. And his whole thing is that he doesn't value life. And you know, that's like his angry dark side, like speaking to him. Um, I think that, I think that that is intrinsically tied to why he killed his dad. I think that that is the movie. That is the closest answer you're going to get as to why he killed his dad. Um, and that's like super vague and it's, it's not enough for some people, but the movie the entire time is asking what does that mean like what does not valuing your life mean and what does that mean to this character and throughout the movie um we learn about the things that are happening in the universe that makes other people um not value life you know we learn about Cobb Cobb is a character who is trying to you know, he's he's very similar to the character in Princess Mononoke who's, like, taking the deer god's head where he's, like, using magic for his own benefit and he's, like, trying to destroy the balance of nature so that humanity can, like, can flourish and, and, and rise to the to the top of the food chain even, even more than it is, like, take over the world, right? And he does that because he he's looking for immortality. He's looking for a way to escape um, the hardships of life. He doesn't want to deal with being alive. He doesn't want to have to deal with death or or just any of the issues that life brings him from, you know, just anything that would bother anybody, anything that bothers you in your life. He doesn't want to have to deal with that. And I think when you see characters like him and you see other characters like like um like slaves and stuff in this movie or or like people that he sees in the marketplace like that are on like the drugs and stuff there's a lot of people that like like are are trying to kill themselves or trying to distract themselves with with something um because everything everything sucks and they can't deal with it and this character like he is dealing with that same like I don't want to deal with what life has to throw at me and that is such a vague thing that a lot of scenarios can fall under in terms of like oh how could this how how could you how could you murder somebody how could you say that thing to someone it it can all fall under that umbrella of of like you know the world is evil and everybody's making my life more difficult so i'm going to make other people's life more difficult when when somebody says something like um when when you see something on the news of like you know someone like a black guy getting shot or something or 
or someone at school like has the audacity to say some shit to you or like be completely rude to you and then you have like negative thoughts toward them like oh i just want to like fucking punch that person in the face it those thoughts are are thoughts that those are reflexive thoughts that you use as a defense mechanism to stop you from having to deal with the fact that there are people in the world that would harm one another whether it's emotionally or physically and without any care when someone says something like that to you it's like how could you hurt somebody in a way that you wouldn't want to be hurt it's hard for people to rationalize that it's hard for people to rationalize how someone can do bad things whether it's something like 9-11 or whether it's something like a school shooting or whether it's something like just saying something mean to somebody it's life is difficult in in that kind of way where it's like you, you when you realize like humans are bad and you start to lose faith that humans like have any good in them that you have in yourself and that's the plot of like joker and taxi driver joker is about um you know a dude that rebels against all the people that are mean to him and all the people that he feels like ruin the world and that's why you know joker is a movie that a lot of people resonate with because a lot of people feel the way that he feels and you understand how he feels and you understand why he turns evil and tales from earthsea instead of it being the story of how a dude turns into like a bad guy that you empathize with it's a story about how a bad guy regardless of why he became a bad guy turned into a good guy and why at the end of the day like like that's that's not like the right path to take in the grand scheme of of life and that in in the best way that i feel like i can sum it up that is what i feel like is the point of the movie i feel like the one thing that the movie needed to tell you was whether his dad was like a bad guy did he kill his dad because he was secretly like be, doing a good thing and then when the movie told you like no like my dad was like a good guy and i i, I was the bad person i killed him that's that's all you really need to know because like i said it falls under that umbrella it falls under this super vague thing generalization of of what makes human beings murder each other like that is what the movie is tackling is is applicable to any m malicious act murder or 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 otherwise and it connects to his dad's death in the same way that it connects to, um, you know, him him saying, like, I don't value life in front of the girl. Um, and that's why I like this movie, because it's saying something really profound in a really different, unique, challenging, cool kind of way. I think this movie intentionally doesn't tell you why he killed the dad, um, because... I don't think it I don't think it matters and I think it wants you to ask yourself whether it matters or not and for me I I love that I love I wasn't expecting this movie to be that I wasn't expecting this movie to to try to like test me and I'm very happy that it did and I I was just I was very appreciative that this movie didn't treat me like an idiot and I um I just enjoyed that a, a lot I understand that 
for for a lot of people it might not be enough it might not be acceptable like even what i'm saying right now even as i explain it i'm not explaining it in the best way i can but i feel like i'm explaining i'm not talking out of my ass like this i i thought this through like all today um even as i'm explaining it i still understand that some people won't be able to accept that and like you know they need like a reason a bona fide reason and um i that's basically why i felt like it doesn't matter and i feel like the entire movie uh without going into more detail about like scene by scene but i feel like the entire movie bleeds into the message of like what the value of life is there are two like key moments that i think really encapsulate like the the core message of this movie when they're in the farm and he, and the dad is like not the dad sparrowhawk is telling him like how he's a wizard and he talks about the equilibrium of nature and the balance and he talks about how you know everything is working with each other to you know the the sky the plants the animals they're all working with each other to you know create like this circle of life and when we come into the mix and we like use our possessive like greedy needs to kind of break that balance um it it causes a disturbance in in uh in the world and by causing a disturbance in the world that we are technically a part of we are also causing a disturbance in our souls because while we are conscious like we deep down know that the things that we do are bad you know it's and that's why the character has this overwhelming guilt throughout the entire movie that's why there's this like imagery of like a shadow version of him chasing him the entire time and i i thought that was really thoughtful i thought that that uh monologue was like one of the key explanations towards what this movie is trying to say this movie's it's very similar to like Vinland Saga and Beastars in regards to anger and like hate and, and malice and, and being greedy. I think like, that's like the main thing of this movie. This in one thing about, if I were to compare it to Princess Mononoke, Princess, Princess Mononoke has like the, the gun people. Those people do not, um, those people don't get like a solidified resolution as to like why, like whether they're going to stop being like possessive, greedy humans that like want to grow. Like that's never going to stop. The conflict in Princess Mononoke, like the, at the end of the movie, the battle ended, but the wars will continue. Hardship is going to to happen, right? In this movie, the hardship of the of the universe is literally tied to the the magical elements. So when, when there's an imbalance, the dragons like start attacking each other. When there's an imbalance, like p the crops like start to go away and the food starts to go away and like people start to get sick randomly. And it's like, fuck. I have to remember where I was going with this. I don't want to lose my train of thought. I was talking about Vinland Saga. I was talking about Beastars. And then I talked about, fuck.
I think I was getting to like what the message of life is in this movie and what the value of it is. Brr. Yeah, I'm I'm all over the place. But I don't know. Are you are you have you looked up anything that you want to say or do you want me to just keep going? I'm I'm doing my best. I'm not going to go on for too much longer. As I found this, um, someone asked Goro Miyazaki question. I don't know what the question was, but he answered. Uh, he said, well, this, this person summarized what he said. Goro Miyazaki had denied that Aaron's murder of his father was a reflection of his own feelings Rather, it was more or less the feeling of the young Japanese generation. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty cool. That, that like, kind of ties into what I was saying. <laughs> okay. Anything else? Did you say that because of everything that I've been saying, or did you just say that because it caught your eye? What what did you do? What did you derive from that? Why did you Why did you read that? Because you disagree, or you think he's lying? I, or I, I can't I can't agree or disagree. I don't know how the young Japanese generation feels. So. Well, this is this is like a. I I compare it to Joker. I compare him. I compare this main character to like, I think Thorfinn is a good comparison. Thorfinn, it's very clearly much more directly like vengeance. And, you know, I, I have hate in my soul because I fucking hate, like, this one specific guy that I want to kill. Joker, it's like vengeance on society. Like, he doesn't like how everybody treats him kind of thing. And with this character, instead of getting vengeance, he does it He does it in the beginning of the movie. The movie doesn't build to that. It doesn't build to that decision. He gets it in the beginning, and then it's the aftermath of that decision. It's it's This movie is after Joker. It's after, you know if if Thorfinn were to get his revenge right it's it's Vinland Saga season two it's um it's about like it's like why you know why don't I still feel good even though I stopped I I killed the person that like made me feel bad you know why why go ahead yeah but we can go if you made him feel bad though I think the move I think that I think that's the only conclusion to come to what else could he have done you're talking about the king? Yeah. I mean, he said he was a good guy. Mm-hmm. You're, so, uh, do you, I mean, your parents are good people, but do you sometimes hate your parents? Not to that extent. Some people do. Probably. Yeah. I'm going to be real with you, bro. I want you to be real with me. I like, I don't want you to be dishonest. I'm gonna be real with you, bro. From what I'm seeing online, apparently he killed his dad because of impulse. So yeah. Mm -hmm. And if the, if the movie's not gonna give me reasons for this impulse, I don't think it's a good thing. Okay. Uh, I think the whole father thing. Maybe if they built up to it, mm -hmm. maybe I wouldn't think it's dumb. Mm -hmm. um, maybe everything you say yeah I feel like if they built up to it everything you said 
would mean more. I see. But as it is in the movie, I think it's poorly done. Okie dokie. I appreciate your honesty. And I respect your opinion. I don't think that it's like unfair for you to feel that way. Because I, I know, I I understand like not being able to uh, to accept to accept that it was it was difficult for me to kind of accept when I like f- was watching it I was I was sitting there the entire time thinking like why did he kill his dad like an hour into the movie on the first time um so that's valid um I guess I don't really have to expand on that I'm honestly I was rambling but I'm happy with what I said and I'm happy with the way that I said it. And my general thoughts were also explained and I feel as if I can comfortably say uh, that I thought the movie was thoughtful and I thought it was a lot more challenging than most things. I thought there were a lot of like very vague things that were not like explicitly explained like his dreams and and the uh like the whole girl turning into like a dragon at the end and then like like the how the magic like specifically worked and stuff i really like when you deliver you you have like vague imagery and you just are trying to communicate like a specific thing to the audience without directly telling them and this movie has that a ton and i feel like Without going into detail on every scene, I kind of explained that in my little. I don't, I don't. I like vagueness, but I feel like the vagueness in this movie is from is the movie's plot holes of trying to like make a movie about six books. I feel like I feel like I genuinely feel like in the books there's uh-huh. no vagueness at all. Oh yeah, there but, probably isn't. But this movie, because they're trying to fit everything to two hours, everything just seems vague. The yeah. girl being the dragon to me that isn't vagueness. That's just it is what it is. Because mm-hmm. I couldn't fit her backstory into this adaptation, so I, I don't even see it as vagueness. Vagueness, but I, honestly, I don't. I don't think there's any vagueness. I, I guess the him killing his dad was vague, but maybe um, vague is the. I just like that you were expected to kind of. I don't know like you're there's there's a lot of like moments where a lot of people might not understand what's going on and you're the movie expects you to get it like there's you know like there's a let me think of an example the movie is direct about some things but I um I feel like, you know, Porco Rosso's ending is vague. Yeah. Like, like how you don't know if he turns back, if he's a human or still a pig. Right. That's vague. And also the, his relation with the female at the end, which the girl, he says, well, blah, 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 blah which it's implied, but it's vague, right? That, yeah. To me, that's true vagueness when it true connects vagueness. and has a reason of being there and it's yeah. connected to the story. Yeah, Whereas, also... 
Parasite. Most, all the vagueness in Earthsea derives from I can't fit all of this into one movie. That's how I feel. I see. I don't have any reference for what the books are about. So when I watched this movie, I wasn't looking at it as like an adaptation of his book. I was just looking at it as like its own thing. And I felt like the movie, um, from what, from where it started to where it ended, I feel like there was a bad guy that they had to beat and then they beat the bad guy. And then it was, that's all that, that's all the movie was really about. And there were other things in between. The thing, what I'm saying this too, like the whole thing with the girl being a dragon, the fact that it isn't questioned by any of the characters, no one, no one even like was like, "Whoa, she's a dragon, bro." Mm -hmm. I guess Sparrowhawk knew because he was like, "Yeah, you're the, you're the," he Mm -hmm. cuts off. Mm -hmm. I guess he knew, but even from the main character, like, no one bats an eye, and and he's. Right, and it's like I don't. You can say that's vague, but to me, it's just like mm. that's, that's just like, weird. Bro, like, bro, if you read the book, you would have got it, bro. Mm. That's how I feel like. Yeah, that's fair. It literally makes no sense. If this movie was just a movie, no books, that would make no sense. Yeah. So I feel like it's like, bro, if you read the book, bro, that's you true. Got it. I think that's. A very valid point. And I think your vagueness point is correct. I think that I think that I was wrong about the vague thing. I think you're right. I think that Porco Rosso and like I'm also thinking of like Parasite where it's like, yeah, we're not gonna tell you like whether this is real or not, or like, you know, you kinda have to figure it out for yourself. I guess this movie doesn't really do that. I guess they do tell you the girl's dragon. I guess they do like tell you um that his shadow version of himself is really his light version of himself and that's what was happening the whole time um i guess it's vague in the beginning but like once you finish the movie it it's not vague anymore um i guess the you 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 are right about that but despite it not being vague it was, I don't know if vague is the, that's, I feel like that's a weird word to use for like what we're talking about. I feel like you could have said it in a more boring way. I feel like for like a fantasy story, you could have easily made her dragon reveal lamer. I feel like the way it was conveyed, I just, I thought it was cooler than what I was expecting. I feel like if this was in like a Miyazaki movie, it wouldn't like, it wouldn't have like her be a dragon, then cut to the boy and then cut back and she's like normal girl. I don't feel like they would ever do something like that in a Miyazaki movie. And I think I just say vague because on the first viewing, I didn't really understand like anything to its fullest extent. So some of it was vague to me and seeing some of that stuff was like just cool because I was like, oh my God. The movie's like revealing things that I don't fully understand, but like I know there's meaning to it. And then on the second viewing, it's like, oh, they actually like foreshadowed that like way earlier. And I wasn't just. So I think you muted. Are you okay? I couldn't hear you. The whole dragon thing 
That's I valid. Like I, I dislike the movie more now. Mm-hmm. Because the dragon. Yeah. I think that the message of the movie is that like the balance has been restored and he is a friend with a dragon. And the dragons are the other side of like their earth sea and dragons are wind and fire or whatever. And yeah. it's supposed to represent that. And I was really connecting with that message. So you are right. That is weird that she's a dragon and he doesn't react. But I think that he like, I don't know. He likes her so much that he doesn't really care whether she's a dragon or not. And that's like the message <laughs> of the movies going under. I see. I see exactly what you mean. But I think it's still weird. It's it's bad. Okay. I don't know. I no, like. I I do understand what you're so, saying. I do get it. I was and, just saying like how you know, I felt about it. You no, know, you know when the dude killed her because. That, I, like, I don't <laughs> I don't understand that. I literally don't. I don't know I don't know what happened there. Do you know what happened there? She's immo- she's immortal. Elaborate. Why is she immortal? Cuz she's a dragon. I don't know. Yeah. How do you know that? Did you look that up? No, but I, fucking when she got up, I wasn't surprised cuz when Sparrowhawk was like, "You're the and you know he cuts off." I was like I thought like I thought that was like the foreshadowing of oh. her being here. But I, I don't know. That... But now, wow. now you you don't. That's what I thought at the time. But now you don't know if he meant, oh, you're immortal, or yo, you're a dragon, or you're both. You know. Mm-hmm. Is the movie smart or is it dumb? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that that's what. So was... What, what, what was your initial feelings when she died? When she and died. When she I'm gonna died be, I'm gonna be dead ass. Like on the first viewing. There were so many things that I wasn't understanding that I literally forgot that happened. And on the second viewing, I'm like, oh, well, yeah, she did die. And then she comes back. I'm like, oh, shit. And I'm taking thorough notes and like I'm understanding everything that movie's throwing at me. And then that happened. I'm like, question mark, question mark, question mark. I I didn't know. I didn't That's know. That's so but, crazy, man. I know. But, but the whole message of the movie is that you can't be immortal. That's like the whole point of the movie is that in order to live, you need to die. And that's why the bad guy dies at the end. So the bad guy says, I'm looking at, I'm watching it right now. Fuck shit. <laughs> the, the bad guy, when she, she activates her showering gun, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Her dragon the bad guy is like, like eternal life, eternal life. And he's like, give me life. So, I guess he's telling the viewer she's immortal. And I guess she has the power to make niggas immortal. Well, he died. Yeah, because, yeah, but he's like begging. He's like, I want life. Give me life. Oh. Then she turns into a dragon rain from him. Okay. So are you asking me how I interpreted that entire scene? Because that entire, I, I interpreted him saying that as like, because he, he was saying, like, oh, the sun's coming up. I can't see the sun. And it's there's an implication that because he can't see the sun, like, like it'll affect his body and, like, the powers that he has on his body, like, don't allow him to, like, be exposed to the sun. So I thought that it was the sun that he was seeing. And then, like, the girl was just happened to be standing in front of it. And he wasn't really paying attention to the girl he was more so paying attention to the fact that, like, it's the first time he's seen the sun in Mad Long, and the sun is what burned him up. Like, 
not even the girl. I think the the son burned him up, but he was so like distraught that that girl was a dragon. Mm. He was like, "Oh and shit!" He, yeah, and the fact that he just killed her. Yeah, yeah. he was like, "Yo," he's like, "Give me life, give me life." So like, she probably has the ability to give eternal life, and he was like begging for it, even though the son is about to kill him. He's like, "This is my last chance to get eternal." Right. There is also. Begging the the speech that she gives to Aaron uh or Lebanon when um when she meets him in the room she tells him like like I I wrote this quote down because I thought it was really cool um life can't be hoarded it can only be given like Aaron after she said that to him Aaron said that to Cobb and Cobb you know he's trying to hoard life he's taking the life of other things and he's using it for his like magical essence or whatever to be immortal right and um she was she was saying that life has to be given and her example was that um teru i mean tamar her what uh the mom girl her name? oh tenor tenor yeah tenar she was saying that tenar gave her life and i think she meant that in like a figurative way like Tanar you think she meant that literally? I don't think Tanar is her mom though. I just said mom for lack of a better term. Nah, I think literally because like she gave her life as like a good life. Yeah. And like she has the ability to give life. Mm. Because she's a dragon. And the dude think- was, I'm saying that because the dude is walking towards her in the sunlight, about to right. die begging for life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm assuming she has this ability. Yes. And so, I, I, would not, I think a lot of the stuff in this movie is half figurative, half literal. Like, so I wouldn't be surprised if that, and I like when they do that. I like when things are figurative and literal at the same time. I think that's cool as well. Yeah. And that's yes. the whole movie. And, um, and I didn't even interpret it that way, but you're making the movie better for me right now. Like I didn't even, I didn't even think about it that way. That's, that's goaded. That's cool. Um, yeah, I was going to ask you about that. I had that written down. I was like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. You seem to be getting everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So hey, two, two heads smarter than one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was because you know, like, it's not even it's not even like me getting it. It's more like just how this how I viewed the movie right. in this way. How I viewed it this way made sense to your theories and it connected. Yeah. You know, okay, that's great. Yeah, mm-hmm. and what you're saying ties into all the themes of the movie and like the point and like the other trends that. Yeah, that is crazy. This is pretty fruitful. <laughs> I, I, dude, I, I had a lot of fun with this movie. Um, I could go more detail into like certain parts, but this is, you know, how Vinland Saga is like a movie that makes you think about life differently. I and I feel like this movie is is saying the same things that Vinland Saga is saying. It's saying it in like a slightly different way, but it's Vinland Saga is trying to determine what the value of life is in a world where it seems like 
there's no point in like being alive right you got this viking setting where everything's fucked up and everyone's killing each other it's like why even bother trying to exist in a world like this you have you know devil man my fucking favorite show of all time so like like i, I really resonate with those messages in vinland saga in devil man and when Tales of Earthsea was about that, and it was doing it in that, like, cool, like, figurative, kind of literal, but not really literal, like, kind of way, I, I just, I ate that shit up. It was, it was awesome to me. And I love how simple, like, this, uh, this, the, the design of the world is. Like, there are, this doesn't, it's, this doesn't have cool character design, like Princess Mononoke or Spirited Away, but it is the only Ghibli movie that looks like like that that has like kingdoms and like kings and and castles you know there are ghibli movies that have like you know kings and stuff but they don't dress like the ones in this one do and and they don't have castles they don't have castles in like large villages like that studio ghibli worked on a video game called uh, nino kuni i don't know if you've ever heard of it but the art style of that game looks very similar to this movie and that was also something that kind of won me over. It doesn't look better than like Princess Mononoke. It, it looks basic to a fault. Like at the end yeah. of the day, it doesn't, I don't think, while it's charming to me, I would prefer if it looks unique and cool like Mononoke, but I digress. I still, I still liked that element to it. Yeah. Um, the, the designs are bland, mm -hmm. but the backgrounds are nice, like the city. Yeah, backgrounds the, are beautiful. The, the, the architecture in the city was, was really cool. It looked like yeah. a Babylonian city. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they always had like the sea and a lot of shots. I thought that was cool. Earth sea. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, do you still think the title is stupid given the context of the movie? I don't think it's stupid. Okay. And even if I did, it's not Ghibli's title. Right. It's Ursula's, right? So Okay. Do you think it's stupid for Ursula? I don't think it's stupid. Okay. I thought I it was kind of cool. Like, from what? Because the reason why it's called Earthsea is because the humans took the earth and the sea. And yeah. The dragons the took. And I think that's kind of cool. When, see, when you first said Earthsea, I was like, oh, is it really called Earthsea? That's pretty cool. <laughs> but Why did they call Earthsea? it Earthsea? The is, huh? They, could, they should have called it. They they should, called yeah, it. that would have been cool. <laughs> but the thing is, because, because this is not Ghibli's title, this is Ursula's yeah. title, Right. I can't say it's bad or, bad or good. So. Okay, I understand. That's fair. I thought it was pretty dope. I kind of like Tales from Earthsea. I think that's a cool title given <laughs> the themes. Earthsea would have been cool. It would have been cooler. Because it wouldn't have been so obvious. It's yeah. obvious, but it's not like boom, boom, yeah, boom. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, I know, yeah. Because like the characters don't... The characters are saying Earth, Sea, Wind, Fire. But yeah. if they just went Earthsea... Mm -hmm. then they would just be like for them it wouldn't make sense but for yeah. you you would have to make that look exactly. you know, damn they dropped the ball with that one mm -hmm. we would have been 10 out of 10 <laughs> but, yeah, yeah even the movie I think the movie was a fun ride a fun ride 
And the, the dragon thing, I, <laughs> the dragon thing is so fascinating because, like, the movie, the art, the, the cover, I always talk about the art cover, right? Yeah. The art cover is just the dude a sh- and the dragon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's in the movie, like, the same shot. Yeah, the same exact shot. I thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. I like shit like that. Yeah, me too. But. And it's like but, the whole point of the movie. It like encapsulates the whole message. It does. And, you know, you would think looking at this cover, Dragon's going to have a lot to do with the story. As mm-hmm. in like, maybe he's going to fight a dragon, something like that. But yeah. you watch the movie, you see the art cover, then you saw like the first five minutes where the dragons are fighting. Yeah. And you get all those cool shots. Mm-hmm. And you, think, you think dragons would be implemented more. Right. Yeah. But I like... Even though I didn't like the dragon part where the girl is the dragon and that's yes. unexplained. Right. I do like the Windfire, Earthsea, mm-hmm. and I do like the cover. Mm-hmm. And I do like when he went for the... He was like... So, yeah. I, thought, I thought it'd be cool. Yeah. Me too. And this is what I mean. This is what I mean. Like, this cover says a lot. Yes. It says nothing. Yes, yes. It says a lot to... It says a lot this movie says it's, it says a lot to if you don't know what's going on because you right. think oh tales dragons blah 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 fantasy mm-hmm. but it has nothing to do with that it's a Earthsea expectation you watch yeah. the movie and, and then the the try hard side is Earthsea when fire yeah yeah, yeah exactly fish, yeah right and then you got earwig and the witch yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude, bro that's what's so weird how do you make earwig and you make something like that like that cover and that ending has so much more thought put into it than than earwig it's so insane this movie is black and white with earwig and the it's like it's like night and day i don't i don't even get it it's crazy and um before we get off this topic uh I wanted to say for me, um, I don't think I said this yet, but um, the reason why I like the girl being a dragon is because her whole character is that she values life and they establish at the beginning of the movie that the dragons are like more in tune with nature than anybody else. And she is somebody that her entire character revolves around her loving the animals and loving like the plant life and da 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 and I really connected with her character more, her not being human. Because the whole problem with this movie is like, humans are bad. Humans are the ones causing all this heartache and all this trouble. And the reason why she's not like, uh, coveted or no, that's not the right word. What? Why did I even think about that? She's not consumed by like the evil tendencies that Aaron has or Cobb has or any of the other people in like the city is because she's a fucking dragon and she's not susceptible to those kinds of things. But you know she's she still feels bad because she feels like she lives in a world where people aren't capable of love and i love the song this is like a song in a movie that's better dubbed than it is subbed at least for me i thought the song was fantastic like when he cried i was almost about to cry i was like i thought i love that scene it's fantastic i see exactly what you mean and i do like that but Like I said, there has there just has to be some background. Maybe the movie was just ten minutes longer, literally mm-hmm. five minutes longer. Yeah, just like not even. It, it makes, like I'm not saying it doesn't make sense. It makes total sense. It makes sense she, with the theme. How she acts. Yes. Yeah. How the character acts and blah blah blah. And it even says her parents tried to burn her alive mm-hmm. when she was a kid. 
and she lived because she's immortal. You wanna you wanna know what would have been fucking godlike if 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 the beginning attack on her where you see with the dragons was her. I don't know if that is the case because they didn't explicitly show her getting like hit with fire or something. Yeah. So, but that would have been cool reincorporation. If you saw her as a dragon and then at the end of the movie, you're like, wait, she's the dragon from the big, be- from the beginning. Imagine how crazy that would be. Maybe is she? The reason why I'm immediately assuming she's not is because she has this giant scar on her face and she, and they say that she got burned and in the beginning she didn't get burned but she does get the dragon does get damaged like like the fucking yeah. dude bites into her so maybe i maybe. i i would like that i would like the answer to be yes but i can't say that, that would it make is. the movie better yes i agree no ali mm-hmm. go read the books <laughs> I don't really want to. I honestly don't. <laughs> I don't want more of this story. I love this is a this is a personal thing. I know some people are going to disagree with this. I love movies that adapt long things and have to condense it and like try and make something out of like something out of a long running story and try to condense that in like a short time. How can you manage that? How can you deliver the same message and point of the, of this large thing? How can you make your own thing? You know, how can you, how can you add value to that thing? And I, that's why I like watching Japanese live action adaptations of anime. Like people say the Roroni Kenshin live action movies are good. Just like put that into perspective. This movie trilogy compared to this 50 episode anime people are saying is good. That's crazy. That's like that's a great that, feat, that, in my the, opinion. The anime is way longer than it's like hundred something. See, that's even you know, it's even more credit, you know, where it's due. It's like damn. And JoJo Part Four live action. I was like, I was like, this is so cool. See, I like seeing things get condensed because when you condense a story that long, you're forced to get creative. You're forced to do your own thing, and that's what Goro tried to do. He tried to resemble the themes and messages of the story of Earthsea. I know that he did his own thing and he kind of went on his own path, but I'm pretty sure the whole imbalance of nature was the point of the books, right? So I think he conveyed it cool as fuck in this movie. And you can't get that experience from the books. Like when you read the 6,000 page books, you're not going to get that. You're not going to get like that, what the, the way the movie does it. You're going to get the way the books do it, where they explain everything and they explain like why he killed his dad. And, you know, like I said, that's one of the reasons why I like the movie is because I feel like all that stuff is portrayed in a cool, interesting way. Um, Not just the dad, but like everything else, like the shadow and stuff. And in the books, they might. It's just I like when things are literal and figurative. And this movie has a ton of shit like that. And. I don't know if in a book you can communicate that as well as how this movie does it. You know what I mean? So I, mm. I, I, I don't like this movie because I like Earthsea, the franchise. I like this movie because I liked Goro's way of doing it. I'm going to be real. Like he, I, I give him credit. Um, I, I can tell that this is a, like his thing or whoever wrote the screenplay. I don't know, but it, it's uh 
it's not one of those things where you have where you are forced to give credit to the books like i can give credit to the to the man himself and prop props to him you did good goro i wish you kept doing good um raleigh yeah apparently you didn't do good to everyone else i know i know yeah but you thought it was okay right you thought it was like you so you weren't were you bored watching it or did you like enjoy it i didn't get bored good that's cool me neither i enjoyed it thought it was cool i give the movie a six i am going to give this movie a seven out of ten um and i'll stick with that I I gave it an eight after the first time I watched it, but after my second time, I was like, "This ain't that good." I'll give it a seven. Um. Oh oh, before we move on, uh, the the thing that I the reason why I gave it a seven is because on my second watch, I was really frustrated because I love how the magical elements tie into the themes of this movie. The you know, like. The, the dude's using evil magic because he is utilizing the imbalance of the earth to his advantage and he wants to like be immortal while the archmage uses all this like cool magic where it's like in tune with nature and like it doesn't like affect anybody badly and it's always you know it's godlike but it's 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 calm and it's like serene i think that's really cool how like th- they have like different spells because of their different personalities and their different philosophies and um you know, the girl being a dragon, da 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 blah, 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 blah. It all ties into a themes. There's, like, a point to, like, the dumb, magic-y, like, random bullshit. When the kid has a shadow, and he has, like, a shadow chasing him, they don't explain, like, why that's happening to him. And that's something that I feel like, yeah, you... I need an explanation for that. They explain thematically why it's happening. They explain, like, what it means, like, for the story. And I like that they do that and that's what i connect with but i need like for that one the way you need the girl to be a dragon i need you to tell me why shadow boy exists because you know i be depressed sometimes and my light side is not part of my body where's my shadow boy chasing me like why does that happen to everybody in this universe why is it only happening to this character i understand there's magic in this universe but why is it happening to this character and why is it actually happening it's not like in his own yeah. head it's yeah. like he talks to like other people that like see him so it's like yo like yeah. why and in the in the books there's probably an explanation yeah, yeah. oh yeah. and and, <laughs> and he, um and he's able to just like disappear yeah like well, I can accept that because he's like he's like not real. He's like a no, like a I know, but it's like he's like he's like self aware mm-hmm. of like what he's doing and who he's talking to. Yeah, and it's so weird because when he finally has the boy cornered and the villain comes, the villain's like, "Get away, get away!" Mm. He's like, he just disappears. Yeah, it's like he has like full control of all his actions. Mm-hmm. It's not even like just this being chasing himself. It's like. Mm-hmm. It's like he knows exactly what he's doing and what he's about to get into. Yeah. The magic 
is wow. very vague and there's no like explanation for the uh, like how it objectively works so when he goes to grab like the dude and the evil like Cobb is like get away like Cobb can probably fuck him up like you know he's real everybody can see him maybe someone can like do something to him so I know that he's like a specter and he represents like the light side but I don't know maybe you can fucking kill him <laughs> so maybe he wanted to get back because he didn't want to fuck with that and you know he led the girl to uh to Cobb because he was trying to save himself like through the girl so I can accept that but my point still stands for what I was talking about um like that's so convenient like oh uh, when you're depressed just wait for your shadow version to come it's like dude that's like not that's not fair like if everybody had a shadow version life wouldn't be that difficult why does this character get a shadow version you know i like when he pulled out the sword it was like luke this movie's very similar to star wars it's like um it's like a lot of the themes and like a lot of it's what it's saying it's very similar to star wars but once again star wars is not iconic for just its messages and its themes it's iconic because lightsabers are cool and the way they dress is cool and the planets are dope and this movie doesn't have all that you know so it doesn't look as cool as uh star wars but i wanted to bring up the shadow thing i think that's like the only real big issue i had um i like the whole thing with the true names i like the idea that you need to know like something's true name and something's true nature in order to really be able to use it that's a that's a good example of like figurative and literal where it's like yeah if i literally know your name's manny i can control you but when it comes to like a piece of wood it you don't say wood you have to understand the wood you have to like understand it's like scientific you know uh construction you have to understand like the purpose of it and what it means to the world and then you can use magical shit to kind of make it manipulate to your own will i thought that was cool as fuck that's another thing that i thought was dope um yeah i, I saw it done in spirited away they did it in spirited spirited away? yeah and the your baba was like like That's took true. her name he took her name and gave her a new name. That's I immediately thought it spirit away, so I didn't really think much of it. Mm. That's fair. That's valid. It is just like spirited away. There's a lot of things in this movie that are inspired by other Ghibli movies, and that's another thing I want to say. I like that there are references to other Ghibli movies in this movie without just showing some shit from a Ghibli movie. A lot of Ghibli movies will just be like, oh, look, it says Porco Rosso on the wall. Or, or something like that. But this movie will just like replicate themes and scenes from like other ones. So the true name thing, like Goro Miyazaki grew up with his dad's movies. He hates his dad, but he still watches his movies and he still loves them. So he puts a lot of that stuff into his, into his movies. And maybe he put that into his movies because he liked that thing and spirited away. And, um, you know, the scene at the beginning of the movie with all the wolves, that's a reference to like Miyazaki's first movie, like before Ghibli before Lupin and I thought that was really cool I was like whoa like I recognize this Horace Prince of the Sun that's a cool way to do a reference I just thought that was dope I thought he put a lot of thought into it I thought it was a dope ass movie um yeah I'm gonna buy a blu-ray for this one day 
I enjoyed it. Seven out of ten. Uh, you said six. All right. Yeah. That was good. Thank you for letting me ramble for twenty minutes. Um, I know that I didn't explain it the best that I could, but I appreciate you letting me letting me talk and and uh, I appreciate you being honest about your opinion. Thank you. Now, um, let's talk about the big chungus, the the good boy. The reason why Goro Miyazaki makes bad movies is because uh, Yoshikage Kira fucking switch bodies, and he's really Goro right now, and he's making bad movies while he's while oh, brother <laughs> Kira. Yeah, Kira, mm-hmm. the best to me, the best villain in JoJo. Mm-hmm. That's, that's completely fair. He, anytime he was on screen, it was like, what is this guy going to do? Because mm-hmm. he's so quick-witted. He's so tactical. And he thinks thinks on the fly. So he's so unpredictable. And he, he it, a lot of things he says, is so like, he had a lot of quotes. And I remember one of them was like, um, I don't care if I win. I don't care if I lose. I just want to survive. So he can continue on with his, his, his uh, yeah. serial killing. Mm-hmm. Part four is the best JoJo to me. Okay, I, I'm. This is your time to shine. Please, please go off. Part four is literally like to me. I gave it a ten out of ten, mm-hmm. and I gave no other part ten out of ten. But I don't yeah. know this part. And every way is like better to me than all other parts one through five mm-hmm. um i think josuke yeah Higashika, mm-hmm. which at first i didn't know but i don't know fucking gosh higashika he gosh he i think yeah i forgot what last name but that means joe so it's joe joe mm-hmm. yes yeah yeah um when I was watching the show, I didn't know that. And I was like, why think, is this dude's last name fucked up? I think now, they say it in the show. That's how they I do, know it. They do yeah. it. They do it in the first episode. Yeah. So, I think Josuke is also the best JoJo. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the best JoJo with the best villain, the best JoJo. And the group. Yeah. I think the group is the second best JoJo group. The second best? What's the first one? Let me think about that for a second. Okay, okay. Take your time. We need literally 10 seconds. Okay. Um, I think the part five group is just so funny. Yeah. I love part... I think... I think... Watching part three and thinking part three is Pinnacle JoJo and then watching part four after is like... Part four is better, but I think part five has like their group their group is so i know this is this is part four time but the, yeah. i'm gonna say this shit quick about part five the group of part five not only is the funniest group and it needs to be because giorno is not an interesting character yeah he is but he's really not no the, the group carries the show bruno bucciarati mm-hmm. is hilarious naranja is hilarious and abahio is his He's funny because when he acts out of nature, it's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. And those those guys and Mista is like top three JoJo. 
Yeah. Character. Oh, yeah, I definitely. Mista's one no. of my favorite characters ever. And the thing is with the part the part five group is their design is the best. They have the, yeah. the oh, best. They got the drip. Design. They got the fucking drip. That's the thing. Like I, I every would... single every single one of them is like ten out of ten like design. Yeah. It's like wow. The ending, the especially ending, fucking Mista. Mista's design. Mista's so design cool. is so badass, man. It's, it's so great. Cool. And, I love, I love their designs. Yeah. And um, part three, like the design thing for part three is Polnareff. He, he's, he's top five for me. I, Polnareff, I think, is my he, favorite character. I think he, he is my not, favorite character in so, JoJo. Yeah. Not only that, he carries part three and on the on the humor side he is like carries the shit out of that yeah. that whole he is part alone by <laughs> literally by himself like how joseph carries part two by himself yeah. like, part two is so good and he doesn't yeah. even have a group he's yeah. by himself yeah and that's how good it is but part four you know okiasu's hilarious yeah fucking um koichi Koichi, the thing with Koichi is, he he's like he says everything that's going on out loud, and he like thinks, he's like a, I see him as kind of like a viewer, like he's just experiencing things. But right. oh my god! <laughs> like even in the first episode, he's like when when Josuke and Jojo are fighting, and then like they're using stands, but no one can see it. He's like yeah. he's like how did Jojo just end up on the floor? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, you never really got to ex- you never got to see Jojo that way. Like you never got to see yeah. it from the perspective of like someone like that, so it's cool. And and uh who else? There's so many characters. Fucking Rohan. Rohan's so good. He Rohan's got own, Yeah. He got his own spin-off. Rohan's right? so good that the show said that Morio is going to save the town of Morio, but it really was just Rohan. <laughs> <laughs> got him. I like how Koichi has that girl that he likes, or she likes him. Yeah, she's she's great. I love that character. And bro, Okiatsu and um, Josuke, they they go off each other so good. Their yeah. that their friendship is mm-hmm. the best in JoJo, and they are both equally as funny. Yeah, and that just makes <laughs> the show hilarious. And the, the thing is with that, the episode. JoJo's episodic nature allows it to be funny because this sh- this is why Josuke is the best, right? Because mm-hmm. he's a teenager yeah. that acts like a teenager, whereas yeah, yeah. Uh, Jotaro is cold, stark, and always badass. That's yeah. cool. That's, That's fine. Yeah. But when you have Josuke actually like goofing off, beating like, the just fuck hanging out, out people. just hanging out, yeah, like doing pranks. Like I, the scene where, like the last scene where, like he says bye to Joseph, and, and he, he just, takes he, like, his money, he takes the wallet. Is yeah. like that is what Josuke is, and yeah. he's just like he's like he's like big smile on his face. Is like cheesing. It's like this is this is why part four is so good. Josuke yeah. is so he's so unique from like it is crazy because like part three, like Giorno and uh, Jodo, they're very similar. Yes, and, extremely. And they never like they have like no personality really. You That's fair. Joke, that's like brimming with so much personality. It's like the episodes are not about him when he's just hanging out with Okuyatsu. He's just doing random tasks and just you don't see that side of Jodoro and um Giorno. And that's that's yeah. what makes Art Force so unique and so special to me. 
And another thing with Okiatsu too, I'm, I'm just going off top topic, but Okiatsu, he's so interesting because he his stand is so OP. Yeah. But he's not smart or he can't use it effectively. And Joe Skate even said it. Uh, he said uh, he has a stand that can erase space and teleport objects, but he's too much of a dumbass to use it. <laughs> he said something like that. Um, yeah. And, and it's, it's so funny because he truly has one of the most OP stands in like yeah. all of JoJo. <laughs> he's like top 10, like stand-wise, he's like top 10. But I thought I thought that's cool. He's a dumbass, and but his stands OP. So, and Josuke, his stand, shining diamond. I love how it's not so fucking broken. Yeah, I like. I love how it's not oh, incredibly yeah. OP, but yeah. the way he uses it makes all the tactical JoJo scenes more interesting because it's not just shining diamond, where it's just like a one v one. Shining diamond is gonna win. Not shining diamond. Um. Star Platinum, where it's right, like Star yeah. Platinum is just a one v one. Oh, like he, strong. Yeah, he's like a he's like a brawler. He's a basic. Yeah, and Shining Diamond, Joe's, it's like oh, he heals, but oh, they explain like you know he can. Be yeah, like shit. so he does so many things. Like yeah. when that scene when fucking Kira when they first meet him and Kira's escaping and he cuts off his arm and then he sends heart attack at them. Yeah. Josuke is, and Josuke was like, he, dude, you can't destroy heart attack. And Josuke is like, destroy it. He punches it. Nah, we're gonna follow it. And he like, he like, uh, because he's healing it, it's go. It went back into Kira's hand, and yeah. then it, and goes, follows him while he's escaped. So they follow yeah. the hand. But I'm gonna get into that that whole part. But yeah, I love how tactical this 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 season was way more tactical with Josuke I just I love his ability and yeah. I love how he can't heal himself because he's it's not that OP exactly and another thing I love that Jodoro Jodoro being in this show makes it interesting because Kira Kira's abilities counter uh Star Platinum's fucking the world right because mm. like throughout the all their encounters Kira's like watching out for Jotaro because he knows he can stop time. So he plans knowing that this dude can just stop time, right? Mm -hmm. So he's like, so he plan he uh, acts in a way that he can't get caught and he stick stick uh, sticks with his distance, right? And the third ability he has, he literally says, he's like, I had, I, I have the quote, I wrote it down. Okay, please do. Um, Give me a I'm second, to... I'm going to restart the recording. Found it, yeah. All right, go ahead. Yeah, he says, Kira says, Bites the Dust was created because I don't want to run into you. And it's cool that he has, Kira has such an impossible task of versing the world and Shining Diamond, a pure healer. Fucking Koichi, Okiata's OP shit, and the world. And he has to, like, think on the fly of how to, like, survive this shit, right? And that's what makes him, he's so interesting. And that's why I was saying, like, whenever he's on screen, like, whenever Dio's on screen, it's, like, crazy. And Kira's crazy, too, but Diablo in Part 5 is not at that level of, like, he's not. He's not. of those guys. Kira is, like, Kira's is so unpredictable. You know, like, you think, how is he by himself going to escape from fucking <laughs> those four people? And two of them, three of them have OPS stands, right? 
and you and you see how he does it, and you're like, "Fuck, this dude's smart." And he gets away, you know. He kills the Cinderella girl, changes his face, and yeah. the, the whole crew is like, "Fuck." Yeah, that's, that <laughs> and you know, Jodoro, Jodoro has that face with his his hat's covering his eyes, yeah. and his face is dark, and he's just like, like mad as shit. <laughs> <laughs> Koichi runs into the public. He's like. Come on, you coward! Yeah. And everyone's just like, "Fuck, bro." The you way they presented that was so good because usually they have like, oh, like dun, 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 whenever they beat a stand user, but they had the deceased tag without playing like any like music, and it was just over the shot of like the city, and it was like yeah. they lost, and it, that that was so powerful and, to me. I thought that was great. And he, the way Kira. And his son, his fake son, Hayato, whenever like he when he gets introduced, the show takes off. Like the show like becomes like incredible. Mm-hmm. You know, when they're taking a bath and it's so awkward, he's like, yeah. he's like yeah. ah. <laughs> Hayato's so smart because he catches it, he catches him using the cameras. Yeah. And then Kira gets to this point where he's like he's so fucked and he like he kills Hayato. But yeah. then, like, his dad comes, or the dude with the arrow. Yeah. And he's like, Dad's like freaking out. Joe, we gotta leave Morio. We gotta get out of here. And he's just like, What do I do? What do I do? <laughs> he's biting his fingers off and shit. And then he's like, I didn't know at the time. I found this, I think I found out in part five, but the arrow flew into him without any of them, like, touching the arrow because, like, one, the arrow moves to people who are suitable to, like, to, like, survive its, like, uh, because one, like you have a high chance of dying, right? Or stand right. So like the arrow automatically moves to someone who's suitable. So I feel like in that scene right there, yeah, he was like he was in a he was such an he was in right. knee, his whip because your stand is like a manifestation of your will and like your will determines whether the arrow chooses you. So the arrow yeah. was like you really want this so i'm like i'm giving yeah. you this power because you desire this and you deserve this because you're capable and then he, he he gets the fucking arrow then time goes back and as a viewer you don't know what the, what the hell's going on yeah. he just fired bites the dust such the a way, OP the way they executed that is fucking godlike because it's it's i think i i i might be wrong but i believe it's in the beginning of an episode and it shows like Shinobi, what's the wife's name? I don't remember the wife's name, but it shows the wife and she goes upstairs and she doesn't know that Hayato's dead. And you as a viewer think Hayato's in the closet and Kira's trying to hide it. And like, she doesn't know Hayato's dead, but she goes upstairs, she opens the door and then it shows Hayato. And then he turns around and you're like, what the fuck is happening? And that's how like it reveals like bites the dust. And it's in the beginning of an episode. And that's like, that's perfect. And it's, I love seeing Kira. I love seeing Kira at these moments of like, fuck, 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 you know? Yeah. And he's like, he does it a lot. And that scene when he's just biting his fingers and he's, he's the, the arrow old guy is like, we got to get out of town. And he's like, I can't leave Morio. <laughs> and I, I love it. I love the way he acts. And, you know, he gets, the, he gets bites the dust. And it's like, and then I think the first time he used it is against Rohan. Yeah. Or he used it on Hayato and it's like... He uses it on anyone... himself first. Yeah. Yeah. And then he uses it on Hayato and Hayato can't say Kira's name. Yeah. Or... And then that's how the whole crew dies. Yeah. And you're like watching it like, this dude won. He, yeah. 
killed all of them. He killed Josuke. He killed the god Jotaro. And it's yeah. like, he fucking did it. Yeah. Then he goes back and, and like, you know, what? Oh, he, he kills Rohan. Oh, my God. There's so much sound. There's so much shit happening because <laughs> Rohan finds the kid, uses his power, and starts reading his, his things, right? Yeah. And then, like, suddenly, like, it starts writing itself into the future. And it's like, that guy's pants are going to unzip. And he looks like it unzipped. And he's like, it's going to start raining. It starts raining. And then it's like, the next he flips the page, it's like, Rohan Kisebe is going to die. Yeah. And he's like, <laughs> and then you see Bison Dust like open the page and stuff. He's like, oh, it just appears. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, oh my yeah. God. <laughs> Yo, yeah. Bison Dust comes and then he like blows his back out. No homo, like blows yeah. his holes in his back. Yeah. And Kisebe sees Jodo uh, Koichi down the road. And yeah. He's like, he's like, I got to tell him. I got to tell him then. Bicep appears in his eyes. He's like, "Now I'm gonna show you the true power." Bicep does. It's like, and he blows up. Yeah. And he like, oh, he, it's so crazy because as a viewer, you're like, "How are they gonna beat this? Yeah. yeah. How are they gonna find out? Because Hayato is fucked. Yeah. How are they gonna do this? Because they can't use uh, Rohan. And it's so it is the most tactical shit. Yeah. And again, I love how it's it's not just oh, Jodoro's just gonna fucking stop time and kill him. I love how it's just not is this is Josuke's story, and I love how when he shows up, everything starts changing. Yeah. Oh God, it's all good, and I, I know I keep jumping around, but this whenever Kira, whenever like you first see Kira up until the end, like the show just takes off. Like literally every story after that is just so good. Even the episodic ones, like the the mm-hmm. alien one. The alien one's and, like the best episodic one. <laughs> and. The dice one, oh my god, the dice, yeah. the dice gamer. That, that's in the same episode, right? Yeah, 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 it's like the same one. That, that's great. That, that's the best episodic episode of JoJo, mm-hmm. bro. Like, not it's part so four in the funny. the whole thing. The whole JoJo and the implication so that like this dude isn't a stand user and he's just an alien is fucking cool as shit. <laughs> like that's yeah, and that's like, a cool concept. And I love how they're vague about it because he never, you never find out. Yeah. One, two, it's it's like it's possible because it's JoJo. Like, yeah, alien coming is not even weird. Yeah, it's, it's fucking JoJo. Exactly. So it's like accepted. Yeah, and he when the dice game starts and Rohan's getting so frustrated and he's like, I know you're cheating, but I'm gonna find out how you're cheating. <laughs> <laughs> and Josuke is like. He's like so worried because you know the sirens, um, like some yeah, yeah. He's a and like, and that fucks up with the aliens like hearing and his, mm-hmm. I manipulates his body. Yeah, the sirens come. This is the funniest scene. The siren comes and Josuke is like, "Fuck, fuck!" You see, you see the dice like morphing a little. Yeah. Josuke grabs the dice and he's like, "I'm screaming real loud." He's like, "I'm screaming real loud just for this." He like throws it. And then it's like a 666, so he wins again. And then Rohan's like, what the fuck? And then the dude, the weird, that short guy is like, he's like, the lock didn't move. That means, uh, that mean, I think he said, that means he's cheating. And then the dice start moving, morphing again. And you see Josuke so worried. And then the, the short guy's like, oh my God, your house is on fire. Yeah. And then Josuke's like, he grabs the dice and takes off. 
And then Rohan, you know his house is on fire. Rohan is just like, he's like, ah, Joski, wait. He's like, wait, you son of a bitch. And Joski's just like running out of there. And this is exactly what I mean. Like, Joski, for, for part three and part five, for this episode to happen, it couldn't be the main character. It would have to, it would, it yes. would have to be Paul and Arif. Yeah. Or have to be. I completely agree. Yeah, it would have to be Narancia mm-hmm. in part five. This is this is where part four is so good. It is Josuke. Is Josuke's yeah. his youthfulness? His youthfulness is such a main factor in his character, mm-hmm. and I love his his personality. I think it's. Really I love how he can still be a badass and he can yeah. still like act his age, and mm-hmm. it's not like it's not like Josuke is like Josuke is weird because he's like goofing off and he's funny is like he's truly a teenager and he acts like a, a teenager yeah. so it's never weird and when he does act badass it's still jojo yeah. and it's still badass you know mm-hmm. and i feel like it makes him even more badass because we expect badassery from part five part three right from Gio, jojo because yeah. they've been like that since episode one but when part four when he's doing badass shit it's even more badass to me yes like seeing this scene, oh my god, the scene where they first meet um, Kira and Kira fucks up Jotaro, you know, Jotaro's all bloody, Koichi's fucking like dead on the ground, <laughs> and then um, he, he, uh, Kira fucks up because he gets too cocky, he's talking shit to Jotaro, then Jotaro, he gets in range, and Jotaro like beats the shit out of him, start playing him, right? And then now he's just fucked up, now they're all three just lying on the ground, bloody, bloody mess, right? Then Okiasu and jo- uh, Josuke come into the scene. Josuke just heals everyone, uh, just heals uh, them two, right? And Kira watches. He's like, he's like, fuck. He's like, oh damn. Uh, Josuke and Okiasu's here. He's like, what I gotta do? Just, I gotta survive. And he, and then um, he starts crawling away. And then <laughs> Josuke and Okiasu just standing right over him. He's like, who's this guy? <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, and then Rohan's like, I'm not Rohan. Kira's just like, what I gotta do, what I gotta do? And he's like, he's acting like a civilian. He's like, oh, the clothing store just blew up. Uh, I'm so injured. Ah, ah. And, and Okiasu and Josuke is like, oh my God, do you know what happened? He's like, nah, I just saw those two guys over there and they got messed up. And he's like, and then he was like, Kira's like, ah, oh, can you heal me? Just heal me real quick. Just heal me. Because he saw Jodoro like standing up, right? Yeah. He's like, heal me, heal me. And Josuke was like, how do you know I can heal people? And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and he's like, I'm just a normal kid. How do you know I heal people? And the Kira's like, he's like, oh, my God, I messed up. <laughs> and then is like, I, I tricked you. You're fucking, there's no way you know I heal people unless you saw my my uh, my stand. So that means you're the enemy. And it's just, you just see Kira like, fuck. He's like, he know he messed up. And then he eventually escapes and does the change face thing. But yeah, I love that scene. Um, another thing I want yeah. to say is Josuke, Josuke and, um, Kira, their dynamic, they're so different because mm-hmm. Josuke is, is drawn to look like a typical Japanese delinquent in the nineties, right? With the pompadour. Yeah. That is like, that is a clear sign of, of a delinquent. And, but... He looks like a delinquent, but he's really he has a heart of gold, and he had, he even has he has a peace symbol on his chest here and a heart of gold on his heart. 
So like, and even at the end, Joseph's like he says. It's funny because I was just talking about the scene, but when Joseph, when Josuke took his wallet, and he was talking about how he's such a good kid and heart of gold, he takes his wallet and does a delinquent thing, right? And then Jotaro's like, "Do you still think he's a good kid?" And he's like, "Yeah, he does have a heart of gold, but he still had that delinquent side." But so I think I thought that was cool. But Kira, in society's eyes, would be like a good guy because yeah. he has a good job. Yada yada yada. He wears suits all the time. He yeah. looks clean. And has a uh, office job, whereas, but he's he's a serial killer, right? So it's just right. like how how the character is viewed and how right. the personality or how the act is. I love how it's shown in their design. Yeah. I thought that was cool as well. That is amazing. I never even saw it that way. That's cool. Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, this I there's so much I can say, bro. This is this I is the time. I literally think this. It shows like perfect. This is like perfect. Mm -hmm. I love everything about this. Um, I'm not gonna lie. The they, I remember one week episodic episode where it was the one with the rat. I thought that really? was weak. Okay. But literally everything else, I thought was a good episode. Um, mm. All of it's fun, and you know JoJo's episodic style is amazing because even though like these episodic episodes don't mean they they don't look like they mean anything. Mm -hmm. they're building blocks for character development and how character acts in certain situations you see certain sides of people and usually by the end they return somehow like Cinderella um, you know when Kira, Kira killed her mm -hmm. and um, what else a lot of people that come kid, the kid the chef comes back does he? the kid yeah he's in the end yeah, when they sing, we didn't even talk about the the ghost girl, Rain. Oh yeah, she's awesome. I thought she was so interesting. She was very and interesting. That's another thing with JoJo. Like we never seen this type of thing in JoJo, and it makes it even more interesting with the Rohan Kisabe spinoff because it's yeah. more shit like this instead yeah. of stands, right? Mm -hmm. She's just a ghost, yeah. and it's it's crazy, but it's not crazy. Yeah, it's crazy because it's new to JoJo, never seen before, but yeah. it's not crazy. Because it's JoJo. <laughs> yeah. But we accept it just like the alien. And I thought she was so cool because it's like, yeah, Kira killed killed me and my dog. And it's like, and they, she like drives the character to even go for Kira harder. And when Kira, when they get Kira, you know, I didn't even talk about, when Kira dies and like. It's he, amazing. He uses bites oh, the dust, but he, he uses it. it. He uses <laughs> bites the dust, but he uses it like right when Jotaro uses the world. But mm -hmm. you see the animation for bites the dust, but because it was at the last second, he goes to like the the ghost hell space the, the ghost. instead. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's such and a great it, reveal and fake out. It's perfect. It's it got me. It was so good. I thought he got away. And the thing is too, he. I love how he's just standing there talking like, yes, I went back in time. He's checking him. He's like, yes, I went back in time. And he's like, where am I? And then, you know, you see it. Yeah. It's so cool. Then you see how uh, Remy pull up. I know. And she, she was like, uh, and she, it's crazy because he didn't even recognize her because he killed 48 bitches. Mm -hmm. and she was like, yeah, it's, I think she was like, I was the first one you killed. You don't remember me. Uh, blah, 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 blah. And then... 
but I like how the dog, the dog even gets his revenge because he come, he's the reason why he goes yeah. in. Like, he turns around and looks because the dog comes in and bites his arm off. Arnold, job, Arnold. I think Arnold yeah. gets his <laughs> Yeah. And then he gets sucked in. I love how even at the last moment, he still called, bites the dust. He yeah. tried to do his, he called the stand, his stand got grabbed too. Yeah. And then, like, it's, you feel so good. It's a, you feel so good because Rami because Rami because she waited 15 years yeah. and now you see her turn into a golden wind. She goes up and everyone I love how everyone's there. Yeah, even all those side characters, everyone's there. It took me a long time to realize it, but they're uh, they're actually in the they're in the intro. Like it shows in yeah. the intro when it goes up, it shows it's, them. Yeah. I don't know, so I don't know, like when you watch JoJo. Well, you pro- you obviously watched it on like Crunchyroll or something, but on the Blu-rays they change the animation, like they make it like better. And in the animation, it is like they're all translucent and they all are white because they're all dead and they're like ghosts. And from I was looking at TV versus um, versus Blu-ray, and then the TV version, they look like they were just like they had their colors and they like were there in the opening at least. I thought that was a cool touch. I thought that was really yeah. nice. That's cool. I'm gonna get to the openings in a second because yeah, Ooh. it has the best. This has the best openings as well. That's fair. Yeah, that's completely fair. Um, not, not as in I'll talk to I'll say I'll get to OPs in a little, but yeah, uh, Kira's death. Um, I like how I like how like Hayato was mad that he died because like he truly wanted him to get punished, but at the same time, uh, Rohan was like, uh. There's no way we can prove any of this or any of anything he's done. So he was like, this had to happen. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was cool. I like how Hayato was like truly like angry that he didn't get punished. Mm -hmm. But he he did because he got sucked into that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess Hayato will never get that pleasure. Mm -hmm. Um, When he died, (laughs) it was that that, like that. We was just talking about that little when he clicked it. Yeah, the animation and, is fantastic. Yeah, dude, and I like how Remy is like, he's like, you don't know yet, do you? And he's like, she put her hand through him, like, you died, and they show you what really happened. Yeah. Jokes were fucking... <laughs> it's because of Koichi, too. It's Because Josuke is so fucked up, because he has... Because he was just fighting him, like, one-on-one yeah. earlier. So Josuke is fucked up, and then... But Josuke is like... He's like... Don't let him press the button. Everyone starts running. <laughs> and then, and then um, Joto is like, oh, I'm not going to make it in time. And then he, he's about to click the button. And then Koichi, he's like, three freeze. And then <laughs> his hands on the ground. <laughs> and, um, and then he gets in range and he uses the world. And I love how he's like, the world. And it's like, it has the originals. The yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And um, I love how Josuke was like, not Josuke. Jodoro was like, he looked at Koichi immediately. He was like, he was like, Koichi, I'm happy I came to town. I'm happy I met you. And he was like, you were, he said like something else. He's like, yeah, he's like, I, I don't know. He said like, I trust you. That's why he sends Koichi to Italy. Yeah, to Italy. And he was like, he said, I love how he said that. Like he, like, cause he Koichi literally saved the day and he literally stopped his tracks, gave Koichi his flowers and then proceeded to, you know, fuck yeah. him up. And I love how, Throughout the whole series, Jotaro is giving Koichi so much respect. 
even when their first encounter with Kira, um, Jodo, when he go outside, he's like, Koichi, you saved my life. And I'm tr- he's like, I'm grateful for you. And blah, blah, blah. I trust you. I love how, I love how, I love how they're so cool with each other. Yeah. It's like, Josuke and Okiatsu, they're like best friends. And then it's Jodoro and Koichi. And, um, I thought, I love both their relationships. I love how Koichi's like so short and Jodoro is like seven foot tall. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that act three freeze and he's yeah. like s-i he's like s-h-i-t <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious um yeah he says it every time let's kill them love, yeah and it I, and then he you know he gets ran over because time stopped and mm-hmm. he suddenly in their view he suddenly just bounced forward or backwards yeah, yeah. i loved it i know yeah. some people ex- probably wanted the Josuke to just like beat the shit out of him and just kill him with his own hands, but mm. this was amazing. Was, uh, Kira was literally it's so good. Like he's one of my favorite villains ever. He's just so he's so interesting. Yeah. And he he was what really makes part four special. Like Josuke Josuke himself is mm-hmm. so good, but Kira is really like what drives it home for me. Plus, like the setting of Morio, oh, it, I, it looks it's so different. it's so different from you know part three, Egypt yeah. and the world and shit. I love how this is just a tight knit serial killer story. Yeah, me too. where it's like find the killer, but as real, we know who the killer is. Now we yeah. just have to see how events unfold and how Kira escapes all these situations and it's it's so fascinating to see from this standpoint you know yeah uh dude and i love my kira gets so much screen time yeah he's so he gets so many so much screen time mm-hmm. there's like a like, whole episode like, for him he has like a whole battle with the cat whole episodes with just him yeah he and you know he gets he kills that kid yeah and he kills Cinderella. and the kid I never gave a shit about the kid, but when the kid died, it was sad. It was he sad. Was, he was making like a last ditch effort mm-hmm. to like get to Josuke. Yeah. And um, you know, he died, and then like they're talking about his parents. Mm-hmm. And in the final episode too, it's like like yeah, he's dead and he's gonna stay dead. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and the thing is with him, the when you when you get when you first get introduced to him, he. It's another reason why I love Josuke and Okiatsu. They're literally just trying to scam this kid. Yeah. And it's like, again, you would never see this from any other JoJo other than Joseph, right? Joseph probably did. But from part three, part five, they would never do this. And yeah, you, never. And Josuke, they just come up with schemes to scam this kid. And then like they, they befriend him. And Josuke's like, nah, bro, we would I, never do that. I fucking it's, love when he's like scamming them and like, like they're they're clearly holding back. They're not trying to get violent. And then like Ogiyasu just fucking punches him in the face, like mad randomly. And it's like, and Josuke's like, whoa, yeah, like shit. He's like, oh, you gay little fuck. Like I I love it. that is something that I feel like people at Brockton High would do. Like I, I feel like yeah, I sure. would do that. Like that's so relatable. Like that's what kids like, do. Because because the dude was so annoying. He was like he would make. <laughs> you make uh you make like a deal and then yeah like, yeah double back and be like nah fuck that dude <laughs> and he, uh, both guys was like bro fuck this nigga 
<laughs> that's what I mean. Like the the episodic, the episodic episodes are so funny. Yeah. The the episode with Rohan versus the kid and uh, rock paper scissors. Yeah, but it's like John Ken. John Ken Bo. John Ken Ro. That episode's funny because Rohan would cheat. He got mad at Josuke cheating with the dice, and then he cheats. <laughs> Open up this <laughs> What are you gonna do next? I... It's so funny, bro. Like, I think I think I read somewhere that um, this was the the writer, the author. This was his favorite part as well, and this was in Josuke's his favorite character. And I feel like he put so much like this life yeah. and thought into Josuke. Mm-hmm. And all the characters really. I feel like he went so hard with personality. Yeah. This season, this, this, this like... personality is so like high than all the seasons animated so far. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 beautiful. I, yeah. I have I love part four. It's I get I respect it so much. I understand why like part three would be someone's favorite, mm-hmm. but to me, it's like really like no contest. That's you i like the way you explain it you're making it you're making and it I very understandable I, and i'm telling you all you like if i had this show fresh and i'm telling you all this from straight memory yeah and that's if so I, cool. i'm saying when i finished this show ali i was literally talking about every single episode like with my boy yeah um and i dude this is so much like this yeah. i truly like i love this show so much <laughs> I, I I love I mean I love the show so much. I hold it literally right. I'll defend the show to anything. Yeah. Literally one of the greatest things I've ever watched. All of JoJo really. Mm-hmm. But part four is just like it's right here forever. Mm-hmm. Like Yeah. I, I can't wait to rewatch it. Mm-hmm. And it, you know what's funny? Like I wanna rewatch it right now and I remember it so much. Whereas like I'm starting to forget a lot about Shim, uh, Samurai, Trigun, and Cowboy. Because I watched those like years ago. And, like, yeah. I remember a lot of things from that. And I'm not ready to rewatch those. But JoJo, I remember it so vividly. But I want to rewatch it right now. Yeah. That's how like how much I love this shit. It's That's so great. good. And and the opening. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Talk about the opening. The opening. Particularly the second and third one. The second one. I love the second one just because the song, the song is amazing. It's so unlike JoJo. Yeah, and then it has a lot of good uh, cuts. You know, where the camera is like flying into uh, Rami's face, and it's like black yeah. and white. Yeah, and then- yeah, and it has the film reel. And it, I love. I don't. I don't even really remember how it goes, but there's like a transition into Cinderella and like using yeah. that shit. Without knowing the, even with the context, it's cool. But without the context, you're like, who the fuck is that? Like, they made that look so cool. As someone who didn't see part four and just watched the opening, I watched that shit and I'm like, this show's probably fire as fuck. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, like chase you, and then it has Josuke like, and then like the camera zooms in to Kira, but you only see his eye. Yeah. Like like who's that and then like the last episode they used that opening like yeah. the first episode you see Kira and then it moves on to the third one but I, that that EP mm-hmm. I love that shit fucking mm-hmm. the third one 
Yeah. Third one. Yeah. The third one. 1999. Bees are some. Like, that shit is in, in my heart. That's in my soul. It's literally. And but when they do the Rewind version, I was like. You didn't know you didn't know at all that they were going to do that? You never no. seen that? Okay. I, when I saw Ali, I was like, this is the best JoJo. Yeah. Did you know, part three, part three did it already. Yeah. So I knew something was coming, but I loved the way they did it. Yeah. It was just wrong. I mean, not wrong, but Kira went back dust. in time. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. It's like bites the dust. Like, not the, now it's literally going back. Yeah. So they put so much like thought and effort into creating this opening where it can work both ways. Right. Each scene literally works both ways. Mm-hmm. And I love it. And. I love how the song is too. It's like, yeah. it's like, it's like, break down, break down. Yeah. 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 And then it, like, the fingers are up. Yeah. I, and the song is so good. And yeah. I love the openings. And same thing with part five and part three. The openings are incredible. And like, when they do like the part three, when they fight Dio, yeah. and Dio's like, the world don't stop the yeah. opening, the parks mm-hmm. around. It's like, yeah. I will say in in the context of part four, I think it works better in part Mm -hmm. four than it does for part five or part three. I think because that's like when he used it. I don't remember exactly. I just remember it having a lot of impact when he used bites the dust. It was timed and the opening played like right when you realize like everything is fucked and the opening's like, yeah. Everything is mm-hmm. fucked. Like, and he goes, I love when he gets like the waves. <laughs> he has that in the opening. I think I thought that was, they didn't need to do that, but they did. I, I love, I, dude. Yeah. The, I just love the effort. Like, if I made an anime, it would have to have some type of opening like this. Cause, yeah. Cause, you know, people, openings stick with people, you know? Like, yeah. We remember the best openings of our, our, our favorite shows and stuff, yeah, and stuff like that. Of course. So I love how they, they put so much effort into mm-hmm. theirs because they know the impact they have. It makes the yeah. show better. Yeah. They know um, some some shows will make an opening and like it won't click on every episode. You have to, when you make an opening, you have to think people are going to watch this before every episode. Is this going to yeah. fit with this episode? And sometimes they don't play it. Sometimes they don't play, they don't play the opening. Sometimes they do. Just like in um, ReZero. ReZero, like, I think ReZero, the ReZero season two, part two, mm-hmm. I think that season's opening appeared one time. Holy <laughs> shit. That's crazy. That's and awesome. I love how the ep- ReZero, you know, I love ReZero. The yeah. ReZero episodes are like 25 minutes long. They're not even yeah. like 18, you know, mm-hmm. and it's full of dialogue. But JoJo, I, it's, I can literally listen to these openings. Whenever. whenever it's just yeah. like it's like the samurai shampoo ending yeah like bro i will never forget that shit bro. me neither me neither like so i'm happy that they, they put so much effort mm-hmm. just, just listen to this this, this makes me want to rewatch the whole show <laughs> well yeah um, we should we should we should watch it and talk about it one day one day because so when we get done with ghibli mm-hmm. i gotta watch there's a, there's a couple things I gotta watch. I gotta watch JoJo, and I gotta watch. Um, Are the, you not gonna watch guy. Part Six? Uh, I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna watch. It. Like what's currently available? 
Okay. If you weren't going to watch it, I would have waited because I really want to finish it, but I have to wait like three months and I'm not happy. So, but yeah, watch it. We'll talk about it next episode. What other things do you need to watch? I need to watch um, that one easy guy that I talk highly of. Jobless Reincarnation. Yeah, because I haven't watched anything in season two yet. Okay. So I'm, ex- I'm so excited to watch that. Mm-hmm. You know, we still got, um, you got anything to say about part four? Um, did you say everything? I just kind of wanted to give you the center stage. Um, I, I knew that you were going to have more to say than I did. I'm going to be honest. It did not click with me as much as part like the way the passion that you show for part th- four is the passion and like love in my heart for part three when i was re-watching part three i was like i was really anxious i was like was it just nostalgia did i just like it because i was in high school no part three like is actually good and it like did it hit the same way that it hit this time part four i i went into it with op- optimistic like i i was expecting it to be good and i was excited that it was different and there were a lot of things that i liked um the the big thing that really took me out of it though was when kira revealed himself and when he killed shigechi and when like the town was like all right like you know we're, we're gonna try and like find kira we're gonna try and like um we're, we're gonna work together as like a town to like stop this guy i was expecting the story to be more of a focused endeavor to find him and they still do like stand battles and they still like kind of fuck around and the way it's written is like these are not the prime focus of like the hunt for kira like these don't really need to happen like the hunt for kira Rohan, Rohan and Jotaro, like they're doing it. So, and Kira's doing his own thing. That's like getting him fucked up. So whenever it cuts to them, it's like, okay, like we're making progress. But whenever it cuts to a stand battle, I, it's not that the stand battles were bad. Honestly, the best ones are in the second half. The one with Mm -hmm. the highway, the one with the alien, the, the, the rock, paper, scissors one. Those are some of the best ones, but now's not the time because I want to, you know, now it's, now there's a bad guy and now there's a conflict. And if you wrote it in a way where it's like, okay, these stands are going to prevent them from finding Kira. And the dad is making these stands specifically like, all right, these stands are going to like fight them so that they don't make progress in their endeavors. It wasn't even like that because a lot of them are chilling. Like jo- Josuke and Ogayasu aren't um, doing anything. They're just going to school and stuff. So if the stands didn't exist, if the dad wasn't doing that, it's not like oh, oh, we're going to get to him, like, today. Like, they, they, it would, the same amount of time that had passed would pass if the stand battles weren't um, happening. And that was bothering me because it made the stand battles feel like filler. And they didn't feel fillery before because the show, you know, when Chili Pepper was the main bad guy and it was, like, the guitar dude, um... Mm. 
they made it clear that like we can't find him and it's not that big of a deal but he shot a bunch of people with the arrow and we kind of need to deal with this first so when they're fighting like you know when koichi fights like his girlfriend when when you know they meet shigechi it you know that there's like half the show left and you know that there's so much more to go so you know that it's building towards something by introducing all these characters you like the city of morio and you just want to see more of it you know that chili pepper is going to come back and you know that like like they're going to build to this in a way that feels natural and convincing and um you know it doesn't feel like time has been wasted uh but in the second half they they don't I, they don't justify the stand fights as much. And a lot of the time in the second half is taken up by stand fights. And I I don't feel comfortable calling it bad because when I hear you talk about it, I know that for some people they can watch that and like it won't phase them that much because they do give explanations. They're just not explanations that I can really handle. Um, I can't handle Rohan like kind of doing stuff but like not working at like full capacity and like fucking around with josuke i you know if i i feel as if like everyone should be trying as hard as possible so i'm not i'm not saying that like part four is bad but i will say with my experience it did not click nearly as strong as part three because one of the things i love about part three in part three dio is the you meet them and then they beat them like like that day it's I don't have a problem with them meeting Kira and then he runs away. That's fine. Mm. But if he's gonna run away, you I guess you mean with part four, but it's saying like in part three, it was like they meet Dio and they, like he's defeated like that night. That's true. Like, I say, like that. N- no. I like that he runs away. And I like mm. that um I like the idea of having stand battles in between that to be like all right beat these stands and then you'll get closer to kira because that's what it is with with um dio dio is like we have to fight the stands in order to get to dio like this is the stands were made to stop us and like we are trying to get to him you know in part three when they're like when they get to egypt and they're like there's nine more stand users you're not thinking like oh my god get on with it you're thinking like oh my god no there's nine more we only have seven days like what the fuck like this wasn't supposed to happen that's you know it's it feels intentional it feels like it feels like natural it it makes sense like why there are more stand users um there's like a point to it you know there's like justification for why they're doing it and my issue is not that there are stand battles my issue is that the stand battles don't feel justified it doesn't feel like there's a reason for them to happen and that's that's what i don't like because you can easily write a reason for them you can easily you can just make it like dio just say like the stands are stopping them and stands are drawn to each other so the stands are going to prevent them from doing their work I mean, I that that stands is drawn to people. That is what they that say. Is, that is like that is implied. That, that is implied. Yeah, you're right. That is what they say. But that wouldn't. That doesn't matter. That stands are drawn to people, and they're like wasting time fighting stands because Josuke and Ogiyasu are going to school, and like they they're not doing anything anyways. So it's it's whatever, you know. And so. What I'm trying to say is like, yeah, the stands are getting in their way, but they're getting in their they're getting in their way be, 
of nothing. Like they're not trying to Joe Joe Scan them aren't doing anything. They're just chilling. So making stands and having them fight is is fruitless. Like you're not you're not stopping them from doing anything because they weren't going to do anything anyways. So that's. Yeah. Oh, so you're saying the the bad guys aren't stopping Josuke because he was chilling anyway. Yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah. And that's how I felt, but there were a lot of things working against me in my experience. Number one, I watched it dubbed because I watched part three dubbed and I love part three dubbed. I think it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. And I decided to watch part four dubbed because I wanted to put my faith in part four and see if it was good. And Kira is great. Josuke is cool. Josuke, I don't like Josuke's voice. In, In dub? Yeah. That's fair. It's probably uh, like I watched sub. it in sub, but I've seen clips of it, the show end up. Oh, yeah. Okay. He he does come off more like a dick in, in the dub. I will say that. Um and Ogiyasu and Koichi. I watch so many dubs at this point that I can tell when a voice actor I can like hear the same person. Koichi is Deku. He's like the same voice. So I just think of Deku when I listen to Koichi. And that took me out of it a lot. And Oguyasu is Kirishima. And all I think of is Kirishima. And I'm like, ugh. And that also took me out of it. But I stayed committed because I'm like, maybe I'll get used to it. And in retrospect, um, I'm glad I watched the dub. But it, it, it hampered my experience. Kira was great, though. Kira was fucking amazing in the dub. Yeah, he, I see. I see what you mean, but I feel like they, they, they added those stand battles. Yeah. So like, when when you see Kira escape, mm-hmm. it's not like he escapes. The next episode, they immediately find him. I feel like I see what you mean, but I feel like they just put the, I, they put these stand battles just so you can give some time to like for the viewer to know like yeah they really got away now they really got to spend some episodes like yeah tracking them down. And I, um, I'm okay I feel with like, that, but they don't. I don't feel like they do track them down. I feel like they, they don't, uh, they don't work for it. I don't. I don't want them. I love the idea of like, yo, he got away, and like, it's gonna take some work to find him, you know. So I agree. Uh, I think that is. I think that's cool as shit. I don't. I didn't want them to beat Kira in that like middle section. I wanted. I wanted those stand. I want more stand battles. I wanted. I wanted those fights. More fights to happen. I just don't feel like they they felt like, um, you know, justified. I um, I don't know. I'm looking. I'm looking at the episode, the episodes, and uh, I'm trying to. It's basically after Adam Hart Father or whatever it's called. After that episode, they they start doing like fights, and um, they start. It starts to be like. Why? Why aren't like why? Why is this? The I feel like a lot of these. I feel like a lot of these are justified, though. Well, none of them are justified because everyone is supposed to be looking for Kira. It's not just Josuke and Ogayasu. It's supposed to be everybody. So when we're looking at a Josuke and Ogayasu stand episode or Rohan episode, it's like, what is everybody else doing right now? I understand that not everybody else is like a detective, but like. Can they do something? Are they I mean, going what, to what, do something? What would, what would you do in their shoes? I mean, I, I'm I trying. To... 
like that, they said like I just like, go ahead i feel like they're like i feel like even joto was like these two are idiots mm-hmm. so i'm gonna get me koichi and rohan to find mm-hmm. them and we'll call them when we find them because honestly what would they do other than just walking around that's true like and even in the episodes like with the jockin boy episode like that kid, like just runs into Rohan and like forces him to play. You know, that's that's valid. But he, he, he just gets in the way. The alien one, that was just like, that was like a funny episode, mm-hmm. and it, that was funny. But like the highway star, yeah, I feel like, I feel like that one. I, I think like got, the reason why Rohan is in so many episodes from that point on is because Rohan is the direct thing. That is pursuing mm-hmm. Kira. So they want to like say, hey, look, Kira's being like their their journey's being stopped because Rohan is being like yeah. inconvenienced. And I think Rohan is in like every nearly every fight from that point on, except for the ones on July thirteenth. But um And that the highway star one. Yeah. But my thing is that there's this scene where like Raimi and every character that's been introduced is like together talking about Kira and it's like, all right, what can we do? And Rohan is not a... I understand he has, like, Heaven's Door and it makes him more capable. And he, like, is a manga person and he takes pictures and stuff all the time. But everybody, I feel like they could do something. If you... Because Jotaro was like, all right, everybody just chill. Like, don't worry. We'll... I'll figure it out. But Rohan is not chilling. Rohan is doing something. and And they show his booklet where it's like, it shows Kira right there. And it's like, oh my god! Like, make the connection, and 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 then they do all these episodes, and he doesn't make the connection. And I know that Rohan is in those episodes, so it's like, oh well, Rohan's busy. But it's like, but there's always an implication with these episodes that like some time has passed in between. Like you don't mm-hmm. think like, oh, that this takes place on Monday, and this episode's on Tuesday. There's there's an implication that like they're chilling in between them. So I'm constantly thinking, like, did you figure it out yet? Like, did you, you know? And then he sees the picture with the kid. Like, I don't even know when he sees that one. But um, I understand what you're saying, though. I don't know. I, just, I feel like. Once again, this is this is why I said, like, I understand that someone can watch that and not be bothered by it. Because there is a mild justification of, like, yeah, what do you expect the kids to do? But why would you even it, ask them to help in the first place if they aren't going to do anything? I mean, I, I guess they also ask for help because they are stand users. But I, the way I see it is, the way I see it is, Kira is a master at this. So, mm-hmm. like, without someone like Jotaro or Rohan mm-hmm. on the hunt, he's not. They're not going to find him because. You know, he's an escape artist. He already escaped him, like, twice by that point. And he's been yeah. doing this for 15 years. Mm-hmm. So he's probably escaped everyone in this. Right. So I believe literally Jotaro and Okiatsu, they just can't do anything. Yeah. So they leave it to Rohan, which Rohan has the capability to find him. That's why he's so uh, utilized in the second half. But mm-hmm. that's, yeah. I don't know. I feel like. That's valid. That's completely. I don't valid. think I don't think it ever got in my way. I don't, and this even it even ties into Josuke's character. Like, yeah, he's not he's not that he's not that guy. Yeah, and I feel like it would be out of character for him to just like 
dedicate all this time to, to dedicate yeah. and like I, I think we'll be out of character this is this is like if it was geo geo would dedicate all this time joro of course he would right i think even joe even if joseph joseph was in this season right it, i mean he has the hermit purple that could be useful but i feel like he'd be like hey call me when y'all find him but i don't mm-hmm. know i see what you mean but to me it doesn't it doesn't bother me yeah why didn't they use hermit purple you know so i agree with what you're saying though like your general point yeah why didn't they use hermit purple that was the whole reason why he came for chili pepper and then he uh he didn't use it either way What, what exactly does hermit purple do doesn't he just have to think about someone and then it takes a picture of where they're at You can look up the specific ability. I don't know. I feel like if he's changing, if he already changed like his appearance, I don't know if mm-hmm. it works. Maybe the maybe it's tied to the appearance. That makes sense. I, I really want to know what it does. I kind of forgot. The inability to divine information by using the object or material in conjunction with can display any information he wishes to see. So he need he need he needs uh, something. He needs something from Kira to use it. And what? they oh. they had the button, but uh, I feel like Josuke literally like fulfilled his role. Josuke. Like, yeah, because like they found the button mm-hmm. of his suit, and then he just punched it, and like that's how they found him the first time. Yeah, I guess if Josuke didn't have that ability, they would use prim- uh, purple armor. But maybe because he's fucking, he's seventy eight at this time. Maybe he doesn't even fucking can't even use it. Once again, you can make explanations for that, but they don't make explanations for that, and that's yeah. that's kind of. I understand if people can come to that conclusion themselves uh, and they can accept that themselves. I don't think I don't think that's a I'm not going to act problem. like I was thinking that the whole time though. I didn't even no, think about that like, until you said it. I think there's no way they can use Hermit Purple. Okay. Because once he changed the ability the first time they lost all trace. And then that's he true. did it again then they really lost all trace. So they had nothing in conjunction with Kira to mm. use purple. Okay. What do they have from Dio? How do they do it with Dio? Just because it was his dad's body, and he was able to do it because it was uh, maybe. Uh, maybe you should know. I know. I it's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, I watched it twice. I should. Um, that's fair. That's probably valid. Um, but once again, I knew that it clicked with you, and I know that your perspective is uh one that you've held for a while and one that is is valid and what you're saying makes a lot of sense i um i want to rewatch part four sometime in the near future subbed and i also want to read the manga because the manga it's structured a little differently and maybe the way they structured it in the manga will abide by my liking a little bit more the whole july 15th thing that's not in the manga though all those episodes are in the manga like all those battles but they aren't structured the way that they are in the show 
And I think I would like them if they were just separate and the show was just like honest about the fact that, yeah, random stand fights are happening and like these aren't really building to anything. We're just having fun. I feel like in if you just kind of had them separate, you'd be you'd be saying that. But by having this countdown timer and saying like, oh, this is building to something, you're implying that like this is all in service of this thing that's going to happen at the end. But they're not all of these fights that happen during that four part, like July 15th episode are all in isolation and they don't weave together in like a enough to the point where it, it matters. And if you're sold on the stand fights happening already, then that's probably not going to be an issue for you. But if you're someone like me and you were, you're just kind of waiting for the ending to come up, it, it's going to be frustrating. But once again, I feel like, I, well, I you will said, if, you're, it. if you're waiting, if you if you're waiting for the ending to just show yes. up, then mm-hmm. I mean, when I was watching Joe, I didn't want it to end. I don't want any JoJo ten, so I'm never waiting for the ending. So yeah, I, yeah. I never. The only time, the only time I like waited for an ending was like um, that show we watched, Michiko and Hachin. Michiko and Hachin. I was going like, to make that comparison. This felt like Michiko and Hachin. It reminded me a lot of that. Maybe because you're, uh, I think that's that's a that's a bizarre comparison, but mm-hmm. yeah. well, for the same reasons where it's like they gave you um, information, right? So in Michiko and Hachin, like, like if 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 they need to find like a little tiny piece of information in order to find them, then spread it out to a degree where I'm not going to be waiting for it like every single time. But they they show you that Kira is in his notebook like right after he kills like Shigechi. So I'm sitting there like, all right, I just want to see him like do it because I see it right there. It's like right there in my face. And then they don't for like a long ass time. And it, it like it genuinely reminded me of Michiko and Hachin. It it clicks to that uh, discussion a lot, you know, and I, I was thinking about what you were saying where like in Cowboy Bebop, it's like. You have no, in after like Jupiter Jazz, you have no reason to like want to see the ending. You want to spend as much time with these characters as you possibly can. And um, after, you know, he kills Shigechi and he's like a murderer on the run. I want to see this guy get caught. He's like a bona fide bad guy that is like, like around and, and just chilling. He did get caught though. Yeah. After like, a long time. I'm I'm saying like I want to. Sigechi, spend... Sigechi bought his his button from suit. I'm saying like after the after he killed, after he like killed the Cinderella girl and he like went into hiding and stuff. After that, not just after the shit. I know there was like a whole section after that. I mean after that section. After that section, you want them to just immediately find him. Uh, no, I wanted more stand battles. I just wanted them to justify those battles. I wanted those battles to feel intertwined with the plot and just, the conflict. So, what were you just saying, though, with Shigechi? When I I use a Shigechi thing, but I forgot about, like, that section afterwards. What, I, what I'm saying, the whole point that I've been making this whole time... No, nah, I know the that, point, but I feel like you were just talking about something way different. No, I just said Shigechi when I meant, like, after the... After after he kills like Cinderella girl, I just looped them together because they feel so close you, to me. But you made the comparison to Michiko because you wanted the show to hurry up and end. Mm-hmm. 
though I you want, want more fan battles. In the same way that I want to still chill with Michiko and Hachin, the show has done a thing that makes me desire the ending more than I desire the chilling with Michiko and Hachin. If I were to write the show and I were to create it, I would make it in a way where I wouldn't want the ending more than I want the chilling with Michiko and Hachin. That's what Cowboy Bebop does. You you get Jupiter Jazz, but Jupiter Jazz makes you not want the ending, and it makes you want to chill with the characters more. And yeah, but Jupiter Jazz is episode 12 and 13. That's, you have 12, 10 more episodes of episodic. Yeah. So I don't think... That's, that's, I think that's a reach, to be honest. What do you mean? Because you want more stand battles. Yeah. I just want, want them to more, be justified. You want, you want them to, you want them to have a reason. Yeah. But the reason is that they're there. Not only are stands attracted to each other, the, the stand users get in the way of the daily life of the investigation especially, especially rohan i feel like rohan every fight with rohan in the second half is not just a random fight and with josuke the josuke you have the alien one which is funny after that you have the highway star and that that's true but that that, that got in his way let's take and into account the, the but... rohan one with the, the the thing on his back mm -hmm. he couldn't even search after the guy because he had the thing on his back so i feel like they had meaning they didn't have meaning because Rohan was there. But I I I don't know if you had the same interpretation, but I must have just misinterpreted what the show was communicating when every single character got together and was like, "All right, we're going to find Kira." I thought that everybody was going to come back and I was going to see everyone at least like once. When the when he when Ogiyasu took his dad out of his house and brought his fucking dad, I'm like, Oh my god, is he gonna do something? Like I, I got excited. And then none of them came back. What would, what would he do against Kira? I don't know what he would do against Kira. And I'm not saying I want like 12 people in the final battle. I'm just saying that like when Rohan is being interrupted and it's like, oh, a stands fighting Rohan, Rohan can't do the investigation. It's like, all right, what about all the what about the twelve other people that you asked, you know? Again, like what what would they do? Exactly. I so, I get it. I understand. I, I don't. I. It's just hard I, for I me to accept that. And I think you saying you wanted the show to end. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. I, I I want the show to be. Do you understand what I mean when I say that? You said you want the show to. End. I don't That's hate the characters, and I don't dislike this world, and I don't dislike this story. I would like you. To tell me, to get to give me a reason to not want the show to. That's what I. I'll rephrase it in that way. I'll say exactly what I said in Michiko and Hachin. Give me a reason to not want the show to end immediately. And they didn't give me a reason to do that. When part three, I feel like does. I'm not saying that your reasoning it's is so, invalid. It's not even. I, I don't even think that's part three. Like I said, like they find Dio and he, he, they beat him like that night, and then the show's over. I feel like in this in this show, I feel like yeah, you're asking you're asking for a for, for a lot because the, the show is show. saying that it's going. You're to like be asking a lot. Goku to become like a Batman detective. That's what you're asking right now. I'm not gonna lie. That was my interpretation 
when they brought everybody to, why would you ask everybody to help if they're not going to do anything you know and I understand your perspective of like, oh, they're all stand users. And like, what if they need one at like one random point? Da, 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 da. That makes sense, you know? And that's why I say I might want to rewatch the show. Because like I said, I started this all off by saying like, it just didn't click. And this is my reasoning for why I felt like it didn't click. And your reason is not invalid, like against like what I'm saying. I'm not saying that like my thing is above your thing and like I'm right and you're wrong. Your perspective is like, I get it. That's why it keeps responding like, you know, like, I, I understand you saying that. And that's like a good, like, rebuttal to what I'm saying. I just didn't feel that way when I was watching it. And in retrospect, I still don't have that interpretation when I think about it. And yeah. I want to. I want to like it as much as you do. So I, I, I'm not being, like, you know, cynical. I'm not trying to be a hater. Um, I want to like it because I fucking love like the first half and I I was enjoying like the, the battles in the second half and I have to compare it to part three because part three literally does that. It tells you we're not done. There's nine more and you're like, let's yeah, fucking I go. Like that, and that that just makes it predictable. Predictable? What yeah. do you mean? Elaborate. It says we have nine, nine more left. Yeah. We're going to beat nine people, and then we're going to encounter deal. Whereas in part four, yeah, they're fighting these other guys, but the mm -hmm. way, the, the randomness on how they find Kira, it, that that's what makes it interesting to me, on mm -hmm. how, like, Rohan just finds Hayato, yeah. gets suspicious, just uses a Heaven's Door, and that causes his death, and that causes mm -hmm. a time loop. I find that way more interesting than... All right, we're gonna beat nine more people, and then we're gonna approach Dio. Yeah, um, that's that's how I see it. I agree. I think that is more interesting. I I just felt like I just it was hard for me to accept that because I feel like other you know I we're going in circles, but uh, yeah, it just yeah. it didn't it didn't click with me. So I'm happy. Like what you said, it had a lot of value, and like it resonated with me. Your your explanation because it, it a lot of the things that you said in the beginning contrast ways that I felt like when you said that you like those battles and what you're saying now like that makes sense and I was going into this hoping that you'd be able to defend it in that way and enlighten my perspective and you are doing that right now so um like you know don't I'm not trying to poop on your party like I I, I uh I get it and it, it makes sense to me. I understand what you're saying. And I do think it's valid. And that was that was like the main the main thing. What you said about Josuke, um, to change to another topic was um was very interesting to me. I did not really think about it that way. I I did not think about Josuke as like a punk, like, but he got the heart of gold and I did not it it that did not resonate with me as much as it did with you and hearing you talk about it was very nice and that might be large in part due to due to, due to the dub maybe it made him seem like more of an asshole and it was maybe maybe i'm just like one note but it was hard for me to feel like there were any like hard you can probably do this cuz you know 
I feel like you're capable of like answering this. So I'm going to ask you like, were there any moments where you're like, yeah, that's the Joe star blood in him. Like that's his kind heart coming out. Like, uh, Josuke. Cause I, I, I feel like there were a lot of moments of him like being like a dick, but I don't remember a lot of moments of him being like kind hearted, like dude in a way that was like as cool as Giorno or like, uh, um, Jotaro. I mean, when Kira fucked up uh, Okiatsu, and then yeah, uh, he immediately stopped stopped fighting just to uh, fucking cure him. Mm-hmm. I thought that was it. Uh, that was cool. Yeah. The fucking, I don't know. It's been a while since I watched this, so I can't yeah. do it off time. Even that, I didn't think about it really that way. Yeah, I guess he did just like stop fighting him to, to yell that. Yeah. That's cool. I didn't think about it that way. And if there's anybody that he would do that for, it would be Ogiyasu. That's pretty dope. Yeah. I I like everything that you had to say. Um and that's uh that was like the that was the main thing that I had to say. Um and I want you to really understand that I'm not saying part four is bad. I'm just saying it didn't click with me, and I want to rewatch it one day. And maybe it'll never click. Um, hopefully it will. If you're, if you're comparing it to Michiko and Hachin, at that point, I don't think you should rewatch it. <laughs> well, we'll see. I, I think I that's want... like, that's not, that's like, you, I don't think you should rewatch it. I don't think your opinion would change. I just want to see the sub because a lot, the dub detracted from my enjoyment a great deal. I was detached in, in a way with that and maybe it wouldn't change that much but we'll see um who knows i have the blu-rays um i can watch it whenever and if i'm like and like i'll do it in like a while from now like over Mm. over like five years so yeah i apologize if i made the made the discussion not fun by talking about that but you you gotta say what you gotta say Okie dokie. That's that's kind of it. Um, there was a lot that I liked though, and I want that to be clear. I loved all the stand fights. I love the highway go go. I love the the that character. I love the Michael Jackson like paper and a gun, gun in a paper, the meme. Let's kill the hoe. None of that shit works good in the dub though. It's not nearly as funny. It's just really awesome. Yeah. You know, and that's another thing. Um, a lot of the humor flies over your head because a lot of the jokes are like, oh, he said an English thing in Japanese, you know. But when he says like S-H-I-T in English, it it doesn't feel like it's a joke. It feels like the show's like playing it straight. And um, and there's a lot of moments like that. And then there's there's moments that are supposed to like lean into the absurdity, but like the voice actors are supposed to be like taking it super seriously, but also know that it's like kind of stupid at the same time. Right. So it's supposed to be like kind of a joke, but you don't deliver it as a joke. You deliver it like it's serious, but you deliver it hyper exaggerated to like, let people know like this is supposed to be kind of funny. And they didn't do that sometimes. Like when Kira was talking about like the hands and like how they make his dick hard and the dub, that wasn't very funny. But I imagine in the sub it was hilarious or it was cool or it was like weird or something. 
and it was just odd in the dub it was just very odd yeah yeah and i don't know everything else that you said all the positive stuff you said really is basically the stuff that i have to say i i think the art style is amazing compared to part i will say conceptually and aesthetically this to me is better than part three i love part three to death part three is my part four but i think like the concept of like a riverdale-esque like you know stand users in a city like there are so many stories like this where it's like kids fighting like supernatural things but in the world of jojo with stands and shit it's awesome i love that and i i think this concept works great and i think the art style is meant to reflect like you know it takes place in the 90s and it's supposed to be very it reminds me a lot of like american sitcom i was looking at like the behind the scenes on the on the blu-ray and the guy was talking about how like iraqi how like japanese towns don't really look that cool so he inspired morio on like a like suburban western like american like town and like the architecture and stuff and i thought that was like like i felt that when i watched the show um and i feel like the color palette is very reminiscent of like something that i would see on like family guy or something uh, maybe family guy is not a great example or the simpsons is a better comparison like the i want you like ending animation that's like the opening animation of the simpsons where it like goes through the city it's like the exact same thing and like they add people each time i think that's really thoughtful and i thought it made it brought the the city more life and um i feel like there's like thought put into like the the architecture of the city like i feel like they 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 placed things and they like knew where things were and they it feels alive it feels like morio is like a character um and that worked extremely well for me uh the art style was great the directing was fantastic i thought that they took like a lot of things that were not in part three and they just like went their own route that i thought was cool as shit like there's so many like transitions shots like sometimes some it's hard to explain like the camera moves in ways that it like has never moved before in jojo it doesn't operate like a normal camera it like has transitions if someone closes a door it it doesn't the or if someone opens a door it'll open a door into not the hallway but into like the next scene and shit like that is cool they never do stuff like that in jojo and there's a lot of aesthetic differences in that sense that i appreciated and it felt like you know if we're going to adapt this into an anime we're going to make it cool and we're going to make the anime a worthwhile experience outside of it just being a one-to-one of the manga and they did that there was a lot of things that they did differently with the openings and with the july 15th um series of episodes and i thought those two aspects were dope and everything else i feel like you basically uh you basically said the soundtrack was amazing soundtrack is fantastic and i think it's better than it resonated with me more than the part five soundtrack i don't know if i'd say it's better than part three but it's a fresh change of pace than part three soundtrack and I guess that's all I got. I think that's everything. Yeah. Alrighty. Uh, do you have a, 
Do you have a favorite episode? I wanted to ask that. It's probably the alien one. It's probably the alien or um, or the first the first encounter with Kira by my favorite. Yeah, that's valid. And the, when they use the button to find him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okie dokie. I think the alien might be my favorite. That was the one that I liked the most. All right. Yeah, we can we can talk about uh, the the spinoff. Oh yeah, yeah. Rohan, they're doing a live action one, <laughs> which is very interesting. I don't know why. I don't know how that will translate into live action. I want to see him use Heaven's Door <laughs> in live action. That would be funny. Hold on. Um, yeah. The episode with the the, the best the, episode. The, Go with ahead. the workout guy. That's the best one. Yeah, the Herm the Hermes. Yes. The Hermes guy. Mm-hmm. That episode was fire. Have you seen um anything by Junji Ito? Have you watched the Junji Ito collection? Okay. It was because Jojo, a lot of horror elements. It reminds me a lot of Junji Ito. And that episode feels straight out of a Junji Ito comic. And it's cool mm. as shit. It's dope as fuck. That's the best yeah, one. Yeah. That, that episode's really good. He had fucking the back muscles. Yeah. The, there's an implication that he's like, like he's developing a stand out of sheer will, like based yeah. on how they present it. And I thought that was cool as fuck. Like that's, that's what OVAs are about. You, you do shit that like they wouldn't do in the show. And Rohan is hilarious. Like, I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know that he was so powerful. That was, and they did a reference to the JoJo video game. Like, the JoJo video game on the Dreamcast. It shows, like, health bars. And, like, it's the same health bar in from the game that they use in that. And I was like, oh, my God. That's so cool. Um, yeah. They didn't need to do that, but they did. There's a bunch of, there's a bunch of funny shit in the episode. Like, he, he just, like, robbing his girlfriend of money and shit. <laughs> yeah, that was great. That was good. <laughs> Honey, did you did you what did you do <laughs> on a wall? Like, oops, did I do that? Yeah, that was fantastic. It was it was the perfect amount of funny and scary like at the same time. Yeah, he like increasingly got scary. Mm-hmm. Then he like, and then like he he did something where it was like him or Rohan were gonna die on the thing. Yeah, he threw the weight like backwards. Yeah. So that the glass would break. And Rohan was like, no, if I slip, I'm going to die. Yeah. And then Rohan was like, he didn't even look down. So you don't know if he died or not. So it's like even scarier. Yeah, he, he definitely did not die. I, hopefully he gets referenced somewhere. I know. Somewhere. I know. That'd be cool. Apparently be there so are cool. a lot more stories because the way they numbered them, it's like they picked yeah. stories from like the manga. Yeah, yeah I noticed that. Hmm. Yeah. Hopefully that dude comes back. Rohan? No, fucking that guy. That guy? Hopefully in some fashion. I know. It's hilarious. That's so... That would be so goaded if you were in a manga and you... If you were in an OV... Like a spinoff manga and you came into the main series because you were that goaded. That's... That's S tier. (laughs) What do you think of the other episodes? I liked the confessional one. I thought that one was funny. And like crazy and cool. The first one? Yeah. 
Yeah. I like that one a lot. That, was, that, one, that was a good start to the show. Yeah. The other two I was not crazy about. I didn't... Uh, I wasn't crazy about them. The other... I. It's hard to even remember them. I literally have to like sit down and go like, what were they? The other one, I know it was... They was uh, they went. They were trying to buy a house, but like they had to have like manners and shit. Yeah, <clears throat> that one takes a while to get started. It takes them a while to get to the house, and that was bothering me. But when they do get to the house, it's kind of cool. But compared to the other two, it's like not nearly as. Yeah, like, those two definitely stood out. And then the other one with the uh, ghost that kills a random person in front of you and blames you for it but it's a ghost that does it that one conceptually i just didn't think was cool um i thought the i thought the whole like oh i killed someone and their head is leaking and i have to like like make sure that no one finds out i thought that is cool but the fact that like a ghost is doing that that seems really elaborate and very specific for a ghost to do it's like, come on. And does blood leaking, like, insinuate, like, oh, like, we're we're doing the leaky blood thing so that, you know, you get framed for it and you can't hide the fact that this person, like, fell in a row. Like, just because someone is constantly bleeding doesn't necessarily mean that you did it. It's It's a very specific thing that feels very weird for a ghost to do. I don't even like really remember that episode. <laughs> exactly. It I I don't really even remember it either. I have to like think about it every time I every time I uh think about it. But yeah, the last one was definitely the best one. Yeah. I'm glad I'm that, glad I watched it. That one was very good. Mm-hmm. It's always nice to see <laughs> Rohan again. It's very after watching part four, I'm like, yeah, I understand why this guy's like the the favorite uh because he's 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 in it the most and he he's like he is the best character out i will say that he is the best character out of all the other people in part four like the side characters at least he is Mm -hmm. the best one so it was nice seeing him again because i do love rohan heaven's door yeah yeah he is but to me he has a slight edge on okiatsu Mm mm-hmm Yeah. Rohan. Yeah, he's definitely the best one. Fuck. Yeah. Let me just do this for face. Playing Fuck. 2K? <laughs> no. I was signing into my face, but now I'm done. Um, um Yeah, that's That's all I got to say about that one. I don't have too much. Yeah, it was Hopefully we get more episodes. Yeah, yeah I hopefully. noticed the episode count was like all over the place, so. Mm. Be cool to get some new ones. Yeah, that would be dope. There's a bunch of JoJo spinoffs, so I wonder if they would do any on any other characters. Um, no other JoJo has the format of Part Four, where it's like, yeah, they're all still alive and they're all just chilling and they're doing their own thing, you know? Like Rohan, he's he's probably not gonna come back in the main story, like ever. So he has more. He's more susceptible to spinoffs because like this is the only way that we're gonna see him again. But, yeah, hopefully. All right. Uh, the JoJo live action was cool. I don't really have anything to say about it, but I actually surprisingly liked it. 
I didn't watch it. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about. Do you have a song from part four? I should ask you that. Is there like a song that like you listen to that's not the openings, like in the soundtrack, or that's something that you don't do? Okay. Nah, I listen. Not, I, don't, I don't. I don't really do that unless okay. it's like Cowboy Bebop. That's fair. I did that all the time for part four. The main theme of part four, like Josuke's theme, is so good. It's so great. Okay, I love I love uh, Koichi's theme as well. Koichi's theme is is great. Giorno's theme is crazy. Yeah, is it Giorno's theme though, or is it just the theme of the show? That's something I want to get into, because I don't feel like we can we can get into that. Do you want to start talking about part five right now? What? What would like? What would you just saying? Well, um, I one thing that I loved about part four and part three is that characters have their own theme. When Kakuin was doing some shit, it would play his song. It, when when Joe when Jotaro does shit, it plays his song. They literally bring it back in part four. They bring back the soundtrack from part three and they play his song when he kicks Kira's ass at the end. Um, when Josuke kicks ass, it's his song. When Ogiyasu, his song. Koichi etc when Gior- like they don't play Giorno's theme only when Giorno fights they play Giorno's theme in a lot of other people's fights and I think that strips it strips a lot of uh appeal that made that made the theme so good because it felt like they were tied to the characters it doesn't feel like Giorno's theme it just feels like everybody's theme it feels like the theme that the show just plays whenever it wants yeah I never I never really noticed that hmm from what I remember, I thought it was only for him. Yeah, he barely fights, in my opinion, compared to Josuke, especially. Josuke, he's in he's he's in like every episode in Part Four. And Giorno, if you were to look at all the fights, I feel like Giorno is in like maybe three, including the last one. It's very surprising. But. Do you have anything to say about part five, especially when comparing it to uh, part four? Because I know that you were making comparisons before, and I have a lot to say about part five as well. Uh, I'll let you go. You let me go? Yeah. Well, conceptually, I think this shit is cool as fuck. I, was, I did not know what part five was about. So when I found out it was in Italy, and when I found out it was about the mafia, I was like, let's go. This is dope as shit. And I do really like Giorno. And the reason why I like Giorno is because he is, he is like, he, you, you made the comparison that he's like Jotaro where he's like, he's super serious and like, he's super good natured. Um, but he's also like really quiet and he doesn't talk that much. Um, but there were other attributes to his character that I thought made him really unique. One of the things that they say about Dio is that Dio was charismatic and he could charm anybody like like it was nothing. And that's what they say about Giorno. And I thought that was like really cool how that played into his character and like what he does in part five and how he courts people. But he does it in like a good way and not a bad way. And I thought that was really nice. Um, I think his ability is fantastic. I think his ability in the same way that Josuke's... Yeah, 
Josuke's ability is like healing people, and that ties into his good nature, right? Because that's his will. And uh, Giorno's ability is he values life. And um, I think it's really cool that his stand power is to create life. I think he has a very unique ability, and I think it's really cool that he's Dio's son. Um, yeah. And the reason why he acts like a Joestar and he has traits of Dio, but he doesn't have the evil heart of Dio is because Dio fucked somebody with, <laughs> you know, Joestar sex. <laughs> it's like, it's Joestar sperm. Um, so ultimately he is a Joestar technically. Um, and I think that's conceptually awesome. Like I would never expect that um, from this show from like Jojo in general. And like you said, the crew is fucking amazing. Everybody's yeah. awesome. Like Narancha, Fugo, yeah. um, uh, Bacchio. They do have the best designs, all of them. Yeah. And I like the story. I like the, uh, the story of like, all right, we're going to fight the mob boss and we're going to, we're going to like try to take him down and we're going to tr try to climb up these ranks. It's it's scary to start your story like that because when you start your story like um with with like such a grand statement, it feels like if this wanted to be an entire like anime on its own, it could. And if they wanted to stretch it out like I don't know, isn't like that the plot of Tokyo Revengers? Like he like wants to become the boss. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like if they wanted to make it like a Tokyo Avengers thing and just this was the story, they could. So it's a little scary because being that it's condensed to 40 episodes, it's like, is it going to be good or is it going to feel underwhelming? And I think for what it was, it was good. And I did like it. So I was happy about that. I like Trish too. Um, I like Mista. I like his stand. Um, I love the story of like, you know, like they have to find the boss and they have to like deliver his daughter and then they want decide to save his daughter like after the fact. Um, and, you know, we were comparing it to part four and part three. And I'll say this. Part five is in so many ways a carbon copy of part three. There are a lot of things that part five does that part three does that I really like about part three. But part five... Um, they do some of them like just as good as part three and they do some of them not as good as part three. And there's a lot, um, part five is like, we are trying to find this, the, the boss, like the, the big bad guy at the end. And part five is, you know, it's like mafia and there's more going on than part three, but they're hunting a guy and they're fighting people along their way that are preventing them from stop from fighting this guy and are getting actively in their way and like making things more difficult. Like as they take vehicles in part three, one of the coolest things is that they go on a plane and they have to get off the plane and they can't take planes anymore because stand users attack them on planes. They take a plane, stand user attacks them on a plane. They take a train, stand user attacks them on a train. And I was like, Hmm. Okay. These tricks worked on me in part three and I love part three so much that they'll work on me again. But, you know, just inherently because you're retreading the same ground, it doesn't have the same amount of charm because it feels like you're you're playing the same tricks on me. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I liked that element, but I also was like, damn, like I only like it because it's so similar to like that other thing. Um, that was one of the big things. And, you know, in the structure, I feel that way, but I also feel that way in terms of the, uh, the final battle. I feel like, or, or not just the final battle, but like the deaths, the deaths in part three. I, when I watched that the first time I was sold on everything. When Avdol gets shot by whole horse, I was like, he's dead. He's dead. He's not coming back. He's fucking dead. And then he comes back and I'm like, oh my God, what the fuck? And then when Kakuin, like when Avdol dies by Vanilla Ice and Iggy like gets his shit fucked up. And even when people don't die, when Kakuin gets his like eyes like fucking sliced, Kakuin gets his eyes sliced and like that, he's like incapacitated for like a grip. Like that's so crazy to me that that happened to him. And like that's... um like like such a harsh consequence you know and one of the crazy parts about part three is that characters like died on the journey like you wouldn't expect that you'd expect like everybody to be alive for the final battle but people got hurt and even if they didn't die even if it was like a fake out it was convincing and you believed it um because it was executed well and based on the deaths that you've seen before you know the show is not afraid to kill people but you, the show's never taken that big of a leap to where it killed one of the main side dudes mad early. And it's daring and it's like different, but it's also believable. You don't think the show is fucking with you because the show has not fucked with you before. And, you know, if Avdol were to die, is it that big of a deal? Not really. He is disposable. He could die now and the series could keep going. So you believe it. In part five, when, they, when Mista like has a fake out death, where the dude like shoots him like point blank and you're supp- and they do the thing where it's like oh his soul is like leaving his body and like it shows like the dust i know mista's not going to die at like mm-hmm. in, at that point cuz mista at that point was like w- the most likable character in the show he was like the best one and he had that awesome fight like literally like five like less than 5 episodes ago i'm like you're not going to kill him there's no way and it's that's what I'm saying. Like they're trying to recapture the magic of part three, but it's, it doesn't work as much. And like, I know that they weren't going to kill Mista and they didn't, you know, they obviously didn't. And, um, and then at the ending, it's like in part three, they start chopping, you know, they start killing people like flies, Avdol, Iggy, Kakuin. And same thing happens in part five. They start killing people like flies and you just kind of see it coming from like a, a mile away sometimes and it doesn't have nearly as much impact because it's more predictable this time because you know they're just copying part three but the reason why it worked in part three is because like that never happened before you know you didn't think that they were going to do that before um i mean it happens in every jojo by the time they get to the final fight someone dies so i I would i wouldn't hold it against I don't hold it against it in part five. Yeah. I do agree with you what you're saying about Mista, though. Mm-hmm. That's fair. I don't, really, I don't hold them dying in five. I don't really hold, them, hold it against them. Yeah. I, I'm not saying um, that, like, like I when... want all of them to survive. But, oh, um, hold on. Hold on. 
you're you're right about the like not holding it against it thing but there was i wanted to say something very specific about abakio's death but i need to abakio's death didn't um i didn't like the way he died because they don't explain why he's you know in a horror movie when like you're like don't go in there i was literally sitting there like like you know when Budarachi and Narancha, it's like they walk away it's like don't walk away like i know what you're doing like don't do that please and the reason why they walk away to me in that moment it i was not convinced that like they had a good reason to walk away i felt like they know that like they're I, I mean, I guess at the time they didn't know there was a threat, but like they know that they shouldn't be like alone at all, right? They were literally saying it in that scene, like we need to stick together, like don't go up there in Arancha. And Arancha's like, why not? We got to go up there. And then they leave Abakio by himself when he's doing the thing that they were building up to the whole show. The whole show is building up to this moment where it's like they find out who the boss is and they leave him alone, like right when he figures it out that's so crazy to me and giorno and mista there's no explanation as to where they were they just weren't there and then they come by like last minute it's like what the fuck where where did they go why weren't they with them there's no explanation for that and i was like dude part three would never pull some shit like that the reason why part three resonates with me so much is because every death i'm sold i'm convinced it makes sense it the dude didn't die because he was stupid it he died like because i because the character did something that i believe the character would do and i'm convinced you know like Mm -hmm. i'm sold on it it's clicking with me it's it's resonating with me the way it wants to the intention of the scene is is working and that's the way you speak about part four and how it resonates with you more than any other show does because you're sold in all the deaths you're sold in all the twists that's how part three is for me. And part five just misses the point of what made the part three ones so good. Like Abakio specifically, it's like, like when, when Kakuin died, I felt like Kakuin did everything he could. I was like, right. yeah, like there's no way he could have survived that. He didn't do anything, anything stupid. When, when Avdol died, I felt like Avdol did everything he could. I felt like Iggy did everything he could. I didn't feel like, like, that's that's what makes JoJo death so good. Um, I've started to realize a trend where like no character goes out like a bitch. Like literally no character ever. It's like he won't write any characters like that. But he writes. Yeah. Um, but sometimes when he does a fake out death, it's like, oh, yeah, he did go out like a bitch. And that's like a tell. It's like, oh, so it's a fake out because he just died like a bitch. Like that's there's no way. There's no way he just died right there. Like that was. That was terrible. When they like killed Polnareff and it's like, oh, Polnareff's dead. He's like actually dead. It's like, there's no way. Polnareff would not die like that. Like that's such a bitch way for him to go out, you know? And, you know, the passion that you, the vigor that you have for part four um, is the vigor that I have for part three. And I love part three because I'm sold on those moments and I'm just not for part five. And, uh, you know, we talk about you talk about how part four has a great um like like reverse. I don't think the reverse that was me. That was my mic, if you heard like a clicking sound. Wait, what? 
I don't know. You looked at me like very startled, and I was like, and I made a sound with my mic, and I thought that you heard something, and I just wanted. I was just telling you what it was. But anyways, part five. The reverse is not as good as part three or part. Someone in the opening. Yeah, in the opening. Because um, the context for when they play it is not as good as when they play it in part four and when they play it in part three. Like they they start they played it when they played it in part four they played it right when he used bites the dust and right when uh -huh. everything got fucked up so when he does bites the dust in the opening it coincides with the fact that he just did it in the um in the whatchamacallit in the show, in the show? yeah and i just i don't even remember i i didn't take notes on this specifically but i remember they did the reverse one when when they met at the coliseum but he didn't kill anybody yet and he didn't like like do anything like super crazy so it when 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 they do bites the dust uh, i don't i don't i don't i don't think you're right on that one okay because if they did that then they would spoil they would spoil giorno getting his requiem no his so. requiem well there's two different ones there's requiem okay. There's the Requiem one, and then there's the one where it's like Diavolo like shows his body, like and he does like a, and he like breaks time. So okay. when Diavolo reveals himself, the reveal in the show is not like strong enough to where like oh he show they're showing it in the opening now. It's not like it's not as it's not crazy enough to where the opening has. A lot of impact and the way it coincides like the timing of it where it's like oh he got revealed in the show now they're gonna play it in the opening his reveal in the show happened in the last episode and he was in it for like half of it and he like already kills Polnareff by that point so it's like the reveal is long gone like that the euphoria of that reveal is and what he looks like like his character design is you know the feeling has like washed away while in bites the dust when they play the opening, it's like right when you when they reveal what bites the dust is and what he does, and it's it's it ties in really well. But Requiem is good. Re when they reveal Requiem in the show, they reveal Requiem in the opening, um, and it is good in that sense. But that's like after the fact, and I don't know. Maybe that's why they did the Diavolo opening, like kind of half-assed or like kind of in a weird way because they knew it was building towards the requiem opening and they wanted to service that more than the diavolo uh reverse but the um the requiem thing didn't impact me as much because i was sour from the diavolo thing and then when requiem popped up i was like okay that's cute and what did you think about requiem did you like requiem i'm talking about the stand like the, I'm gonna I'm gonna double back into the. Go ahead. I'm gonna double back into the the opening. Yeah. Me personally, I think, I think, the part five where like, where you see the, the change in the opening. Mm -hmm. I think I think this one is. Cooler than part three's. Mm. I don't know. I like because I, I like how he's like talking. 
I'm not looking at it right now. You can barely hear him, and that also pisses me off. He's talking, and I can't even hear his voice. And part three, the audio cuts out, and it's like, like you hear Dio's footsteps, and he's like says Zawardo, and he like overpowers the song. I think it's cool that he's talking, and I think it's not cool that I can't hear him. Like the music is like louder than his voice. But, but the in the the last version. Mm-hmm. Like that one is the requiem. That one's so cool. Mm-hmm. Speaking Spanish in this one, though. Oh, I actually forgot what the requiem one was like. Where he's like doing the where he's in his time stop, but requiem like activates his thing while he's in his time stop. So he does like the look back, look back, look back, look back. Yeah, that, yeah, that was. That and was then, pretty fantastic. Giorno, Giorno does the Dio pose, too. Does he? I didn't even notice. <laughs> Show me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah. Hell no. <laughs> I think... Yeah, this one, this one's epic. I'm gonna lie. Yeah, that one's good. And I guess the Diavolo. If I was gonna rank them, it would be. I'll put the part four, this one, and the part three. The mm-hmm. part three one is crazy. Mm-hmm. They're all crazy, but I do I like, like this one. This one is Diavolo doing his thing, and then he gets countered. Yeah, this one's epic. This one's I... almost as good as part four. Really? No, it's like. It's so cool. It is. Cool. He does. The, he does the the deal thing. I. That's interesting. I um. I feel like bites the dust. I think. I think one thing that kind of plays into my perspective on like Diavolo. I think bites the dust is cooler than uh, Emperor Crimson. Oh yeah. I think it's a cooler power. Um, I think it. It's not only is it. I don't think it's a cooler power. I think the way the way part four is structured makes it cooler. Yeah. Now, like you don't know what he has, and then he gets when you when he stabbed he gets stabbed again. You just yeah. you don't know what he has. Now you're scared. I feel like if if he only had Bice the Dust versus King Crimson, I think King Crimson alone is cooler, but. I think the way the way it is used in part two is better. I mean part four. Hmm. I think that uh I think that bites the dust. When I think about like how it applies to like the battles or like I know that bites the dust is not like a fighting thing, but like, you know, the the final confrontation, it's structured perfectly, but conceptually when you like make up the idea for bites the dust that and you tell the audience like hey this is how it works right that's how that's the reveal you tell the audience like bites of dust is this power and this is like how it works and like how the fuck are they going to circumvent it you don't know here's the opening where he uses it and he does that and like everything's fucked that has so much impact and to me diavolo's power doesn't have that kind of like oh fuck he can do this in the fight with uh, Budarachi, where like he like obliterates time or whatever, Budarachi like hits him in that like mode, like when he's doing like his thing, 
And I feel like his power is just, I can see the future and I know what attack you're going to do and you can't prevent me from knowing. But if you know what attack he's going to do, then you're good. You know, it's like if you can predict what he's going to do to what you're going to do, then you're fine. And they do that a lot in part five. Like they do that to circumvent his ability all the time. And I'm just saying for the main bad guy compared to Dio and Bites the Dust, how it's applied in this show. Like you said, I really like what you said. Like the way it's used in part four is really cool. I think the way it's used in this, it's as cool as they can make it. But I don't think it's as cool as uh, as Dio. I think the idea of like, oh, I can obliterate time and I can spectate what's going on in the world and I can dictate like my what my fate in all of this. I think that sounds cool, but in execution, it's just like, okay, well, if I know what attack you're going to do, I'll be fine. And that happens a lot. And it's it makes the fights like not as tense and like scary as bites the dust or the world because with the world it's like this nigga can stop time and he can punch me like while time is stopped what the fuck am i gonna do you know i see what you mean but i think i i like i like dio more than diablo but i I like king crimson more i think it's because not it has a lot to do with the part five as well because Popeye has a lot, a lot to do with fate, and I like how his abilities just mm. tied into that that theme of the the part. Just like how Part Four is like, it's not really a theme, but like his powers are for him to survive, right? And deals, deals is just, huh? I think it it's tied to his character specifically, and it it's his motivations are in contrast to the main theme of the show so i do think it does tie into the theme like i do think it's like or, you know what part four? yeah what you were saying about part four. Well, yeah but you know i feel like deals deals is cool when like it when he kills cat queen but mm-hmm. after that i don't know after that, I don't, I don't, he starts it, it, fighting Jotaro, and he realizes that Jotaro is using Star Platinum, so he has to get creative, and he like uses the knives, and then it's like, what the fuck's Jotaro's gonna do? Like time stopped, and it, then it's. I think it's, it's it's um. I think it's more scary to me. Uh, if I was gonna rate, I I think I, I think I like King Crimson more. Okay. I think I never made the connection of like fate and like how it ties into the the show, so that does make it cooler. Like just by you saying that. Yeah, because just like the last episode with the mm-hmm. with the stone with the philosophy, yeah. fucking, you know, when the stone touches you, like you're supposed to die peacefully. That's how the stone is following Bruno, but uh, Mister destroys it, thinking he, he's gonna cause Bruno's death. But then him destroying it delays Bruno's death. That's why he doesn't die initially to King Crimson. Yeah. But him destroying the rock made Narancia and Abaccio's face on the rock. So mm-hmm. he like changed their fate to die as well. Yeah. Uh, I think it all I think it all ties in nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's pretty cool. Yeah. Did you like the philo- I think that ties into the themes and that's pretty dope. Uh, did you like, were you upset by that episode because it 
did you feel like Mista like caused the death of like Narancha and Abakia? They do explain it in a way where it's like, you know, like, oh, well, he was trying to save Budarachi and his intent was righteous and that's what matters. And I, I, I'm okay with that. Like that, that worked enough for me. That it, it works for me because this is one. There's no way he knew he was everything he did. Everything he didn't make sense. Yeah. And honestly, they they needed Bruno to not die like mm-hmm. initially. So yeah. I guess he saved everyone. Mm-hmm. He had to sacrifice a little more. I now, love. I like it, it was, was like alive. it was like Mista fighting against fate, mm-hmm. and he didn't give up on his friend. Yeah. So I really like that episode. I thought it was one of the best. Mm-hmm. And I like how it's the last episode and not like at the beginning, you know? Yeah. It makes sense why it's the last episode. Do you feel like it kind of uh, weirdly breaks up the pacing? How like there's a whole episode, like a whole fight, like at the end, like after they beat the main bad guy. Do you find that to be a little weird or did that just blend in perfectly with you? Uh, it was cool to me. I don't know. I like I like I like that episode. Mm-hmm. I like the connection. If it was just a random fight, yeah, but I like the connection it had, and it, it reveals it reveals why Bruno didn't die, mm-hmm. like initially. Yeah, that's what you're thinking the whole time. Like, why didn't this do this fucking perish? But that tells you why. So I thought it was pretty good. That's fair. That's fair. I I felt like it was it was. It was like a full episode, like after, and I thought that was weird. But I also felt like the purpose of it was un- understandable, so I, I accept it because it was kind of cool in the ending. Um, yeah. I my biggest problem with Go- with Golden Wind is is the ending. I I feel like there are a lot of things that don't get fulfilled. I feel like, um, for for starters. How does Diavolo get into that like endless loop of like dying? They there's an implication that it's like Requiem's ability, but they never explain it. And Diavolo was like kind of escaping, and then Re- and then someone stabbed him, and then he like he after that guy stabbed him, he like from that point on was in this like fictional. It was I don't know what the fuck happened. He just keeps dying over and over again. And then there's probably there might be an explanation. It might be one of those like I'm stupid moments, but it was weird. I they they like didn't explain it like when it happened. Maybe he said it when he was using Requiem like in the time mode, where it's like you know. I don't um, know. I think I think that ties into fate as well because mm-hmm. the Requiem power general gets. It lets him con- instead of like it lets him control. It lets him control fate itself. So the way I see it is, he, he, he fucked up Diablo, and he he messed up. He fucked up his fate to keep dying repeatedly, and it's it's funny because Diablo has the power to look in the future and try to dodge his fate, but this. Since he's controlling his faith, is this like an in- inevitable cycle of dying? Oh. So um, that's why I see it. That makes sense. So it's like, and that's that cool. is, it goes again. Like 
um, Gio, Gio needed this power to beat Diablo. So, like, it's just, it's like another thing of, like, he needed something to change fate. So, it's like he fought against fate again. Mm-hmm. Not again, but he, it's like him fighting against yes. fate. Yeah. That's pretty yeah, cool I, the way I, you explained I, it. The, the Requiem power is fucking OP as shit. <laughs> I... I um I never saw it that way. Like maybe I just missed a line, but I didn't know like that's what it was. I thought his power was like just a reverse of the other guy's power. And I was like, "Huh? It's kind of lame." But that makes it sound so much cooler what you just said. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he controls, he can control some state. So, he's pretty much the most broken JoJo character. <laughs> yeah. And he, and he, he, he was literally he'd beat anyone in the show to be honest. Mm-hmm. That's very fitting for Dio's offspring. <laughs> That's cool as shit, yeah, man. But it's it's too bad that to me Geo's is not that interesting. Mm. I still love part five, but I I, I, love, I love part five for everything other than Dio. I mean Geo. Like the I, only thing he has going for him is that he's Dio son. I feel like um, the character itself is really interesting, but they don't give him a lot to do. He's, ba- I feel like he's barely in the show. There are times where he pops up, and I'm like, oh yeah, like <laughs> I forgot that you were here. <laughs> I feel like Budarachi is more of the main character than than Giorno. Yeah, I, 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 I like picture putting Josuke in his in like part five, in mm-hmm. like how he would be with you know these characters. Yeah, and I don't know. I feel like Josuke would like thrive off these characters. Yeah, I don't feel imagine, like imagine Josuke, Okiatsu, Polonareff, and fucking Easter. <laughs> I know. <laughs> part, part ten. <laughs> yeah, Polonareff's in a fucking turtle using star fucking what's his name, Silver Chariot. Yeah. Yeah. Part five. Uh, I I want to I want to rewatch part five. Mm-hmm. So I get the theme. The theme's all about fate, and I get. I think I get every part of it, but there's not much I remember. Mm-hmm. So honestly, it's I want to rewatch. Yeah, I want to rewatch part two, four, and five. Yeah, you part have one, part one and three. I forget it. Deeper understanding and perspective on JoJo than I do. So I would love if you rewatched part two. Because um, one thing I didn't say this about part four, um, I feel like the pacing uh, is is slower than part three. It feels more like anime pacing. You know when you watch like Naruto or Dragon Ball and it's like it's like slower than most shows. It felt like that in part four. And it wasn't that big of a deal uh, when I was into the show because like the plots were so good that like, yeah, it's kind of slow and it takes a while to get to it. But... I like these stories anyways, so I'll put up with it. Um, I also felt that way. Actually, hold on. No, I did not feel that way about part five at all. Part five did not have bad pacing and it had pacing similar to part three, which was another thing that I liked about it. I was like, this, this feels like it doesn't feel like my time is being wasted. I feel like part four Eve, despite my criticisms of like you know those episodes feeling like slow or like being unnecessary 
without cutting any content, I feel like part four, you could have chopped like a lot of minutes off of that series. Um, and I feel like part five is just good. Like, I don't feel like there's any time wasted. Um, I feel like part four, it, I don't think it slowed me personally, but I feel like maybe that's why they have the best characters. Maybe. Slow. And they spend time with them? Because to be honest, yeah, because yeah. part that's three, true. part three. That's fair. Uh, I think I think what you're me. saying reflects on what you valued versus what I valued. I I liked the characters, but I valued the fights more than the characters, and I think I was upset that the fights were taking long more than so maybe you maybe it means more to you when the characters get to talk more and they get to like make jokes and do funny stuff more than like the fight like progressing or like the episode ending, you know? Yeah, I mean mm -hmm. Why did Rohan get a spinoff? Because exactly, they gave him more time. Yeah, honestly, I feel like I feel like every JoJo should be like part four. Because mm. like honestly, with Avdol, like I don't remember shit about him. Mm -hmm. Abaki, I don't remember shit about him. Right. I don't know. With part four, I remember vividly like every single character. Yeah, that's completely and fair. It's more about I, the characters than the fights. Yeah, I think that makes the character the show just way better. Mm-hmm. That is very understandable. That's yeah. valid. Um, what else about part five? I feel like I think it's really funny how Ponaref was able, like a big, I thought a big part of the show was also like souls. There was a lot of shit with like your soul and what it means to like have a soul. Journal's whole power is, is like centered around like these animals act from their own free will. I don't control them. Um, so I felt like that was kind of a theme in some sense. Like it played a role in the story. And I think it's funny how Polnareff got to stay in the turtle. And the turtle went inside Polnareff's dead body. And then when everybody switched back to their bodies, the turtle doesn't switch back to his own body. Because the implication is that the turtle's life doesn't matter as much as Polnareff's. <laughs> and it's it's funny because a dog... They show people on the street and it's like, oh, a dog switched with a human and the human switched back into his human, into like his human body and the dog switched back into his dog body. It's like, how come that got to happen? But Polnareff gets to take the turtle's body. That's kind of mean. <laughs> that's not fair. That's how, that's how I felt. Turtle's probably up in fucking golden wind. Like, no. Oh. <laughs> um, I didn't even remember that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really small country. I love Polnareff, so I'll fucking accept it. <laughs> Polnareff's a turtle. I'll take it. But, um, yeah. And there were, once again, I, there were so many beats, just like part three. When Budarachi died, he did, like, the... He did the fucking... The Joseph thing, where he's, like, a ghost. And he, like, talks to Giorno. And Giorno's like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm saying that. Like, it's the... There are so many moments that are just like that. And I just remembered that right now. Um, and... I, it's hard for me not to compare it to part three, um, yeah. in that sense, but I still love these characters and I still love their designs and I, the story is so much more unique than part three. So it gets, it gets a lot of brownie points for being, for being unique in that sense. Uh, Hold 
I love all the stuff with the arrow and the explanations for like where it came from. Yeah. I like I like the arrows added to the story. Yeah. I really liked that Polnareff came back. That was something I did not get spoiled on. And I was like, that made me very happy because Polnareff was like my Polnareff I think Polnareff's my favorite character. So seeing him come back was awesome. And I also watched part five dubbed. And I wasn't I don't really like the dub, like like all the characters and stuff. I don't think it really resonated with me that much. But I am so happy I watched the dub because I love Polnareff's dub voice actor. And when I heard Polnareff on the computer, I was like, oh my god, that's Polnareff. Like, I wonder if people who watch the sub recognized Polnareff's voice on the computer and knew it was Polnareff before he showed up. I don't know. Maybe that, maybe it was just like something that you'd notice if you watched the dub. But that was dope. I wonder if, I wonder if people noticed that. Yeah. Um, Interesting. This was also another one of those things where watching the dub made the jokes fly over my head. Um, a lot of the jokes that are kind of built on like, this is just weird for the sake of being weird, don't really work in this, like at all. Like when you watch the dub, you take the dialogue very seriously because they're speaking in English and like they're delivering it seriously. So when mm. weird shit happens, it's like, it, it's, it's off-putting, honestly. Like... When the torture dance popped up, I was like, oh, they're doing the, this is the thing that I, like, I've heard all, a bunch about. Okay, here, here it comes. And it's very out of place when you watch the dub. I feel like when you watch the sub, it'll feel like it fits there more. But when I watched the dub, I was like, huh? Why are they dancing? <laughs> I feel like I would accept it if it was subbed, you know? Um, yeah. And that's why I keep talking about part four. Like, maybe if I watched it subbed, I would... I don't know. Maybe I'd think different. I don't know. I don't know. It 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 detracted from the experience more than you think. So, because it wasn't just the jokes. It was like the feel of JoJo. Like it it didn't feel like JoJo. It felt like I was watching almost a different show. And I don't know why part three works so much. I think part three, the, the pieces just fell in place. Like the oh my God joke works so well because Richard Epcar's performance is like still over the top and it it's it's just it it isn't too far off the joke like would work in an english language you know let's kill the hoe the voice actor doesn't deliver it in a way that makes it absurd right you know when he delivers oh my god it's like oh yeah it's still absurd and weird that he's saying that right now <clears throat> and that's why i will check out part 4 again um and part and honestly, part five, like I need to rewatch both of these subbed because I, I experienced the lesser versions, but I'm happy that I watched them dubbed because they had some good voices. I think Diavolo, when, when he would do the, that shit was funny as hell. I thought that shit was fun as fuck. I, don't even I love that. Remember. I don't even know what she's talking about, to be honest. The Diablo had like a multi personality thing, and like his, the nice side, when he would talk to Diavolo, he would pretend like a phone was ringing and he'd go, doo -doo 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 -doo, like just randomly, like oh. out of nowhere. And he would do it like in every single setting as if it was like normal. So 
you know, he'd be like, he'd be like with the bad guys. He'd be like, I'm about to fucking kill you, bad guy. Uh, Hold on. I'm getting a phone call. Yes, do you have a look? Like he did it like in the fight with like the hitman. Where he's like, I need to find my phone. I thought that was, that was hilarious. That was great. Yeah. See, I don't even remember that. That's funny to yeah. watch. Part five. Yeah. And you watched part five before part four, right? Yeah. Mm. Strangely. That's so interesting. Yeah, no. Fucking. Because part five just came out. Yeah. You didn't want to get spoiled. And Lewis just talking about it. Mm. Yada, yada, yada. I wonder what Lewis' favorite JoJo is. Yeah. I I hope he comes back. Hope we get to talk about it soon. <laughs> Lewis will never be seen again. <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite opening? I know you're going to say one from part four. But what, like, if you had to pick one? It's the one from part four. Great days? Break see, down, break Chase. down. Chase? Yeah. Cool. Nah, I'd be break down. <laughs> uh, I really like fighting gold. I really like fighting, fighting gold. gold. Fighting gold is like top three for me. Yeah. It it gets me pumped up every time I listen to it. Yeah, and I, I think, also go ahead. I think that's Lewis's favorite too. Mm. That one's really good. Yeah. The imagery's great. I like uh I like battle tendency a lot. I think the battle tendency bloody scream. Yeah, Dude, I like that one too. But if I didn't rank them, it'll be breakdown, breakdown. Uh chase you. It'll be the part five one, the first one. Yeah. It would then it would be the second part five one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it'll probably be Battle Tennessee, then the rest. Mm. It's really hard because I don't really dislike any of them. So it's hard for me to rate them. Yeah. Yeah. They're all like, pretty good. End of the world is like not a super like pumped up hyped up one but for the context of that section of the show it's pretty amazing so it's it's difficult yeah i had to kind of like grow and like that one mm. i didn't like it off root yeah that's fair the sound effects. Yeah, I need to anything else on part five. Um, let me peruse my notes. I don't think there's anything else. I think some. I think the stand battles in this one were like some of the best in the entire show. Um, I think they were all like very creative and cool. Uh. Oh, I'm not even looking at the notes for part five. If you had to rate the pro tags, what would you, what would you, what would you give like your favorite JoJo's to your least favorite? It was Josuke, 
Joseph, Jodoro, Gio, Jonathan. Gotcha. I think mines would be. Hmm, I don't really know. I'm not super passionate about any of them, to be honest. I like Jotaro. I like old Joseph. And I like Jonathan. Those are the three that I particularly like. And then the others, I'm... I don't dislike them, but I don't have uh, as much love for them. So those are my top three. I guess Jonathan, Jotaro, and specifically old Joseph. Specifically old Joseph. And, yeah. But I'm looking through my notes right now. You know, Have you ever seen that meme of, like, uh, Star Wars? Where it's like, Anakin, I have the high ground. Or Obi-Wan. And Anakin's like, no, you don't. And then he jumps up, and then Obi-Wan slices him in half. Okay. Well, Polnareff says, I have the high ground. And I thought that was very funny. And I was like... Oh, he said the thing. Um, then, you just like you just cut out. I didn't hear anything you said. Polnareff said, said in the show, "I have the high ground," and I thought that was very funny because I don't know if that was intentional or not, but that's like a known meme. And I was like, "Oh my god, he said the thing." Um, I'm just looking through my notes right now. Um. I think it's weird that Polnareff got his fucking ass beat and he like basically fucking died, but Jotaro like didn't know. I feel like if if him and Jotaro were working together to fix this, I think it's really weird that like he hadn't contacted Jotaro about like any of this stuff. And that that confused like does Jotaro think Polnareff is dead? You know? Like like in in part five, before he turns into a turtle. I know that when he turns into a turtle, his priorities have changed and he probably isn't going to hit him up. But, like, before he turns into a turtle, it's like, you probably... The first person I would call is, is Jotaro. <laughs> so, it's, it's very odd that he doesn't... Uh, know that and does he know that Giorno is Dio's son it's like if you did all this research to find out who the boss was did you know that Giorno is Dio's son if he did know I don't think it really would change anything but it was it was something that was like bugging me the whole time he never acknowledged it and he never said anything and it was it was interesting that Polnareff was working and I also think oh my god I never went into this I'm so sorry I got off track but one of my biggest gripe with part five is that uh, the ending, there were some things that didn't get fulfilled in the ending. Um, I talked, we talked about the, you know, Diavolo and the, the, the fate like ending and you explained that well and you made that sound pretty cool, but I thought they were going to, I, I thought that we were going to see what Fugo was doing. I thought we were going to get an update on Fugo. I thought we were going to see where Trish went. Uh, I thought we were going to see Trish go to like the island that Budarachi like said that she could go to. I thought that um, 
and you know that that doesn't sound like it's big at uh, that big of a deal but like that's like what i'm looking forward to like that's what i what i'm like waiting to see even if it's like i'm not asking for like a whole scene or like a whole episode i'm just asking for like a shot of like trish like on like an island or like fugo just like working at like a different job or like doing something else you know he doesn't even have to meet back with the with the gang if they don't want that to happen just like show me something um hey man it's not part four that's true that's very true part four has that ending where it's like we save moria um they, they give you an update what everyone's doing exactly same with part three they do the exact same thing they do the exact they do that in every jojo arc they tell you what happens to every single character part one part two part three part four and they don't do that for part five and it's so weird it's so odd to me um uh do you think it's weird that giorno doesn't know dio and like doesn't know his who he is and stuff. Do you does that did that bother you at all at all that he like never found that out? No. Okay. It did bother me, but when you talk about the fate thing, you make it sound like it's not very necessary. So that bothered me initially, and that was a big thing that bothered me. But I mean, how would you know? Um uh, Koichi could tell him somebody Polnareff Koichi would tell him about Dio or Jotaro could meet him at like the end or something I was just I thought that they were building to that like oh we're gonna tell him eventually because they said it in the beginning and it was like they were investigating or whatever and I know Koichi's like oh just leave him alone he's doing his thing um, but I thought that Jotaro would still go just to check or just to tell him just for the sake of telling him just out of the goodness of his heart. But I guess they didn't. And based on what you said, I guess they don't really need to. I just felt like I needed that because I wanted the show to like say why this character had value despite not really being a Joe star and not being connected to everybody else. But he is a Joe star and you know that from the beginning. And the fate thing kind of makes it feel like that in and of itself is strong enough to carry the the whole like I'm Dio son thing to the point where he, the character doesn't need to be conscious of it in order for it to have value. So that doesn't yeah. really matter to me anymore, but I wrote, no, I, I never really thought about it. Good. Um, hmm. Yeah, um, just uh, really just like Trish and Fugo. I just kind of wanted to see what happened with them, and I felt like it ended abruptly. What do you think about him keeping the arrow? That's something I didn't really understand. Like, I guess he's going to use it for his, like, crime thing, but it felt like the whole goal... It, it's so weird because, like, the whole point... The whole goal of JoJo has been to, like, stop the stand users from, like, keep going on. And then part five, like, kind of drives that home is like, yo, these stand things are crazy and they can get a lot worse. We need to fucking destroy this. And then Giorno's like, no, I'm not going to do that. I feel like I'm stupid and I don't get it. 
and I wanted to see if you got it. I feel why like there's a lot. Why doesn't he destroy the arrow? Yeah, I, I feel know. like it's more important to destroy it than to to keep it alive. But I mean, now, now that he has directing power, mm -hmm. if anyone wants it, they're gonna get fucked up. That's that's true. That's true. That's valid. I guess I guess if it would be in anybody's hands, like good in anyone's hands, it would be good in his hands. Yeah, but to, my, to be honest, they should destroy it. But honestly, no one is fucking with him. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe he's just like fuck it. Maybe that maybe I would want to turn to someone and test uh, music. Because like you know, the whole plot of part four is like someone stole the arrow and they're like causing trouble. But the way you said it, where it's like, no one can fuck with him. You're right. No one probably is going to fuck with him. Like, I really doubt that anybody would take it. So. Yeah, yeah I'll give you that. <laughs> the whole thing you said about fate has like upped my rating. Like, I, I like the show more now, even in retrospect. That like changes things. I'm glad that you said that. Yeah. Um, I think that's yeah. everything that I got. Yeah, from what I remember from part five, that's like what I took home. And that's why I, I want to rewatch it. So. Did you have a favorite character in part five? Mista. Mista? Yeah. Mista's dope. I love Mista. Um, all right. I'm going to give part five a seven out of ten. I give it. I give it an eight. Nice. One thing I love. Another thing I love about part four is the ending. Ending where they just hang out and Joe says like, "All right, guy, let's go." And he does. He does the post like. Joe, <laughs> Joe, like, gives him a sound effect. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I, I love that. I, I forgot to say that. Another That's thing, cool. I, one more thing I was gonna say. Um, part yeah, four. When they first meet, uh, Josuke and Jotaro, he's like, Jotaro's like, I'm technically your nephew. Bizarre, huh? Yeah, he said. He said in the dub, like, this is a this is quite a bizarre town, huh? Like he he said that. Um, <laughs> I think he said that like twice. That was fun. Yeah, part he's four. Becoming, he's becoming self-aware. I will say that part four, like, is from a directing standpoint and from the art style, it is the most compelling to me. It's not my favorite part, at least not right now. But I do think it's the prettiest. Yeah, I feel like uh, I generally feel like. No part is like near part four. Mm -hmm. And your explanation was extremely valid. And I was waiting for you. You know, I I really this conversation is part of the experience for me. Like I I was I was waiting for you to be able to talk about it with me in order for us to discuss it. Um, uh. And uh, I. You know, it's one of those things where I uh, 
I powered through despite not having as much fun because I'm trying to make a video on it. And now I don't even know if I'm going to make the video because I don't know if I don't know if what I have to say has much value. So should I go as far as to rewatch it subbed or should I just back out and do something else or I don't really know. I think you should just back out. It's difficult because I've done that multiple times with other things. And the more I back out, the more I feel like I'm wasting my time and not doing things that are fruitful. Um, but I know that I know that when you hear me talk about part four and I, I say the things that I say, I know it's like frustrating for you to hear. And I think, you know, does my thing not have value because it's frustrating to hear? Should I just not talk about part four or anything in that fashion that I feel that way about at all? If, if, uh, if other people like it and other people are valid for liking it and like my reasons, even if they're nah, valid. People, I mean, people love Poppy Hill and we shit on it. So it should go both ways. Yeah. And that's if I only said you should back out because the show feels like Michiko and Hachi and, and honestly, I don't. Well, I won't. I don't know if I'll. I don't think I'll rewatch it. Like, I probably won't rewatch it right now. Back out in the sense. I'm saying like, should I'm I? Making a video. Well, that's that's the only reason I'm watching it because that's that's my whole yeah, attention. Yeah, if you're making a video, yeah, I thought you were talking about rewatching it. Yeah, you make you should make the video. Yeah, you said they, they, you should never not make a video because what you said. If what you said is how you feel, then that is how you feel. Okay, that's reassuring. Yeah, uh, it's. Yeah, that's tough. I don't like when I feel like I'm um, on the wrong end of the stick sometimes, but I don't know. You can never be on the wrong end. It, when, <laughs> we're talking about opinions, so there's no wrong yeah. end. You're right. I just... Yeah. I don't know. I... uh It's tough. I just, I don't like I when you. I feel like, um, what the fuck? Oh. what happened? I thought I just saw a bug. <laughs> a stink bug. Flick it. <laughs> then I'm gonna get fucking killed. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I just don't, I don't like when, when people get mad at me for my opinions and then I feel invalid for how I feel. Um, I mean, it's tough. What's his name? Uh, I do a cosmonaut variety hour. Says he doesn't like JoJo. So mm -hmm. I'm gonna watch uh, that I, video once I catch up. I know. I, I I watched it years ago. He said he he also said part four is his favorite part. He mostly talked about part three in the video. Mm -hmm. I don't think part five came out at the time of that video. Mm. But he said, I think he said part four is his favorite part. 
That's awesome. interesting. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Fuck, fuck how people feel. Upload that video. Okie dokie. Yeah. All right. It's, you can't. And if people, I mean, what are what are people gonna say? Just, you're just gonna say part three is my favorite part. I know, but like I, maybe this is just my interpretation, but um, sometimes I feel like you get mad when I when I like say something in opposition to to an opinion you have, and maybe. Nah. I don't. I don't get mad because my nothing I say changed. Like you gave Ocean Waves a three. Mm-hmm. I love Ocean Waves. So. Yeah. Like ever, ever since then, like I already knew that we see things completely different. Mm-hmm. So. And that's uh, that's something. I mean, that... like a three, a three on your list is like one of the worst movies. Mm-hmm. And you said you said one of my favorite movies is one of your worst movies. So mm-hmm. I already knew after that, like. Yeah. So I I never took anything to say to art. Okay. I just um I I respect your opinion um you know, whenever you say you like something that that I that I dislike or vice versa, um I I always try to respect your uh point of view and I don't try to invalidate like how you think or make you feel bad for it. Um, Cause I don't know. I, I, I don't want, I don't want you to feel uncomfortable doing these or feel like, um, you know, when you hop on, like you should be afraid of what you have to say. Uh, but I was very afraid for this call. I was afraid for tales of earth. Cause I'm like, fuck, I like this movie and I don't think Manny's going to like this movie. <laughs> and I was scared like how I'm going to defend myself. Um, so, and I, uh, I was same, same thing for part four. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's how I feel sometimes. Sometimes I, nah, feel, when it comes, I get scared. You're the first person like really, like even in real life, you're the first person I've talked to that to like, not like part four, like that much. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like, I've talked to, like, probably, like, more than, like, 60 people, like, in real life. Mm. And, About and they're, part like, four? All, huh? What? About part four? Yeah. Mm. And they're all, like, they're all, like, on my level. Mm-hmm. And you're, like, the first one to, like, say nah. Yeah. I thought it was interesting, but... Nah, it is what it is. I mean, this same thing happened with Ocean Wave, so... I'm not really surprised. Yeah. I, uh... Yeah, I just I don't want you to. I just don't want you and to I, feel. And bad that's the point. That's the point. That's the point of the the show. Yeah, that's that's my perspective. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's why we do this so we can. That I like when I finished part four, I was more excited. I my the thing that I was looking forward to the most was getting on call and talking about it, um, like, you know, when I finished it, I was like, this is this is why I'm doing this, so I can talk about it with Manny and he can finally tell me why he likes part four so much mm. and you know i'm always like convinced like i'm never sitting here like rolling my eyes like i i agree with like the i understand what you're saying i i get what you're putting down so. yeah. yeah 
we already been on opposite ends, so it's nothing new. Yeah. Like right. I like like I like Mononoke like mm-hmm. way more than you. Princess yeah. and the original Mononoke. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a lot of shit. Yeah. Um Well, I'm just I just wanna know that you don't get mad at me when I say I don't like things. That's all. <laughs> I get scared sometimes. Nah. Fucking Like I said, I was bring back to Ocean Wave, but like Ocean Wave was that first true instance of like mm-hmm. I really like it, you really don't. Mm-hmm. And that that that's not like them making me wanna like call the next weekend, you know. So Yeah. Fucking Okay. Ocean waves. And when we finish Ghibli, and then I'm going to see you rank these movies, I already know where Ocean Waves is going to be. So <laughs> I, I already prepared myself for that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I um, I know where Tails is going to be. So. Tails of what? Earthsea? Mm-hmm. Earthsea. Probably near the middle. Near the middle? Yeah, I guess you yeah. I guess you did give it a six. Yeah. Alright. It's gonna be higher than a lot of shows. It's gonna be higher than Totoro, Wig, Earwig. I might see Totoro tomorrow. <laughs> They're do it's in theaters tomorrow. Mm. Mm. I need to watch nah. Totoro and Cat Returns before we finish these. I need to watch them on yeah. more time. Well, what's what's the next movies then? Cause I want to watch only yesterday. This art cover keeps catching my eye. Yeah, let's do that one. Only yesterday. Watch... Only yesterday. We got Kiki, Spanyo, Kagua, Castle, and The Wind Rises, and Yamada's, and the War one. Say, all them, say them all again. I'm so sorry. Yamada's. Yesterday, Kagua, Castle in the Sky, The Wind Rises, uh, Kiki's, mm-hmm. Ponyo, and Fireflies. And I want to save, I know you want to save The Wind Rises. I think the last episode should be The Wind Rises. Grave of the Fireflies. Fireflies and Kagua. Okay. I feel like Kagura is going to be, like, the best one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe. I've never seen the other two. But um, next week, when, so this episode is going to come out on the – do you have Spider-Man tickets? No. No. Damn. I should go I should go get them, yeah. yeah you probably just, already sold out. Yeah, yeah. They probably sold out for, like, a week. How was he even fucking thinking about that? Mm, fuck. So, when you see Spider-Man, it might take a little while. So, we might have to watch just normal movies before then. I was thinking that for the next episode we'll talk about Spider-Man, but it'll probably take you a while before that. So It we'll comes watch. out next week. Yeah, but you're not going to be able to see it next week. <laughs> the week, Not next week. The week after next week. It comes out on what? The 17th. The 16th. 16th and the 17th. Hold on. 
But fuck. Yeah. No, I'm looking. I'm looking. <laughs> well, what what day did it come out? Um, hold on. Sorry, say that again. What day does it come out? The seventeenth. But when you look at tickets, there will be pre-showings. So they when Eight. commercials say seventeenth, it really means the sixteenth. So it it comes out on the sixteenth, but sixteenth is sold out. Sixteenth is a is a Thursday. Oh, I can still buy it. Really? Spider Man No Way Home. What? Buy what day? What day? Saturday, the eighth, the eighteenth. Do it. Buy it right now, if you can. Nah. No. no? Okay. I'm good. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> That's like seeing the tickets for Endgame and being like, nah. <laughs> oh my god, they're really almost full. I need yeah. to like, I'm going to look at these dates. Yeah. Because I might want to bring a random with me. Yeah, I'm actually going by myself this time because I'm going in kind of cynical bastard mode. <laughs> I don't really want to disappoint people when I walk out and complain. So, going in blind. Did you watch Dude, the, the second trailer? I'm gonna have to sit next to some fucking. Oh well, and I'm not, sit, I'm not sitting. It... I'm not sitting next to the screen. No way. Oh yeah, you can't do that. But you're gonna have to sit next to some Randys. You know, that's just kind of how it is when it's sold out, especially with these Marvel movies. You're always gonna be sitting next to someone you don't want to. Oh, but they stink. <laughs> it's not like the guy from Parasite. <laughs> so yeah. you would want to watch it that weekend i would like it if, i'm gonna see it on thursday and i would like it I'm, if you i'm gonna watch. i'm gonna buy a ticket for saturday spider-man no way home i would PM. like it i would like for us to see it close to each other so that we can talk about it as soon as possible you know what i'm gonna watch it saturday bet so, the next call will probably $16. be... $16. Yeah. It's Marvel, man. Large popcorn and a large drink, $16. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. How much is the ticket? It's, the ticket is 16 Yeah, but it doesn't, it doesn't come with a drink, though. Right. Convenience fee, two dollars, taxes, twenty dollars. <laughs> That's a whole Blu-ray. Most How much did you pay? Um, when you go to see it at an earlier time, you can get it for cheaper. So I'm going at three thirty, so I paid eleven dollars, and I don't get the convenience fee because I have like a membership. That's pretty gay. <laughs> well the membership is free you just sign up and you get what it is dolby cinema imax <laughs> I don't, i'm not going one? uh they're both good i guess some they're honestly they're both dog shit like most of the time the imax what, screen this? is bigger and louder and sometimes it's cool and sometimes it's like not customized correctly and it's way too loud or 
I don't know. I get... So the IMAX is like the true experience. That's how they market it, yes. Dolby is like that, the normal. No, Dolby is an enhanced experience as well, but I don't really know what's different about Dolby. 3D? No, fuck no. People no. still watch 3D movies? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's really weird. Digital is digital, the normal one? Yes. They have times at every single time. Jeez. <laughs> it's a long movie. It's like two and a half hours long. Yeah, it is two and a half. I can't watch the digital. I have to watch the IMAX. <laughs> that's how they get you. Yeah, that's why it's $16 probably. The IMAX is more expensive. Uh, I was on the fucking Dolby one. <laughs> <laughs> what theater? I could watch it at 3 p.m. for 25 off. $25 off? How no, much is 25%, it? 25%. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's how it works. I don't even, I wake up at 3 p.m. I'm going to miss exactly. it. <laughs> exactly. That's why most people don't do it. I don't like going to the movies as night as much anymore. I like going to the movies by myself. I don't like when other people are there. So I try to avoid the crowds. But it's Spider-Man, so everyone will be there. So. Yeah, I'm going to compare the prices real quick. This one, the the IMAX is less money. It's $15. Interesting. I want to search it for different. I want the true Spider-Man experience, you know. <laughs> are you going to look up? Are you going to look Dolby? up what Dolby? Yes, I am. I'm going to also rewatch all the Spider-Men. Spider-Man? Yeah. Dolby has projects better images with 500 times higher contrast ratio and four times more resolution than IMAX. IMAX uses 40% larger screens and 26 taller and 26% taller aspect ratio. Both use dual 4K lasers. Dolby looks like the one to go. Yeah. That's a good Just way to sell someone. Four times more resolution. I did not feel that way when I saw the Demon Slayer movie. <laughs> felt very blurry. Four times more resolution. 4K. Is an IMAX 4K? It's a giant ass screen. You're telling me that's 1080p? Um. Dolby <laughs> has twice the brightness and it's the best HDR available. Yeah, HDR is pretty cool. This is like they're trying to sell like a, a gaming monitor right now. Yeah, basically. Resolution. This one has 180 frames per second. So. Yeah, I'm gonna buy this now. Should I? I feel like this is the only time I'm gonna be like JoJo pilled as hard as I am. I wanted to ask, like, should I read the manga and then also talk about part seven and part eight, or like, should I do a deep dive into Hirohiko Araki and like? do a deep dive of the series or should I just make a video giving my opinion on what I've seen so far?
if like, you make, I mean, if you do, if you read the manga, mm-hmm. I don't. I'm not going to talk about it. So. Oh, I don't. I don't expect you to. Yeah, I'm not. Go, I'm not. I don't mean like that. I'm. Mm-hmm. I know. I'm just saying. What would? What should I do for a video? Which one? Which one? I guess only I know the answer to that, but I'm struggling to figure it out. Because I don't feel like I'm ever going to be able to invest this much time into JoJo ever again. And I'm getting impatient. Like, I, I really want to catch up. But should I just wait? Should I power through and use it as an excuse to, like, talk about it in the video? I don't know. We'll fuck. I'll figure it out. lot of stress probably not going to get it finished this month huh probably not going to get it finished this month like I wanted to that was like the goal but uh, I mean I'm caught up now so if I wanted to like start making it now I could if I wanted to just but it's like part six isn't even over so like what's What's the point? Yeah. When is the when is part six finish? We don't know. <laughs> That's why it's so annoying. It's like, why did we? Why did you even do it like this? Why did you release like thirteen episodes? Like it doesn't even. Uh, it doesn't even end in a way where it's like, oh shit! Like this is a good place to stop. It's just kind of <laughs> like. It's like it's very clearly just like a piece of like a larger story. It's like fuck. I want to watch the next episode, damn it. Well, that's too damn bad, man. Yeah, this is what happens when Netflix acquires things I like. Yeah, the JoJo trailer has ten million views, though. Yeah, they put Jotaro in the in the fucking thumbnail that's all they that's all people need to see yeah Fucking um i bought the ticket cool so will the next episode be two ghibli movies and then spooder man the next one yeah or do you want to bang I can out do one next week because i want to bang these out yeah so well, i, I I said we do two for next week, if you're done. When you say next week, you mean... Next next Saturday. Well, you'll see Spider-Man that day. Oh, my God. Yeah. So next I'm thinking week. it's like December. Like when, you say, right when you say next week, you mean this Friday coming up or next Friday or like next Saturday? Excuse me. So, I'm talking about... Pull up a calendar. December 11th. Okay. That's this Saturday. So. Yeah. Um, when, when did I buy these tickets? The, the 18th? 18th? Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. So two or three? Say two. All right. Yeah. Watching three is starting to become hard. Yeah. That's fair. Especially when I'm trying to make videos. It's really difficult. And, yeah. uh. Um, taking notes on them is also even harder. And are you going to watch part six? 
It's okay. I, honestly, I, don't, I don't know if I want to. Yeah. Maybe you should wait. I don't, I don't, I don't want to watch it and just have it dead. Yeah. I think I'm going to not watch it. As hard as that. Fuck, I really want to watch it. I'm not going to watch it. And then, uh, yeah, I'm not. I guess The Witcher will have me Tied you over. Yeah. Alright, but uh, I want to watch Only Yesterday. You can mm -hmm. say one you want to mm -hmm. watch. Oh, um, Only Yesterday. Let's see. Do you have the list up? Name them again. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Only Yesterday. The Wind Rises. Kagua. Yama Does. Castle in the Sky. Kiki's and Ponyo. Hmm. Why like Kiki has the best cover art? Oh my god. Maybe this would be a good time. Uh. We can get. Let's. Let's get. Let's. Let's do Ponyo. Yeah. Yeah, let's do Ponyo. How long is my neighbor Yama does? Two hours. One well, one forty five. Alright. Alright. Ponyo and only yesterday. I'm Next telling you right episode. now, only yesterday better not disappoint. Um, it looks I don't know. Tom Poco wasn't a great movie, but it had a cool message, and I, I have faith in this guy's mm -hmm. movies now just because of Tom Poco. I didn't love it, but that shit was funny. So I don't know. There was too much I liked about Tom Poco to be fearful of anything else he does. This will be the new Ocean Waves. What did you say? This will be the new ocean. It looks like ocean waves. That's why I say that. It looks like just people talking and hanging out. It looks like one of those movies. The best movies. Yeah. Literally, the best movies. Did you watch The Witcher Season 1? Did you like it? Like, love it or like it? I liked it. Okay. And I don't, I, I don't really watch live action shows. That was like you the don't. first live live action show I've watched. Ever. I, don't, let me tell you something. I watched Seinfeld, How yeah. I Met Your Mother, and The Witcher. <laughs> that's so surprising. Ah, uh, that's a great dinner story. What shows have you been watching? Well, Seinfeld, How I Met Your Mother, oh, and The Witcher, and... Anything else? No, it's like those are the only three shows I ever seen. <laughs> That's so crazy. I love How I Met Your Mother. Really? I've never seen an episode of it. I love that show. I rewatched it like twice. And it's like eight seasons. Why did you watch The Witcher? I played the game. The Witcher three? Really? Did you like it? You know, people say like <laughs> that's like the best game ever. Like some people make that statement yeah that's completely fair, fair. Mm. it is one of the best games like ever you know what's heartbreaking what cyberpunk elder scrolls 6 
it's going to be ex- exclusive to Xbox. Is it going to be good though? Everyone loves Skyrim. Everyone loves Skyrim, but are they going to deliver? You know, like everyone loves Fallout Three, but not everybody loves Fallout Four. Listen, listen, man. Yeah. If Elder Scrolls Six is a flop. I will no longer play video games. <laughs> That's honestly why I don't really play video games anymore. Because, like, my I kind of feel that way about about games. Cyberpunk is a flop. <laughs> it's like, what? The, it's like, why would I? Why would I ever touch a game ever again? Like, that's like, that's enough to 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 make me like never care. Look at all those games sitting on my shelf. Mwah. Throw them all away. Listen, man. Skyrim came out 2011. Wow. I've never played Skyrim. Me neither. I played, but I never like. Beat I never the game, got but into I know it. This game. I know this game's community. Yeah. Is, like massive, and I know like the game is still being like modded to this day. Do you like I, games like Skyrim? Yeah, I played. I put many hours into Elder Scrolls Online. I see. Keep continue. What were you saying? Like Skyrim, the thing the thing that's cool with Bethesda with Elder Scrolls is that they they support the modern community a lot. Yeah, and that's that the they even brought mods to PlayStation. Yeah, that's cool as fuck. I, I still don't really understand how that works. Like. Do people have to make mods for PlayStation? And if so, how do they do that? It's very interesting. I, I don't know. But Skyrim, the whole Elder Scrolls, there's so much so much lore. It's like the most lore thing ever. I'm going to restart the recording. Give me a second. Okay, say that again. Because Elder Scrolls, like, 2 has, like, you know, that has, like, the biggest, like, map in, like, video game history. Like, the map is as big as, like, England in real life. Holy shit. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Like, that, came, that game came out in the 90s. hmm And, like, someone sort of, like, horse, horseback across the map took, like, like, weeks. What? That's so yeah. crazy. I'll search it up. Uh, Elder Scrolls. I, that's so weird because I've heard so many like video game like companies say this is the best, the biggest open world ever. I feel like I've heard that statement for new games many times. So it's interesting that you say that old ass game has like the biggest world. I don't doubt you because companies <laughs> lie. So yeah, look. Uh... As vast as Skyrim might be, it is it is estimated that Daggerfall, the game I'm talking about, is 60, 62,000 square miles. And Skyrim is 84 square miles. Oh my god. Wow. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? That sounds like it wouldn't be fun. If you're, I mean, if you like the game, it's a good thing. I guess, I guess so. I guess fast travel exists. Yeah. 
Interesting. How long does it take to 100 This is How long does it take to 100% that game? It says 370 hours. Now, that doesn't seem that bad. For, realistically, yeah. It probably like 600. Okay. <laughs> 370 for an RPG of that scope does not seem That's like that's like speed running, you know. Yeah. So. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I wanted to play The Witcher. I watched a video essay. Have you ever heard of Joseph Anderson? Have you heard of that YouTuber? I probably came across some of his videos. He he has a four-hour video on the first Witcher game, and he makes it sound so cool. I'm never going to play that game, but I love his video on it. It's very fun to watch. I love his voice. The Witcher's cool. I'm, one thing about The Witcher is... Obama went to Poland for something. Who? Um, the Poland prime Min- prime minister gave Obama The Witcher Three as a gift. <laughs> That's cool as shit, man. That's so gangster. It's a very. Uh, yeah, I love how the country is so proud of that. They should the book, be the game. They like the best thing out of Poland. <laughs> yeah. When I was listening, the the Joseph Anderson YouTuber learned Polish to play the game, like before playing the game, and he like read all the books. After watching that video, I was I was like, this video is awesome. That's why I question like, should I do a deep dive into like everything Hirohiko Araki has written and made before I do this JoJo video, or should I just talk about JoJo? Like he could have just talked about The Witcher one after playing it once, but he played it like three times. You know, so it's like, I don't know, man. There's so many different ways that you can approach, like, making a video like that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You can, I mean, I don't know if you have anything to say about The Witcher, but you can spoil the fuck out of it, because I don't really think I'm ever going to watch it. Um... If you have anything to say, it's up to you. I know it's late. Um, honestly, it's honestly if you don't really know the games or the story, it doesn't really like, it doesn't really matter what I say. Well, I do. I know what witches are. I know like what the universe is. I know who Geralt is. Yeah, Superman. Yeah, kinda. <laughs> right. No, I'm talking about like the actor. Oh, yeah, but I know I know the character Geralt. One thing about the show is that Henry Calvin looks like fucking Geralt. Yeah, it's interesting. You you know the only reason they made the show is because he's in it, and he yeah. said he said like, if you guys want to make a Witcher show, I'll do it. That's the only reason. I think that's the only reason why it exists. Because smart guy, yeah. Because I know The Witcher. I know that people say The Witcher is the best book series ever, and stuff. People hold that in high regard. Maybe you should play the game. I would love to play the game. I just don't have an excuse to play the game. I I don't like playing video games that are like hundreds of hours long, and I can't justify that time being spent. 
Um, that's kind of why I'm watching JoJo because I want I want to make a video and it's like okay, I want to watch JoJo, but I'm doing it for a video, so it's okay. You know, if I ever play a video game that's over a hundred hours long, that's why I play the game. So there's not a lot of time in the world, Manny. I wish I had time to play hundreds of hours of video games, but too busy watching movies from Studio Jubilee, Eric and the Witch. <laughs> Man, I just I can't wait till I finish this movies. And I'll be able to say I watched every Ghibli movie. Yeah. A lot of people can't say that. A lot of people haven't seen every Ghibli movie, you know? Yeah. It's going to be cool. Yeah. Watching movies is pretty cool. I love watching movies. I love that I do this. If I didn't do this, then I wouldn't watch movies ever. Honestly. Probably do something else. I would play Rainbow Six Siege. Mm. <laughs> but do you? Do you not? I'm getting back into it. Ah, uh, you didn't buy the GTA trilogy. <laughs> oh, nah. Uh, I'm thinking about it. I'm still on the fence. Yeah. It's $60. Does that bother you that they had the game up for like 8 bucks, and then they took it down put a Minecraft texture over the game and said $60. I think if it doesn't bother you, then you have problems. Mm -hmm. Should bother anyone in that plays video games ever. Yeah. This is coming from Rockstar. Yeah. A game that already... Uh, a, a studio that one already made so much money from GTA 5 you, you would think they don't need to do this <laughs> dude when, when, I, when it came out that GTA 5 made more revenue than any game like entertainment movie yeah. anything ever I was like okay guys <laughs> <laughs> that's when I knew GTA 6 is not coming out until I'm old man yeah, I would you, you, would you play GTA Six if it came out? Of course. Why wouldn't I? Would you not? I, of course, I would one hundred percent do that. I would. I would drop everything to play GTA Six, even if it's bad. I have to play it, even if then it's. Why bad. don't? Why don't you play The Witcher? Um, because The Witcher. I don't feel like GTA is 300 hours. I don't feel like GTA is even 100 hours. Would GTA take 100 hours to beat? I don't think so. GTA 5 was kind of short. Yeah, it was short. Even if you're dicking around and you like fuck around in the open world, I don't think it's I don't think it's going to take you that long. Maybe like 30 hours to like do it casually. GTA is low investment, you know. I played Spider-Man and God of War. Those are also short. Like, I just don't have time. I don't have time like that. I want to play games like The Witcher. I really do. But 70 hours long. GTA 5? 
No, for The Witcher 3. Well. But CD Projekt Red said more than 200 hours. Well, I feel like The Witcher is, is a game where, like, you play the side shit and you keep playing. The, I don't think The Witcher is a game where you say, like, I beat it, I'm done. I feel like the whole point is that, like, you play the side content and you, like, indulge in it, like, heavy. In the same way that you do Skyrim, you know? Yeah, The Witcher 3 claimed over 250 Game of the Year awards. I feel like... And every... the, deals, the, the, the two DLCs that came out, too, are also... Long as fuck. Yeah. Maybe I should play The Witcher again. I would love it if you did. Because every game out right now is ass. Yeah. But the last good game I played was the Samurai game. What was the last good game I played? Sushima. 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 If I get a PS5, that's the first thing I'm getting. Listen, man. Get a PS5 and Among Us comes out. <laughs> it's already out, right? It's not, it's not out on PS4? PS5? Oh. Uh, and when, I, it, when it drops, I will be playing. This shit is unprecedented. Like, how dare you release your console and have people not be able to buy it for like two years? When did the PS5 come out? How long has it been? It's been two like, years. 2020. Yeah, it's about to be two years. Oh, fuck you guys, man. What the fuck? What the fuck is wrong with you? The this real is question unacceptable. is why isn't Among Us out yet? I want to fucking play. <laughs> 12, 12, 14 is about to come out. It's coming out next week, dude. Dude, oh my god, Among Us. <laughs> I thought your reaction was so like visceral. I thought you were like just randomly gonna be like, Is that lost? Like, <laughs> uh, I'm waiting for the day where I can like send that. I, I need to like not bring it up for like like a year and then say it and then you'll find it like mad funny <laughs> but i need to bring it up in a subtle way where like i send you a picture of like four pictures and you'll be like what <laughs> i probably won't get it bro <laughs> i probably will not get it because it's so like it's so subtle man it yeah. is so um like look this is this is an Among Us lost crossover meme, bro. Show me. Where do you go? Like this is this is lost right here, but it's like you don't know. <laughs> this is so weird. Why are they all different colors? Isn't the point that it's like the same person? <laughs> I don't understand. Okay. I forgot how this meme started. <laughs> this is... 
this is the this is what catches people. This is what like PewDiePie like, is this live? Like this is the <laughs> Like people, like people descend this and like it's, um, it's, it's such a like all right all right now s tier meme bro now we're back to among us now's the only t- chance you have to explain what amagos means dude oh <laughs> i wish i knew i really did <laughs> i mean i I rewatched the episodes a lot and I like rewatch that Among Us bit all the time of you like playing the video and you just like listening to this guy like say just nothing and you and you pause it and you go, I'll watch this later. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I need to watch this video, man. Like, uh, can we watch this video together? Yeah, let's do it. Give me a second. Amagas. The way this guy talks in his videos like so like crazy. It's um I found it. What does Among Us mean? By lessons in meme culture. Whilst it's popular. Two minute long video. Okay, I'm ready. Ready when you are. Yeah, I'm, I'm watching the ad right now. Okay. 15 second ad? Sheesh. <laughs> Ow. Alright. Alright. I'm ready. Okay. Three, two, one. Whilst its popularity has decidedly waned, there's no denying Among Us became a cultural institution after becoming one of the most played and streamed games worldwide for the past couple of years. Consequently, there has been no shortage of memes relating to the game. Good ones, bad ones, heavily cynical ones, with the word Among Us simply appearing as a bastardized version of the title. It's hardly controversial to acknowledge that anything with Stone Toss in it is so politicized that even highly meta memes such as Among Us are going to get attention, given Stone Toss's propensity to say some awful stuff, like referring to mixing people of different ethnicities as brown slurry. It would appear the first instance of the Amagus memes comes from a reference to his innocuous comic about Bitcoin, which was published back in 2017. As a reaction to the comic, Reddit user Ludwig edited the last panel of it with a picture of a crewmate and the caption Amagus. As such, it's easy to argue that a highly political author, often labelled as staunchly alt-right, coupled with one of the biggest games of the past couple of years, is an easy hit for meme culture, as it's bound to get a reaction no matter what. In fact, much of meme culture right now is propelled by the heavily cynical memes surrounding the game, as it would appear many people have become quite sick of it and the discussion surrounding it. As a result, it's clear this meme's popularity has been carried pretty far just by association with the game. Just hearing the opening notes of the dead body reported sound is enough to invoke shuddering on behalf of the listener. So widespread is the integration of Among Us memes online. This is why the word Among Us has evoked such a visceral reaction that it ultimately has spread across the internet in reference to the oversaturation of the game to the point where it has become blurred gibberish. And of course, with a meme satirizing a piece of media that has become a cultural hit extremely quickly, it's no surprise we are seeing videos of people are screaming Among Us over and over again. It'll be extremely interesting to see where Among Us memes go in a year from now, if they'll continue to get more and more ironic until perhaps they become unironic again. But for now, the game has turned into an absurdist art piece referencing its own massive popularity currently in the throes of going through the cynical meme culture meat grinder. What meme would you guys like me to give a lesson in next? Let me know in the comments.
Okay, so the way he explained, <laughs> why did he have to put that like twerking? That shit is more funny than the than the, the meme he's talking about. The <laughs> I couldn't hear you because you muted, but I saw your face. That was good. I he, think the way we so, use it is not the way he explains it. He no, said, no, but he he's explaining it in a different way. But I remember when this meme came out, it was everywhere, just like Among Us. Like that's it. Even like that picture I showed you is just Among Us, and people, like this is TikToker who say Among Among Us, <laughs> <laughs> and he got memed, and it was like. It, it blew up. It was so funny. This dude, this, the way he talks is so funny. Like, he talks like it's so serious. But yeah. it's so, like, he's so serious. The dude. images he shows, like, it's, like, so educational. Among Us with, like, like Jordans on. <laughs> like, this dude in the comments said, the human brain is the most complex structure in the whole entire universe. The human brain among us. Wait, they said that and then they just followed it with among us. Yeah. And I don't know. The thing is, like, I don't know when the, <laughs> the spelling, the spelling makes it so funny. Like, who spelled it like that the first time? I think he explained that, but like, I'm I'm not rewatching it. Like, I don't, I don't. I don't, know, I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> He's, he said some big ass words in the beginning. I was like, Dude, like it's, I don't it's so, think the way that we use it is is what he's saying though. Like you and me and the people that you watch, I think just use it because it's like it because they don't get it. It's funny because you don't know what it what it means. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> It's the spelling that gets me, man. Like Yeah, Ertzy. It's the same thing. Yeah. Whoever like made this is like a, a like he's a like a clown. He's so funny. <laughs> yeah. It's not like the meme, like Among Us memes are so good. Even all the other ones are so funny. Uh <laughs> I, I don't really know any more memes besides the the the, the one that we talked about last time. There was I mean, when the game came out, the meme culture just like shifted into this. Yeah. Anything among us. <laughs> yeah. Fucking um. The guys just look really funny, like the Among Us guys. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like I love when people dress up as them in real life. It's really funny. I don't know why it's so funny, but <laughs> the human brain is the most complex thing among us. Among us. I can't honestly. I'm really excited for this game to come out because it's gonna come out on PS4 or PS5. I'm gonna shit on a lot of kids. <laughs> Are there a lot of kids that play Among Us? I assume. Mm. 
And when they get put in my lobby, it's over for them. Wait, wait. When you say it's coming to PS5, it's going to function with the game? Like, like you're going to be able to chat through the controller and stuff? I hope so. If it's not, then that's going to be bad. Well, wasn't the PS4 one not like that? And no, it didn't come out on the PS4. I thought you were playing it on... Oh, you played it in communities and played it on your phone. That's right. Yeah, yeah I remember. This meme, was a, this meme was a good one. I think you saw this one, bro. Yeah, you, you told me about that uh, the other day. That's pretty good. <laughs> oh, my God, man. Among uh, Us. Among Us. Yeah. One thing I want to do... You don't know. Uh, have you seen any videos on the up? I apologize for interrupting, but have you seen any videos on the update? Okay. Apparently, it's like better and different. Uh, XQC was playing like two weeks ago. I saw that. Yeah. Like these two, these people were playing two days ago. Three, three million views. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoy watching Among Us videos. Do you, do you uh do you watch XUC? No. Good, because this guy. <laughs> it, the funny thing about him is because he he's so he's so salty mm-hmm. when he loses or when he wins. It's is it genuine or is it or does it's he? Genuine. Okay. And he's like he stutters like crazy. Mm-hmm. So when he's like defending himself, he's just yeah. like yeah. he starts stuttering, and so fucked <laughs> and. Like he, he is a dude that you never want to play with because like he would he likes to dominate the game. Yeah. And like comms, like you can be saying some real shit and you're like, all right, all right, like, ah. like, yeah. But it's so funny watching it from his perspective because he gets so mad. Mm-hmm. Like someone would call him out and be like, hey, I caught you doing this, 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 and I think you're an imposter. Everyone votes, and it is him, right? Then after the game, he'd be like, "You don't even know. You just guessed. Stop making these random plays, bro. You're not. You're not five head." And this is like he's raging, like, and everyone's like, "But he was right, though. He's just raging. It's so, it's so funny." <laughs> I just keep watching. I only watch him play. He's such a, he's someone I never want to play with, though. That's interesting. That makes for good content. Yeah, and everyone in the lobby is just so like pussy to stand up to him because he's such a big content creator. Yeah. I don't want to just like call him out. Mm. Are the people he play with randos or are they like they're also streamers, but like none of them are like on his to level. His level. Yeah. Interesting. He even made someone cry. Really? Yeah. Is was it funny? <laughs> or was it sad? It was uh, it was kind of It was sad. The dude was like I don't know what when XQC was this blah 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 blah. This made me think of middle school when I used to get bullied. He's like, like he's actually crying. And XQC's yeah. just laughing. Like he left the lobby. And XQC's on the in the lobby just laughing. Like I don't know. That's bad. But That's a bad look for him. It's a. Is he like that all the time though? Because yes. the way you're describing, okay. I like every game. It's. <laughs> I tell why, you, it's fun. If he is that kind of person, why do people watch him? Do people endorse that? Do people just find it ironically funny? Like, is he like in on the joke that like, yeah, I get angry at the game and I know it's funny too. Like, what's what's the deal? 
I don't know. Because there's a YouTuber called Low Tier God, and he is like unironically like an asshole. And everybody like knows that he's an asshole. And most of the people who watch him watch him through like rage compilations. But <laughs> XQC seems like someone people like actually like and people like uh, people yeah, I think like, him. like him. Yeah. Because no, he's been streaming for a long time. But it's like, I don't know. People, do, I don't know. His Among Us content is good to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He just, he doesn't let anyone talk. He just starts yelling. Mm-hmm. And he starts stuttering. <laughs> and then whenever he does a bad play, the chat, his chat is like, uh, like they all put in question marks, like, oh, what the hell are you doing? Like, bad play, bad play. And he's just like, there's nothing I can do, guys. There's nothing I can do. Like, blah, blah, he's on a game. And he just starts, like, raging. He's, like, constantly raging. That's cool. It's not cool. <laughs> it's cool that someone like that exists and puts out content like that with confidence. I think this, this is what he does. I, I can't hear it, like, all the time. It's, like, cuts in and out. He like completely like ignores what anyone <laughs> says. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. He does have a funny voice. I, the only yeah. reason I He's know like, who XQC is is because do you do you remember Call Me Carson? Yeah. Do you have you have you seen that clip where he like hopped in like a voice chat with XQC and he like mocked him like really quick and then like left the chat? Nah. You've never seen that? He got in he got in a voice chat with him and this was before Call Me Carson was like popular. So to like XQC, this is like some random guy. Carson like gets in the voice chat, he goes, Listen to XQC, like I don't even like I like I did. <laughs> and I don't know who XQC is, but XQC in response to Carson doing that started stuttering himself, which was even funnier. It was if you look it up, if you look up Carson XQC, it probably is like I don't know. But that's the only reason I know him. Have you seen that video of like Pepe the Frog like crying because XQC said <laughs> you know I don't know what you're talking about, it just sounds funny. <laughs> Watch it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's not that important. We don't have to watch it, but it's a meme. Yo, Carson, you're about to take your shit off, dude. I cannot play. It's just so funny when he <laughs> rages and stutters. He's like yelling. Yeah. That's cool. Oh my god. What a guy. Yeah. I hope Seems... to be like him. <laughs> Stuttering and raging on Among Us. Bro, on the 14th of December, he's going to mm-hmm. be me. Yeah. People are going to be like, hey, I saw Ali kill him. Like, everyone shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you can have fun with that. Um, I'm so done with that kind of stuff. It's because it's cause if I was in a lobby with him, I'm not taking that shit. I'm, 
He's not doing that to me. Yeah. I let anybody do that to me. I'm a fucking bitch. <laughs> like, I, I'll be the person to cry. Like, I, I don't like when people do that. Bro, you gotta... I wonder... The thing is, I wonder if this will be... Oh, look. This Among Us is gonna be cross-play with PlayStation, PC, and mobile. Mm. Was it not... Oh, yeah. You said it wasn't on there. I keep forgetting. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It's so cool that we're in that era now where things are crossplay. I remember when I was like 13 and I and I wished that GTA was like crossplay with PS4. GTA was up. Oh, oh yeah. Or no, well, just anything. Just like yeah. I wish all games were crossplay. I wish Honestly, if your, if your game isn't crossplay now, it's a bad look. Cuz you know, yeah. Call of Duty did that in 2019. Like crossplay with Warzone. Now I feel like every game should have crossplay, no matter what. Then mm. yeah. it just helps out the game so much. Like the player base is yeah. higher. Mm -hmm. You know, this is a lot of shit. Do do PS4 and Xbox get to like play with each other? PS4 and Xbox. Yeah. On Warzone, yeah. Interesting, because they can on on uh on Fortnite, right? They can't? I thought that was the case. No. Hmm. It was I thought it was like a deal for a while. I don't know. But if your game isn't crossplay. That's it's a good. Red flag. That's good that that's the standard now. My yeah, thing like was Siege isn't crossplay, like what do you do? Yeah. Well, I don't know. That's one of those things where it's like if you're on a keyboard isn't it like no nah. nah, it should just be with with yeah. xbox mm. but that's fair i say if you want to join pc lobbies you should be able to mm. but rank playstation there shouldn't be like pc players hopping on playstation lobbies you know it should only be console on the pc if I you want to challenge yourself yeah it's interesting <clears throat> Yeah, like even fighting games, like every fighting game should be like crossplay. It really should. The new uh, League of Legends fighting game is probably going to be crossplay with all platforms. It's going to be some free to play shit. You've seen that multiverse fighting game where it's going to be like, it's like Smash, but with like Warner Brothers characters. Shaggy's in the game. Oh, I remember I saw that on Twitter. Yeah. Everyone was going crazy. They're saying, they're saying, Ultra Instinct Shaggy was canon. Yeah. That's, that's so cool. I love that they did that. Because mm -hmm. everyone everyone wants that, you know? Yeah. Ultra Instinct Shaggy, Batman, Bugs Bunny. Adventure. I wonder who made that uh, meme. I wonder who made that, no, the, the pitch. Ultra Instinct Shaggy? Yeah, to like, who, whoever made that pitch to... Twitter. Cause you're talking about Mortal Kombat, right? Yeah, it was on. It was on Twitter though. It was yeah, like yeah. it was like a meme on Twitter though. That's why no, I started. Like, whoever, whoever at uh, NetherRealm Studios was like, "Hey, we should do this." Oh. That's cool, I feel though. like, I feel like, um, it was. I feel like it's become more obvious to endorse like 
<laughs> the internet and what they want as time has gone on. I feel like we are in an era where we feed into like what people ask for on the internet. You know, they literally redid the Sonic movie because people complained. So I don't think it's too far off for like <laughs> Ultra Instinct Shaggy to be in like a video game. And then hopefully they so like this keep happening. Uh, keeps happening. Yeah. The same the lesson the same meme culture guy we watched made a video on it. Ultra Instinct Shaggy. Yeah, but he's probably gonna talk about some nonsense. No, he's probably gonna talk about. I love Scooby Doo, so I, I, I know like the movie that it comes from, and I think it started from like an edit of the movie, because there's a scene where Shaggy like beats the fuck out of like a bunch of bikers, like a like a like a JoJo fight scene or something, <laughs> and then he goes Ultra Instinct, goes crazy, and then they put the music over it. And then people were like, put him in. Yeah. Oh, I've seen this video. He had, uh, you know Angry Joe Show? Yes. I, saw, I watched his review. His hour-long review on Battlefield 2042. Really? I watched the whole thing. Mm. Does he and script those or does he just ramble? He does kind of what we do. Okay. This is good. Yeah. That's fine. He does it. He does it with his boys. Like he has, he writes down topics, mm-hmm. and then he just goes off. Yeah. Um, it was a great video though. Like mm-hmm. I enjoyed the whole hour of it. Yeah. There's one thing about Angry Joe, other than other reviewers, is that like he would say something, show a clip of what he's talking about, mm-hmm. speak on it, and then like the next topic, talk about some, show a clip, show another clip, mm-hmm. another clip, yeah, and talk about it. He just doesn't just say random shit. Like, yeah. he backs up everything he says with his own footage. Mm-hmm. It'll be him experiencing the thing he doesn't like. Right. And that's why I love I love this guy. Yeah. The whole one-hour video, I was like, this is a great video. Mm. I've never sat down and watched any of his videos ever. Yeah. So maybe I'll start with that one. I mean, if you're interested, because Battle- Battlefield was such a huge letdown. Aren't all of them letdowns? No. No? Interesting. I've never played a Battlefield and liked it. Have you played Battlefield 4? Yeah, that's the first one I played. It's the best one. Mm. I guess guess that one worked. Don't they all have buildings blowing up? Right? Not anymore. Isn't that the whole point of the new one? There's like a tornado, right? No buildings are blown up. What? I, mean, I thought the building would blow up. They have like the small buildings that blow, like that get destroyed, but the destruction level dropped significantly. And this Battlefield 4 came out in 2013. And you know that map with the skyscraper yeah. that falls? Oh, yeah, I know that. Yeah. Yeah. Where's that at? Because even to this day, that is still one thing no game has ever done. You know? Online, on multiplayer. No bullshit. That's facts. I do remember when I saw that and when that was in the game, I remember thinking, like, this is revolutionary. Like, a building can fall in a massive, like, multiplayer online game. And it can, like, kill people inside of it. Yeah. And to this day, I was playing Battlefield 4 a month ago. 
And it's funny how the servers are still packed. Yeah. You still have to sit in a queue to get a game that came out eight years ago. Yeah. But still to this day, like, just watching that building fall is, like... I remember when the beta came out, me and my friends um, in middle school, actually, uh, like, were all, like, trying to get the building to fall in, like, a private lobby. And... It was awesome. It was yeah. it was one of the first YouTube videos I ever posted. So I had positive experiences with Battlefield in that sense. But Battlefield pissed me off because like it's very confusing for no reason. Like how to how to drive vehicles and like I don't really understand. I feel like it's just big for the sake of being big. It's just and there's it's not like Call of Duty where it's like Oh, do this, do this, do this, learn how to do this, and then you'll be good. Battlefield is like, just run around and have fun. And I don't know. I don't know. That's totally different from how I see it because there's, so there's so many ways to play. Because you can, Battlefield, you can play like small maps. There's a lot of like tiny maps you can play on, like 10v10, mm-hmm. like call it. So if that's more your style, you can do that. But like on the big maps, 32 versus 32. There's like those like there's so many like battlefield moments they just don't get anywhere else you know yeah that's true the building falling fucking tanks and sniping helicopters you can someone in a tank shoots a a cannon and blows up a helicopter yeah shit like that um and plus there's just so much like this revolution in battlefield four like not only in that map where that building falls like there's other maps are like you destroy a dam. There's a map called Flood Zone. You destroy the dam and the flood. And the map will flood. Yeah. And like the water will rise. And now it's like more boats. Mm-hmm. That's cool. There's a bunch of, there's a whole bunch of shit that like blows up, like huge in game events that change the map and shit like that. But all that shit is just missing in Battlefield 2042. And you would think they would like incorporate, a, incorporate that because that's what people like expect from Battlefield. That's very interesting. Especially now that it's sixty-four versus sixty-four, you think there'd be more destruction. But what it actually, what it actually turns out to be is, now that you can call a vehicle to your area, it'll just come fly down, and you hop in. It would be like, literally, like five people can just call in a one, call in a tank, and every every single one you get your own tank. So, it, what a lot of people do is just. This is hovercraft that is like OP, and like you can summon it whenever you want. And everyone's just in a hovercraft. No one's running around. Everyone's just in a vehicle. And well, that kind of ruins the magic. It does. I mean, and you gotta think about it. that. Means you're forced to run an engineer class that has an RPG, right, to blow these things up. But then you realize you blow one up, that takes all your ammo. But if someone just summoned another one, and it's like, yeah, now there's like four more right, right by you. You don't. You don't. I mean, it doesn't really change anything, but like, you don't need to get it through like a kill streak or anything. You just have it. You just have it. Whereas, right, so like Battlefield Four, you would have to die to get another one. And plus, if there's too many on the map, they're not gonna spawn another one. Yeah. Not That's like what I loved turn. about Battlefield Four. It really gave yeah. it the sense that like this is a battlefield. Like, I know you want to have fun, but like, you know, you're gonna have yeah. limitations, and you got to work through those. Mm-hmm. There'll be like two guys in jets, 
two helicopters and two tanks. One thing I didn't like about it, it did feel very like first come first serving, and I wasn't really a fan of that. Yeah, but I really like honestly, how Battlefront does it, where like you work for it, and it's like, all right, you want to fly in a ship? Here you go. You want to like yeah. play as a cool guy? Like you know, you earn the points. You got enough. I feel you, bro. Honestly, they had to do that, or because everyone thought this twenty forty two thing was going to be a good idea. Yeah, everyone thought it was going to be good. But then it was ass. Was, so it, was it bad because the idea was bad, or because the execution was bad? I don't know how they can fix it because they would have to do it into a battlefront way. Because everyone's gonna want to call a tank, so you're gonna have to limit the amount of tanks. But right when I don't know. Yeah. Battlefield 4 had it in a way that was annoying if you wanted to play tank or mm -hmm. as a jet, but it didn't fuck up the match because there was too many of them. Yeah. I agree from what I played. That's, what, that's what the main argument is. Is Battlefield 2042 is no, like, there's no, like, normal combat. It's just, like, hovercraft versus hovercraft. How could they fuck that up? I genuinely feel like they didn't care. They, they didn't even like play the game. Cause the, you don't even know about them. Have you heard about the Battlefield Bloom effect? No. Tell this me. is the best part. Can't wait to see this. I'm excited as fuck. This is gonna blow your mind. My mind will be blown. Gotta find a good one. Oh. Actually, Angry Joe did a video on it. This, what you're describing is how I feel about the Rockstar, like, GTA trilogy. Like, that shit makes me, like, never want to give them my money. <laughs> Dude, that, they should be so disappointed in themselves. I've seen. The reason why I've they're not is because they know what they did. Like, there's no way you do that and go, oops, that was an accident, guys. Like, you knew. You knew you didn't check. Like, someone yeah. someone knew. And it's funny because a lot of people on Twitter were saying, please don't remake GTA 4. Because, like, yeah. GTA 4 is, like, the best story, GTA. Mm -hmm. And people are like, please don't remake GTA 4. And a lot of people it. like GTA 4 more than GTA 5, like, because of, like, the physics and... I don't know. People like the game, like the the way it operates, more than GTA Five in many ways. I like a lot. Of, a lot of things in GTA Four are done better. The story is like better than Five. It feels like a grown man's story. Okay. Like GTA Five feels like it's like not for kids, but like kind of for kids. That's fair. Like GTA Four, the the main character Nico Bellic was he was in. Really? He's from Russia, and he's he's from Russia, and he's he was in a war. He's a war veteran, mm -hmm. and he came to America to find the guy who like who who sabotaged his like his squad and killed like eight of them, and like mm -hmm. he had a squad, say ten people. Seven of, seven of them died. Nico was supposed to die, but two people escaped. So like he was like he he said he was gonna go kill them and find them. And he came to America. 
to find them. And like throughout the whole game, there's like tons of quotes of like war, yeah, like how like sad it was and shit. And it it it, it, it even makes it better because the city, Liberty City, is so dark and like gloomish. It like fits yeah. in the theme of like yeah. Nico's not really like having a good time. Mm-hmm. And then like when he finds the people too, he's like, "You killed all of us! Like, what? Why'd you do it?" And like, and like you like kind of the, the his actor was so good. Oh man, Nico is the best GTA character. That's very interesting. I never, I've, I never, I don't, barely played San Andreas, so I don't really have a lot to compare and contrast. Yeah, well, I'm sure bad for a clip. So pretty much what's going on is bullets don't go straight, and that's realistic, right? Bullets don't always go straight, but the bullets in this game will literally fly off like this. So you see him aiming at people, but. None of the bullets hit him. Mm. But it gets worse. <laughs> but hold on, it gets worse. What the fuck? Hold on, they get worse. Like... Damn. It's unacceptable. Like that one missed. Oh my god. Hold on. This is this one really bad one. That thing is about to come up. This one I really want you to see. Is that it? No. This one's yeah. bad. This one's bad too, but. I guess it's not here. I guess it's a different video. But yeah, yeah. that's pretty much it. Fucking, you can't, like, when 10 meters, like 15 meters are away, yeah. like, your bullets don't even, like, register. You know, and you know what's funny thing? Go ahead. They had. I'm listening. The, they had the. They, they released the game to people who pre ordered it, right? For, like, 90 bucks. Mm-hmm. So if you pre ordered the game, you got this pre-release version of the game, right? Yeah. And everyone had their problems. Everyone's like, oh, well, oh yeah, they're going to fix all these problems by day one when the game releases to everyone, right? Day one comes, there's no yeah. patch, there's no update. <laughs> everyone's freaking out. And then, and apparently, I read last week that the player base already dropped 50%. We so. know this. Right, it's EA. It's it's Dice. They've done this before. Yeah, Battlefront. I I've learned my lesson when it comes to video games, not just like specific companies, but just video games in general. You know, people play Rainbow to this day. Do you remember the Rainbow Six reveal trailer? Do you remember that? How beautiful. I will never. I will never forget that one. Yeah, and it's like. That's why I never ever played Rainbow because it's like that's not the I literally was like waiting for that game and I'm like yo I can't wait to play that game because I love the old Rainbow Six like I love those games as well mm-hmm. so when I saw that and I'm like oh this is like really just like an online PvP thing I also really love like Terrorist Hunt and it's like an afterthought in that game like it's not fun 
like I don't know. People don't seem to play that ever. But <laughs> in the old games, it was like the the only thing I played. I love co op games. I love games with friends where you play together. I'm not a big fan of like fighting people because then it causes assault. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ah, games. That's why I like fighting games. I can't argue with people. You either lose or you win. That's the reason I like... Like, I love Mortal Kombat and shit like that. Mm-hmm. But in just... Not Justice. Like, Dragon Ball's universe, you know how, like, shitty and unbalanced that game is? Yeah. It's like, you can play with your friends. Mm-hmm. Like, you can play together and fight someone or just fight them, you know? Yeah. Like, this 3v3, 2v2, and you can, like, fight yeah. together. Yeah. Like, no fighting game does that. I guess that's why that game is fucking good, but... Yeah. If only if, only if it didn't have lag, <laughs> and it was balanced. Yeah. But we know Bandai Namco, and... Yeah. They don't care about lag. They're, they're not lagging, so no one else is lagging. One of the reasons why I want to read Part 7 and Part 8 is because now that I'm caught up on JoJo, I really want to play one of those games... I really yeah. want to play Eyes of Heaven. Like, I don't care if it has bad connection, Manny. It looks so fun. It looks so good. It's it looks so accurate to the fucking thing. They have team attacks. You know how in Naruto they have like team attacks? They have that in in the thing. And it's like original team attacks, like that don't that aren't like in the in the thing. Yeah. In the show. That's awesome. Yeah, I know that game has like a different version of Dio and stuff like that. Yeah. For Kira, there are two different versions of Kira. One when he's like the other dude and one when he's like the yellow hair. And I think that's dope <laughs> as fuck. So I think when he's got the waves, <laughs> he's got bites the dust. And when he's got the yellow hair, he doesn't have it. That's cool as shit. That's some that's some Naruto shit. That's what they would do in Storm. That's like so creative. And thoughtful. Yeah. yeah. I want that game so bad. But I don't want to get spoiled. Yeah. I would play it just for like the story. Yeah. Well, the story would spoil you. Yeah, that's true. The story... Yeah. I know what the story is, but and the story would spoil you on the other arcs because the the characters are in it. Mm-hmm. But the the fucking. No, I saw the cover of the game on yeah. PlayStation. I just see Jojo 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 Lion. Jojo Land. Jojo, it's Jojo Lean, something like that. Yeah, something like that. I know what you mean. Yeah. Jo- I'm gonna just call it Jojo Lion. <laughs> Jojo, <that>. stop lying. <laughs> Watch that actually be what it's called. That'll be funny. No, there's no way. <laughs> Jojo Lion. Cause it, I think he's French. Jolene. Jolene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. All right. Yeah. Only yesterday. And. and, and Ponyo. Ponyo. All right. That's okay. It's fucking four thirty a.m. Jesus. Yeah. All right. Isn't aren't you up at this time? Um, 
Yeah, this is right when I go to sleep, basically. So I'm I'm gonna knock as soon as I. As soon as I uh, I'm done. All right. All right. Good call. All right, bro. Good talk, bro. Yeah. Only yesterday, Ponyo. Yes. All right. See you next time. All right, bro. See ya. Deuces. 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 Deuces.